WTTM 262. This episode of Paul Berry's A Window to the Magic is brought to you by you. Yes, you. Window to the Magic is supported by its listeners and is totally commercial sponsor free. Just pure, family-friendly, and kid-safe entertainment in stunning binaural sound. It takes a lot to keep this show coming to you, and we hope you'll agree that the result is definitely worth the cost. Please support the cause by visiting windowtothemagic.com and signing up for reoccurring support of as little as $3 a month. Together, we can keep the magic alive. You're listening to the Window to the Magic com podcast brought to you by window to the magic.com surround yourself with the magic hello and welcome to a window to the magic my name is paul and as always I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is an audio trip through the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 262 of A Window to the Magic, the ultimate Disney audio adventure. This week, our annual year-end celebration, the Disney Ear in Review. Welcome to the 2010 Ear in Review. This is the time where we take uh, quite a few hours to uh, sit back and talk about everything that happened in the last year of the world of Disney. And uh, once again this year, of course, I'm Ricky Briganti from the Inside the Magic podcast, and I am joined by Paul Barry from A Window to the Magic once again, you are Ricky Briganti. This is so exciting. I love it when you're Ricky Briganti. <laughs> I, I try to be Ricky as much as possible. <laughs> this is year six. Yeah, that's unbelievable. We were planning the show and I thought it was year five. And then I realized, no, it's actually year six. So we're going to replay year five just as a way of celebrating the five year anniversary of this <laughs> taco rama. Exactly. That was only a four hour and seven minute show. So we're just going to play that real quick and then we'll move on to 2010. That's right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. No. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we have got a lot to talk about. You sent me a list here and it appears to be even longer than last year's. So I think we should get on with it. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. I just do want to mention real quick at the top, as I did uh, last year, that uh, we're sticking mostly to United States Disney uh, news because so we're not always totally on top of everything that happens out of the U.S. Also, everything we run through is going to be more or less chronological for the year 2010. And uh, it's basically what we picked out as the uh, best or most important or most interesting events that happened uh, around the Disney universe over the last year. Sounds good to me. All right. So uh, actually, we should start with something uh, that we forgot to mention, uh, unfortunately, at the end of last year's year in review. And it's just it was just a total oversight on our part. Uh, and I, I felt bad for missing it. Of course, right near the tail end of 2009, uh, Roy E. Disney had passed away. Uh, that is, and, and the bad part about all of that is that they well, not, not the bad part about it, because no matter when they pass, it's bad. But uh, they actually all passed within like a week of each other. Roy O, Walt, and Roy E, and Lillian. Yeah. Yeah, December's not a good uh, good month for the Disney family history. 
uh, but we can certainly remember everything that was good about it. And uh, and so I just thought we we should put in a mention here at the top uh, for for forgetting that last year. Yeah, I always say that you know when I can't think of anything else nice to say about someone, I always say, well, he was probably a good fisherman. But I think <laughs> that that Roy was a good fisherman. Um, I at least I know he was a darn good sailor. So uh, interesting. So yes. So uh, we'll miss him. I I, I know I will. Certainly will. Uh, so let's get to some more, uh, some happy uh, news from 2010 now, starting with the very beginning of the year was the beginning of 2010's Disney uh, Parks celebration, the Give a Day, Get a Disney Day program. Did you get involved with this at all? It's the Give a Day, Get a Disney Day, day-long celebration. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, uh, it didn't last very long, uh, but uh, while it lasted, certainly, uh, you know, the reason it didn't last very long is because it had such an overwhelming response. Yes, one million people in just over 36 minutes. It was, it was just like a pin event. <laughs> well, the, the whole promotion was that you could volunteer your time at uh, various, you know, select charities, and then as a, uh, in return for that, you get a day at a Disney park for free. Yes. And uh, to answer your question from earlier, no, I didn't. Uh, I was actually um, different from that. Uh, I figured that I would let other people that really needed to get a ticket into the park to get a park or to get a park. Yes. They get, <laughs> give, get, give a day, get a Disney park. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, man, it's still early. We usually don't record these until 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. <laughs> Come but, on. Uh, yeah, no, the whole thing was fun. And out here, uh, I can't remember if they did it in California, but out here there was a uh, pre-parade going on daily featuring the Muppets through the Magic Kingdom. And that was fun. Now, that's odd because we had one at Disneyland that was featuring the Muppets. Hmm, they must have been flying uh, coast to coast pretty quickly. Well, at, I mean, ours ours had Kermit and Miss Piggy, so I'm sure yours had, you know, Rolf Kermit and, and Miss Piggy. Really? <laughs> Next topic. Yeah, Disney magic. <laughs> but yeah, so that ended and that basically left the rest of 2010 without a specific, you know, promotion going on, which was fine by me. I feel like Disney needs to take a year every once in a while where they're not, you know, actively saying, hey, come to the park for this lame celebration. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it used to be that, you know, it, occasionally they had something going on and uh, now it's occasionally that they don't have something going on. So I looked forward to having just a little time to walk into, you know, Disneyland. But of course, much later in the show, we'll talk about uh, what's coming up for, for 2011. But that's getting way ahead of ourselves. Especially since they're still working on it. But yeah, uh, very true. Yeah. Um, did you go to D23 last year? Uh, I went to the uh, the expo i guess that was two years ago and then i did not attend any of the functions that uh that replaced the expo in uh in this past year now were you d23 last year i i have never joined d23 as a member oh okay see i was d23 the first year and they changed it to two levels of memberships this year yeah that happened right at the beginning of uh, of 2010 uh, you know i'm sure it was a response to uh to whatever reactions they got from you know members and non-members uh, for when they first launched it and the costs involved. So there's a cheaper way to be a D23 member where you don't get the magazine. You just pay, I think it's $35, and uh, and you could be a D23 member. Yes, and that gave you the ability to spend money and attend, attend events like the uh, like the D23 thing we'll, I think we'll talk about later, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll get to that uh, in a little bit. But just, you know, as far as me out here in Orlando, it seems like all of the special D23 events that uh, that they have are extra cost, you know, uh, to go to these events. They're not really free events. So I, I don't feel like I need to pay $35 to join something that's just going to make me pay more money to do other things. Good point. Uh, yeah, I, I was uh, D23 the first year and uh, have not been since. Uh, but I'm going to up again uh, for uh, for 2011 so that I can attend the D23 Expo again this year. Well, that, uh, that sounds good. Uh, before we continue here, I just want to put a quick mention that while we're recording this this year, we're actually uh, recording it live uh, online for the first time ever in the year in review uh, history. There's a live stream. And uh, there's quite a few people that are listening in our uh, live chat room as well over at InsideTheMagic.net. So if, uh, if anybody over there uh, wants to chime in about any of these topics at any time, feel free. Uh, not necessarily going to spend a ton of time monitoring the chat room because we have a lot to talk about. But uh, it'd be good to get some, some listener feedback along the way. I was going to say, we, we you know, clock in at five, minute, or five hours on our own. Without yeah. uh, responding to topics, so. <laughs> but if anyone has anything, you know, corrections especially are good to have in uh, in real time. But anyway, uh, moving on in the uh, the list of topics here, a major uh, event that happened in 2010, uh, which I think we ta- talked about at the very tail end of 2009, but it was approved in 2010. Uh, was the purchase of Marvel by Disney. Oh, I thought you were talking about the fact that they painted all of the trash cans in Tomorrowland. <laughs> yes. Well, that's always a, a fun major event, but uh, Marvel's a little bit bigger than trash cans. True, true, yes. And and uh, have you seen anything come of this yet? Uh, you know, a lot of things are in the works. Disney certainly has seen a lot of uh, financial benefit as a result of it. Iron Man 2 uh, came out, uh, I guess, this year and, and did very, very well at the box office and uh, now home release. And Disney is seeing the benefit of that. I think they, uh, you know, in talking about recent earnings for the company, they pointed at Iron Man 2 as being one of their, their leading sources of, uh, of income, of profit for, for this year. Oh, well, that's handy. I didn't know whether they were going to make the, the profit for this particular year or not, I didn't know if those profits still defaulted back to the other company. Right. Yeah. So. It probably hasn't gone past the actual purchase price for, uh, for Marvel yet, but uh, it seems like as long as the uh, Marvel, you know, the comic movies keep coming out, that alone should, uh, bring in enough to cover that cost. And I saw the, uh, trailer for Thor last night and I, I found out one thing that I never knew about the, the, the God Thor. What's that? He looks just like Gary Chambers from the Mouse Lounge. <laughs> you know, I didn't think of that, but I can see the resemblance. Absolutely. I, I was looking at the preview and I said, wow, what is this? And Kelvin looks over at me and says, it's Gary Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not uh, I'm not too thrilled about uh, about Thor, but uh, there will certainly be some uh, some bits from the Marvel Universe, especially, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the lesser known characters make their way, you know, either into Hollywood uh, films or into television or something, because I don't know a lot about, you know, smaller Marvel characters and they would just be new to me. And if they've been in the Marvel Universe for many years, they've got to be good. Smaller Marvel characters, that'd be like Mighty Mouse and Adamant, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Physically smaller. They just run around and jump on people's heads and, you know, smack them in the nose and stuff. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to walk right up your nose here and boop, pop you in the eye That's, uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't know enough about the the marvel universe to say what disney's going to do with it and where that's going to go but uh I, I think it'll be a good thing yeah absolutely i mean the, you know they really 
bought a great group of characters with this. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're, uh, what they're going to do. And, uh, that and speaking is of a, a group of characters. There's certainly uh, plenty <laughs> of those to be found on Facebook. Yes. Here we go with the terrible segues. <laughs> I was going to say it's our first wonderful segue of the year. <laughs> Uh, yes, Facebook is uh, is a, uh, 2010 has been a year when Disney has joined up uh, in a big way on Facebook. Are you a, a fan or a like or whatever of, of Disney things on Facebook? It really depends. There's about 500,000 things that you yeah. can like or be a friend of on Facebook uh, that are involved with Disney. But yeah, there's a few of them in there that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on Facebook as I know you are. So Yeah, definitely. And I think recently uh, Disney announced they had just past, I don't know, something like a hundred million, you know, Facebook likes across all of their various pages. Yeah. I don't remember if that was the exact number, but it was some crazy huge number. Yeah. And once they get to 250,000, they're actually going to change Mickey's name to Mickey Zuckerberg. <laughs> now, it, you know, I didn't see the, uh, the whole Facebook movie social network thing this year, but I have a feeling whatever was going on in that, uh, would not affect uh, Disney's uh, involvement in Facebook it seems like they're just using it as a really great marketing tool, getting people involved in uh, in talking about you know the parks and what they like and you know various movies and sometimes they even have giveaways, free tickets to movies and that kind of thing and all of that I think is great. Yeah, Facebook is a is a wonderful way for people to spend their day. I see people throughout my my office uh, daily just spending their entire day on Facebook. I'm sure it's that way across uh, you know the entire world, and uh, and so for Disney to be part of that now, we can we can incorporate some Disney into our Facebook time as well. Yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of people spend more Facebook time than in face with people time. So, uh, you know, when you're not able to be at the parks, then you can uh, you can certainly join onto Facebook and, and chat about it that way. Absolutely. And when you want to go to the parks and spend some face to face time pretty soon, you're going to be able to go to Legoland in Florida. Which is not a Disney topic specifically, but it certainly affects uh, Disney. Anything that's, you know, out here in the Orlando area. Um, you know, affects how Disney does their business out here. And, uh, and yeah, Legoland, which I guess is out in California, is now is now coming to Florida. Have you been to the one out there before? I, I have not, and I'm looking forward to not going to the one in Florida. <laughs> it's a bit far away. You know, if somebody coming to Disney, if they were interested in going to Legoland, uh, well, number one, they could just go to the Lego store at Downtown Disney, of course, which apparently is going to be expanded. Um, but if that wasn't enough Lego-ness, then you can drive you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour with traffic uh, out to where Legoland's going to be. A little bit far away. Well, I have heard that they're going to put in a Lego monorail from the Lego store directly to Legoland in Florida. That would be so, awesome. Yes. <laughs> the only problem is, is it's only going to be about four inches long and it's going to go about, you know, six feet per second. So... And then pieces are going to fall off while you're kind of traveling along. So you got to keep building it and forming it as you go. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Hi. Welcome aboard. Watch your head. Here's your blocks. Yeah. They give you a bucket in case you see a hole in the ground. Just go ahead and patch it up real quick. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Ah, click, click, click. We're good. <laughs> it's like, the, do you play those, uh, the Lego video games at all? Uh, no, I don't play video games. I, you know, just like Ron Miller said on the most recent window to the magic. I just have not played video games in like the last 20 years. <laughs> well, there's a lot of very popular uh, Lego based video games out there. And that's basically you kind of go along and you see a bunch of bricks 
you know, sitting on the street and you just build something and then it's a car and you drive in it. So that would be the, the equivalent of the monorail, I guess. Very interesting. No, I, uh, I haven't, uh, haven't done that. I, I've allowed, uh, the podcast to kind of replace everything else in my life. It's kind of taking over. So that's, uh, it, it I'm not really a video game kind of guy. All right. Well, uh, I don't have anything else to say about Legoland because I've never been to the one, uh, one in a in California as well, but I am looking forward to it. I'll I'll go at least once. Yes, yes. <laughs> just, well, just check it out. Yes, and speaking of of things that I have never ever seen, uh, Princess Tiana's Mardi Gras celebration replaced her jubilee at Disneyland. Right. So it was the very tail end of 2009 that we were talking about uh, the Princess and the Frog film coming out and uh, Disney having the uh, the jubilee in the parks uh, out there in California and out here. And then, you know, that was a good show. I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and then that went away and we got nothing to replace it out here. Whereas uh, uh, California, Disneyland, uh, you, did, you do now have a, uh, an ongoing show every once in a while in the streets of New Orleans Square where Tiana and a band come out and play some, some jazz music and some, uh, some songs from The Princess and the Frog. Right. Yeah, we used to have uh, the uh, Jambalaya Jazz Band come out with uh, Queenie. Uh, and do music and and that sort of thing. And now I believe that it's just Princess Tiana that comes uh, out with okay. them. So I think they just kind of replaced the characters okay. uh, for a well, while. Well, I, I did yeah. see the uh, the Mardi Gras celebration when I was out there last time, and I enjoyed it. It's uh, you know kind of a, a a smaller version of what the Grand Showboat Jubilee thing was, but uh, I you know I saw a lot of. Uh, young girls really excited to be up close and watching Tiana sing and then meeting with her and getting the autograph and all of that. It's a, a nice show that can uh, just kind of show up in the middle of the land, happen, and then disappear. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of what Disneyland is all about. We have uh, all of that uh, that space out there where things just kind of pop up like Fantasmic at the end of the night and things right, like right. that. We just kind of... it wow where'd that come from and this is another one of those so i I, i've seen it from afar and i I love listening to the music uh but i have never actually seen it but yeah that that uh that happened this year and uh in in going to you know you said that it happens at disneyland all the time that kind of you know pop-up entertainment unfortunately out here at walt disney world even the showboat version of it uh for for us out here didn't have the live as much it didn't have any live singing there were a few instruments um that was going on uh, you know live instruments but uh, there was too much recording involved and uh, whereas there's a lot of live music out there at disneyland right yeah well i mean even when they started yours out there i heard a recording that you had done of it and they started it off by saying ladies and gentlemen millie vanilli proudly presents <laughs> so right. you know that kind of give it away but yeah I, it on the frog <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he sang first. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, so uh, completely unrelated to that, no uh, segue that I can come up with whatsoever. You said is, speaking uh, of moving on. Right. Uh, in 2010, Disney has uh, closed off and eventually sold their Miramax film unit. Yeah, which... Yeah, I, I hmm. I don't remember any great Miramax films as of late. Do you? Uh, let's see. I'm hitting up Wikipedia, telling uh, let's see what uh, what films is it going to tell me that has happened recently that we can remember. 
Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the chat room will probably come alive with great Miramax films from the year 2009 and 2010. But honestly, I, I think they got rid of this for a reason. Yeah, it's just another one of those uh, those labels. It was it was designed to f- feature sort of non Disney entertainment. They wanted you know wouldn't things they wouldn't want to put the Disney name on there uh, because they're more adult films. And uh, I'm just looking through a list now, and apparently, uh, Pulp Fiction was a Miramax film, and that's about as non Disney as you get. Great movie, but certainly not associated with the way Disney is branding their things currently. Yeah, I mean, that that was one of the things, that, how many times have I, am I going to mention this during this show? Uh, when we were talking with Ron Miller on the on the most recent Window to the Magic, he said that he sat um, in Walt Disney's private screening room with Lillian and Diane, and they watched, um, oh Lord, I can't remember, I think it was To Kill a Mockingbird. And after the uh, after the film was over, Walt put his hand down on the table and said, boom, expletive. I wish I could make a film like that, but I'm just locked into this Mm. Disney family friendliness. And, you know, I I certainly think there's a place for the creative minds behind, uh, you know, Disney films to want to branch out and do some, you know, sort of non Disney entertainment. But does Disney need to own that or can those people just kind of go elsewhere and do that? You know, hard to say. Yeah, but that's that's like saying if people need lanyards, uh, you know, you sell blue ones. And if they want yellow ones, uh, they should go somewhere else. I mean, you really want to have, you know, your fingers in something. All yep. over the place. Sure. And, and and you mentioned the chat room. Uh, David mentioned that uh, Spy Kids was Miramax. And then Jose said Adventureland, uh, the recent film in 2009, was uh, was Miramax as well. Hmm. So Okay. Which well. I didn't see either of those films. So Me neither. <laughs> That's kind of that. <clears throat> but uh, it, there is a film I know that came out. Well, didn't come out this year, but it came out this year that both of us saw and we were both very excited to see especially you you're you're a big michael jackson fan aren't you absolutely and michael jackson's captain eo came back to disneyland and eventually epcot and which i was very happy about uh when it came to disneyland it was fairly early in 2000 and there were plenty of rumors circulating it's coming back it's coming back disney wouldn't admit it and finally they were like yeah it's coming back but they wouldn't say if it was going anywhere else so it was disneyland only at first yeah, and I was happy with that. But uh, then they and moved it. I assume it. You've, you've been there and seen it like 50 times since it's been there? I have seen it a lot. And <laughs> uh, and I have I have enjoyed everything except uh, for the fact that that floor now moves. And I don't want to complain about that too much, but that wasn't in the original, and it's, right. it's not really an enhancement. It's an annoyment. So, so they, they didn't put in all of the original in-theater effects just because they said it was just too much to do for what is perceived as a temporary attraction now, this return of Captain EO. So I guess in replacement of some of those older ones, they decided, well, we got this Honey, I Shrunk the Audience theater that can bounce. Let's make it bounce to the beat of the music, kind of. Yay. Not. <laughs> um, I've seen it both out there in California and now out here at Epcot since it opened here. And uh, fortunately, they did not include uh, the bouncing out here. They didn't? No. 
Oh, I am so coming out to Walt Disney World. <laughs> tap, tap, it's it's tap. a much more enjoyable experience. I think during the beginning of the film, the first half of the film out in California, uh, it's fun. The bouncing works with the you know the gun, f- or the laser fire in space, and all of that. But then when it gets to the dance sequence near the end, it's just like, uh, 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 can we get off? <laughs> That's right. We are here too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's just weird, but uh, you know the film is fun. It's it's old, certainly. It's uh you know it's a little little cheesy. It's a lot cheesy, um, but I still enjoy it. Okay, so I'm gonna go completely off of t- topic here, um, because this next topic looks like you went nuts on on the spelling, and you just kind of went. Nuh, nuh, nuh. Um, <laughs> looks like you were writing Captain EO when you did this. Uh, Swindon, England, twinned with. WDW? What does that yes. mean? <laughs> this was a bizarre bit of news that I felt like including uh, just because I de- never really understood it. Uh, there's a town in England called Swindon, and it was twinned with Walt Disney World this year. And I'm, oh. I'm still not even sure what that means. I gotcha. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, so they, they basically, they made them pen pals. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, there was like a little plaque there and it, it was going on for a year and apparently it's ending at the end of this year and that's going to be the end of the twinning with uh, with Walt Disney World. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm taking my twin and I'm going home. Something like that. Yeah. Just just closing the whole door on that idea here very, fairly quickly, I think. And, and apparently I'm being corrected by the, uh, the chat room that there is bouncing in the Epcot version. It's just not as extreme as the one in California. So... All right. Well, I'm coming most of the way to Walt Disney World then. <laughs> just just be ready for subtle bouncing, not uh, vigorous bouncing. Yes. And so we'll go back to my subtle thing. So they'll be closing the door on that twinning here fairly quickly. That's a segue. Mm, Pay attention to that. That, that is a segue. Yeah. Uh, and what is it a segue to? There's new doors on the tra- trams at Disneyland and, and now I guess at Walt Disney World too. They're working on it out here. I don't think it's made it to all of the trams out here yet, uh, but it's it's pretty close to all of them. And uh, I, I've seen them, you know, out at, at California and I've seen them here. And what do you think about the new part? These are the parking lot tram doors. What do you think about them? I have really no opinion. I have ridden the trams with the doors. It's a door. It makes no. It, it doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like it when it first showed up because, you know, it's a change and it's at Disney and change and Disney equals people going crazy online thinking it's terrible, regardless of what it is. Um, but once that got over and done with, eh, you know, I don't I mean, they're kind of in the way sometimes. I think people with strollers particularly don't like them because they close on their own. Uh, and then there's the people who don't know how to use a door handle. So that's a little annoying. Uh, but other than that, eh, whatever. Wait, you said they close on their own? Right, so you, you open them, you know, physically, you pull the handle, you open it, and if you let go, it just kind of shuts on oh, its own. Oh, I gotcha, okay, all right. Not like it's an automated, please stand clear of the doors kind of thing, just it just shuts. That's right. Por favor, merengue, and a Ferengi to Star Wars, and sit back. Yes. Okay. That's, that, uh, was, uh, that was, what language was that? Uh, that was English. Oh. <laughs> yeah, every one of those words was English. <laughs> <laughs> Except the por favor part, I think. No, por favor was English, too. You should oh. visit uh, California more often. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful land to visit. 
I think you see that up on billboards and on street signs. And I, I do. I, I see that right next to the Alice in Wonderland Tim Burton advertisements. Well, not so much anymore, but. Another fine segue. Yes, brought to you by Segway. No. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you mentioned Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. That is indeed another film that came out uh, in the world of Disney for uh, 2009. Did you see that movie? I was just about to say it is indeed something that came out. And so how I was said, it? Because 2009, I meant 2010. Or maybe you said, I don't know. Anyway, the chat room will correct us. Anyway, um, yeah, you said it came out. I, I haven't seen it. What'd you, what did you think of it? I saw it. Uh, I saw it in theaters. I opted not to see it in 3D because it was one of those films that got a post-production converted to 3D, which I think is the most worthless technology ever invented. Um, but that aside, so I saw it in 2D, and I I liked it. I, I it's it's one of those films that you have to come into seeing it without any kind of preconceived notion about what Alice in Wonderland is whatsoever. Because if you're a fan of anything Alice, otherwise, and you want that version, that's not what you're getting. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've loved everything that Tim Burton has done, so I have no idea why I didn't actually go see this. Yeah, it's um, my only complaint with this Alice in Wonderland film was that there was perhaps too much, uh, too much computer generated imagery, and that it, to the point where just everything looked kind of fake. But if you can get past that, and I think it was on purpose, you know, they wanted this weird cartoony sort of world, but. Once you get past that and just kind of go into it, it's a strange movie, um, but I enjoyed it. Well, I think it's a strange movie regardless. I mean, it doesn't matter who right. makes it. It's it's odd. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of complaints that people had about it was that it, uh, you know, it combined a couple of the original stories that didn't totally stay with Alice in Wonderland. And, uh, you know, of course, Tim Burton made some choices to change this and change that. So it wasn't totally faithful to this and that. But you know what? Neither was the original Disney cartoon. Yes, and a adding the part where they get swallowed by Monstro in was a stroke of genius. <laughs> yes, and then Jiminy Cricket came in and saved the day. Yes, exactly. Come to find out, it's not easy being green, but it's even harder being red. And it's not easy being cheesy. Oh, hey. That reminds yeah. me, I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> you want to you just stop recording here for a second? You can go, go eat. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could, well, actually it's, uh, you know, we've done this for 30 minutes. We could just do this every other 30 minutes for the next 12 hours and then we'd be good. Right. All right. So, uh, <laughs> moving on now, uh, speaking of doing it every other something, uh, the D23 Expo was announced uh, to be every other year, which we had originally thought it was going to be every year. Uh, were you disappointed that there was no D23 Expo in 2010? I, I was originally, and then I ended up to where I wasn't going to be able to go to it anyway. But uh, yeah, the originally the idea was that it was supposed to be, in my head, it was supposed to be every year. And I was looking forward to seeing something like that every year. Uh, then for some reason they changed it and added some sort of weird multi-day thing at... Uh, at the Disneyland Hotel. And I, I hear it was fabulous, so I don't know why they didn't just uh, continue doing the expo and just make that part of it. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, Disney did not come out and say specifically whether or not the, D20, the first D23 expo uh, was 
uh, totally successful, was profitable, was anything really. But from being there, it was crowded as anything. It seemed like everybody was having a good time. There were some amazing presentations, and I, I was disappointed that there wasn't one in 2010. Have you ever been to Comic-Con or any other Conicon con con no, no, I've been to smaller ones, but nothing on the scale of uh, of the D23 Expo before. From what I've been told, when you go, you know step out of baby cons and go to real cons, and apparently the D23 Expo is a baby con um, because it's just so young and so rather small, mm-hmm. um, that it is what we experienced was nothing. I mean, it's just you decide what you want to go see for a day and you go get in line for that and you mm-hmm. wait for four hours, five right. hours, you know? So I, I, overall, I don't think the the expo was too bad and, uh, and I would have liked to have seen it come back, but you know, the well, destination it, it, D thing was, was supposedly great. So you, you did not go to, uh, the D 23 expos replacement for this year, the destination D event. Correct. Just like you could not have gotten in. I could not have gotten in because neither of us were D 23 members and destination D was for D 23 members only. Right. And it was a very different kind of event too. The D 23 expo really celebrated all that was Disney from every facet of the Walt Disney company. Whereas destination D seemed to really focus on Disneyland and it's, and it's history particularly not so much things that are new and what's going on in the future. See, so you could understand why I naturally would not be there, right? Cause that's just not what I'm interested in. Is no, Disneyland. you don't like Disneyland history at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Killed me when I, when I found out that I was not going to be able to go and, uh, and what they were going to be talking about it, although strike it enough, it, it was not enough to make, uh, me join and become a D 23 member and mm-hmm. then buy the ticket. Well, there's going to be a, a destination D another one, apparently next year out here at Walt Disney world. And in addition to another D 23 expo, but that'll be in California. So they're kind of splitting coasts. And, uh, I think I'm going to go to both of them next year. Now they're both, uh, are, are they on the same days? I hope. No, no. <laughs> the destination D is months before the expo. Oh, I see. Cause I wanted to see you try and make both coasts right. simultaneously. <laughs> Going to this presentation, take a five hour, five hour plane ride. Now I'm at another one. Right. Well, the, with the time change, you can do that. Yeah, I could probably make it and then I'd fall over and die. Yeah, well, that's what five-hour energy drink is for, and smart water today's. <laughs> Although after the original D23 Expo, I pretty much felt like I was going to fall over and die. Anyway, it was four days, uh, and I guess the next one's going to be three days, which, uh, you know, I wonder what if they thought that everybody was just too exhausted by the last day. Yeah, I, you know, and, and I agree with that. I mean, spending that that much time is, uh, is really, uh, really too much, which is why I've set the Friends of the Magic uh, gathering to be... Um, to be a uh, three or four day event before D23 Expo. That way um, people can be pre-tired before they start D23 and really up the experience. So you're having a, uh, a little gathering prior to the D23 Expo? Yes. Yeah. Monday through whatever, it, I guess D23 Expo is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to be like Monday through Thursday. So we'll pre-tired everyone. <laughs> Perfect. Then everybody will be so tired, they'll sleep in, they'll miss standing in line, and that'll give everybody else a chance to enjoy. It. It'll be just you and I sitting there with, <laughs> yeah, you bet. <clears throat> yes. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, Destination D, it was an interesting announcement, and it seemed like it went over well. So I am, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store for us uh, 
five hour. Uh, five, I'm sorry. Now I'm reading the chat room and getting my thoughts confused here. Um, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yes. Chat that's, room go away. That's why I said chat room is a bad idea. It is. Yes. I don't know why I decided to put that on there, but uh, it's entertaining regardless. Um, so uh, uh, like you were saying, it could hop between uh, both coasts for uh, the expo and the destination D. Disney has announced in 2010 and it now exists uh, something that fans have been looking for for a very long time. And that is a annual pass to be at both uh, the Walt Disney World Parks and the Disneyland Parks uh, with one pass. It is a step in the right direction. People are looking for a Disney theme parks pass, uh, which is just a you can get into a Disney theme park, meaning Tokyo, right. meaning, you know, uh, France and California and Florida. So it's a step in the right direction. It is if if you're a Florida person and you go there a lot, it's a heck of a deal. Yeah, it's um, it's something that has been brought up, I think, every single year at the annual Disney shareholders meeting for the past however many years. When are you going to have a pass like this? When are you going to have a pass like this? And uh, and finally, Disney came out and said, OK, OK, we're going to give it to you for the United States, but we just can't logistically make it work for the whole world. And and I don't see why. I, I mean, don't either. It, it, people that are going over there are not coming over here all the time and we're not going over there. So what's the deal of throwing in? A little bit of time over there. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I can only imagine it's because the parks, especially in the uh, the Asian parks, are not totally Disney owned. So maybe it has something to do with that. They just have to keep track of it and give them a small stipend yeah. for you know when they let people in with the pass. Now I was out at Disneyland, uh, guess a couple of months ago, and I was considering upgrading my annual pass out here to this both park pass because I figured I'm going to be back probably a couple of times in uh, in 2011 out to California. And of course, I go to the parks out here all the time. Uh, but for me, since it's a uh, it's a premium version of the pass that includes all of the extras, the cost is so high it's like 700 plus dollars it would actually be less expensive for me to buy just the regular annual pass, I think for both parks and not because I don't do the premium stuff. Yeah. See, this is definitely a premium pass, meaning that you get everything. So you pay the premium. Right. And you know, I mean, for someone like me who goes all the time and uses all of the stuff. And when I go out to Walt Disney world, I would be out there for two weeks and I would be doing everything. It would be a good deal, but I would have to be out there for a major trip in right. order for it to be cost effective. Definitely. I mean, you have to go to the water parks and Disney quest and take advantage of your 20% off merchandise discount and everything for it to really kick in and give you the most value out of it. Yeah. And, uh, so far I have not come across, uh, the money or the urge to buy this pass, but, uh, you know, in the future, maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I don't think the shareholders are going to rest at these meetings until that worldwide pass exists. It'll probably come up again in 2011 and it'll just keep on happening much like the song of the South comes up every year. And until the board is just beat over the heads with it so much that they say, fine here, take it. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and that will be quite a gift when they, when they finally do that. An another, uh, another deal I missed this year, but, uh, I saw on video and, and I heard part of it on your show was, uh, they gave the Sherman brothers a window on main street this year at Disneyland. Did you see that? Uh, yes. Uh, we, we sent, uh, Jeremiah Dawes who was contributing to inside the magic, uh, considerably in 2010. And I thank him very much for that, uh, out to cover that event. And, and that was an incredible, 
a little ceremony on the, on Main Street to honor the uh, the songwriting Sherman Brothers. Absolutely, yeah, and it gives everybody a chance to see uh, to see him play and to uh, to listen to the stories and to kind of celebrate these guys uh, who have just given us so much over the the course of the last many decades. Yeah, without the Sherman brothers, we would have uh, far fewer classic Disney songs over many decades. And, uh, and they pay tribute to all that with this incredible one-time performance of, uh, of you know, this group of, uh, of cast members that they put together for this window ceremony that were playing the, uh, the mom and dad from Carousel of Progress and introducing other musical numbers from uh, you know, Sherman Brothers songs. And it was just such a fun show. Yeah, I saw the video that you put out. I it, I was asking you if you had been there because I thought for sure you were in town for that. You didn't see this in person, though. No, I didn't. Okay, yeah, I I really wanted to be there in person. I I was told that it was just fabulous and that the video didn't do it justice. But uh, these little productions that they do to honor these people, it's really a good thing because they have a real rich legacy and they really, really need to start honoring a lot of these people who haven't been honored previously with more than just a a Disney legends award, you know? Sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's great that the, uh, the legend ceremony is now apparently opening up, you know, to the public, uh, almost annually. It happened at the last uh, D23 expo and it's going to happen again at the next one. So that's a good thing. But the, the, that's, you know, the legend ceremony is still a little bit stiff, whereas these are much more animated and fun. Yes. Yes. And that's, uh, you know, since they made the movies much more fun, we can we can put in a little extra effort to to celebrate them. And it, you know, it was unfortunate that uh, that uh, one of the the brothers, of of course, is uh, over in I guess England, and he wasn't there uh, for the ceremony because apparently the two have some some issues between them. Um, but uh, you know, he was there in, in spirit and in recording, so I suppose that was good enough. Yeah. Speaking of that, I I was just recently told uh, here's another Gary Chambers from the Mouse Lounge reference. He was asking me if I had seen the boys, and uh, I said I had not, and he said, "Oh, you have to see it." Because um, it's it's exciting, it's happy, and it's very sad to see the behind the scenes of what's gone on between these these two brothers. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I don't know if you have that listed farther down the list, but that just came out uh, yeah. this year and is now on, out on DVD, which is how I'm going to watch it because it's available through Netflix. So yes, yes, I haven't seen it either yet. It's definitely high on my list of must watch. In fact, it is on my uh, my Christmas list for Santa. So hopefully, in about a week uh, from now, when we're recording this, I will uh, uh, you know have it in my possession and we'll have a chance to watch it. You'll have to edit in for the podcast version of this whether or not Santa brought it for you or not. <laughs> right, <laughs> I have a feeling Santa will. Ah, good. So go to this next topic because I have no idea what you're talking about here. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know the uh, the movie uh, Disney's movie A Christmas Carol with uh, with Jim Carrey. Yes, that's another great movie I never saw. I didn't either. We talked about that uh, last year that we hadn't seen it. I still haven't seen it. Uh, and that's the reason I haven't seen it is because of the creepy motion capture that Robert, director Robert Zemeckis was really gung ho about uh, capturing actors, you know, total performance and then pasting it onto this like creepy computer generated version of them. And uh, apparently finally Zemeckis and Disney kind of came to their senses this year and said, yeah, it's kind of creepy. We're going to shut down that whole facility. So <laughs> this, I'm going to tread lightly on this because this is a big topic for later, but 
I, I could have sworn that they did this in a more recently released film as well. Uh, that that's how they captured um, Flynn's face for Tron. That is a v- yes and no. I mean, it is, but it's a very different type of uh, uh, type of way of doing it. I mean, this this movie, these movies coming out of the Zemeckis uh, was like uh, the Polar Express. And as I said, A Christmas Carol and the upcoming one, uh, Mars Meets Moms, is going to be the last one coming out of there. Mars Needs Moms, that is. Uh, and it's just it, the whole the whole movie is computer generated and all of the performances are these weird, you know, motion capture things. And motion capture absolutely has its place. It's been used in countless films very well. Um, but to do the whole film like that and to recreate actors as, you know, computer generated sort of weird versions of themselves is it just ends up being strange for the entirety of a movie. Unless they're 12 feet tall and blue. Is that sure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> i yeah and okay that makes sense then uh, okay i i get what this topic's about we can talk about it now yeah uh, so i i'm all for that uh that motion capture facility being uh being shut down um it uh it, it just weirded me out <laughs> and i never saw it so i never got a chance to be weirded I didn't out either. i only it, saw but... the trailers and that was enough for me oh uh, well the 3d and the motion was enough to to put me right. off at you know of uh Christmas Carol. So that, uh, that was not something I saw. However, uh, there is a Brian in the chat room says uh, Christmas Carol was not that creepy and that it was actually a good movie. And I've heard that from a number of people. Um, so perhaps that was the, uh, the diamond in the rough coming out of that facility. You are a diamond in the rough. Exactly. Darkwing duck. <laughs> Worst segue yet. Chip, 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 chip and Dale. Yeah, so uh, speaking of those two, the old Disney afternoon uh, cartoons are back in 2010 uh, as comic books this time around. Yes, yes. Are you a comic book reader? Not in the slightest, but I have purchased every single Darkwing Duck issue so far and the first Rescue Rangers issue that just came out uh, this month. You, Ricky, have too much money. Uh, They're like two bucks each. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. That you, Ricky, have ten dollars. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, but the, the, so the comics are from Boom Studios, and I think they're doing a very, uh, a very faithful uh, job uh, recreating or rebringing back these characters where they left off when the old Disney Afternoon com, uh, cartoons ended years ago. And just kind of picking up, you know, adding a few years to the time frame, not too much time, and just rolling with it, but uh, in comic book form. Yeah, I, I actually saw episode one of, of Darkwing Duck, the uh, the issue one, and I liked how they started with the ending credits from the last cartoon. And yeah, then, I think it's I think it's great that these uh, that some of my favorite cartoons of all time. I hope they continue with it. You know, do uh, Ducktales and has always survived. Scrooge McDuck will live on forever because he started in comic book form. But uh, you know, maybe Tailspin or Gummy Bears or you know all of those would be great to see uh, those come back as well. And one of the new technologies that is uh, emerging at this point is iPad-ish kind of uh, interfaces. Mm-hmm. And and they could start selling electronic versions of these and sell subscriptions and stuff so that people could get back yeah. into reading these these cartoons. That that's the most difficult thing about these comics is they're great stories. The art is fantastic, but it's so hard to get them. You either have to find your local uh, comic book store or you have to find a store online, and then you gotta you know still manage to 
to buy them. There's no real easy way to subscribe to a comic book. Would you um, would you subscribe if they sent them through the mail? Absolutely. Oh, okay, good. Would Definitely. you subscribe if you had an iPad? Uh, if I had an iPad and they made one of those cool motion comic versions of it, I I would get that. That's you know those are those are pretty nifty. Uh, if it was just the static version, uh, the same exact as the printed page, I'd rather have the printed version. Okay, fair enough. That that makes sense. And then you got something to look at on your wall, you know, because I know your walls are empty over there. So oh yeah, no, I my walls are just completely bare. Yes. Wait, completely uh, bare. You've got a you've got a country bear room now. <laughs> if I did, would you be on the next plane out here? It, I'd be coming over there to see part of Michael Jackson's Captain EO and to look at one room <laughs> in your house. So there right. you go. Uh, no, I don't have a country bear room, and nor do I have any bare walls left in my house. Aw, that's not good. Uh, see, now this this is a good... Uh, I could go back to the diamond in the rough segue for this yes. next one and uh, and say that we almost lost Aladdin out at Disney's California Adventure, and then they said, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was a little strange. They were going to replace it with the uh, Toy Story musical from the Disney Cruise Line. It was totally announced, saying Aladdin is closing on this date, replaced by Toy Story, and then you know a few weeks or maybe a couple months later, it was like, eh, maybe not. I'll tell you what I heard, and uh, this is totally rumor, and you know, don't t- t- I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But, Don't worry, nobody's listening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, is that uh, the Toy Story musical uh, did really poorly in reviews. And they were so poorly that they were like, ooh, yeah, let's not do this. That I don't know. I, I, I had read some early reviews of the Toy Story musical and I thought they were positive, but I don't have any personal uh, first-hand experience with it. Yeah, no, I mean testing as in like asking people who are exiting, because my understanding is, is that they were testing it in um, on the on the cruises. Right. Well, yeah, it was, it was absolutely a full-blown uh, show on the cruise line, and I believe it still is. Yeah, and uh, so they were like, it, it, this is not, not testing real well here on the ships, so let's not put it onto dry land at this point. And the the Aladdin show at California Adventure uh, is such an amazing show. It's huge, and you know, carpet flying overhead, and elephants walking through the crowd, and set changes, and characters, and amazing actors. And uh, to replace that with a musical based on a movie that wasn't a musical is just bizarre. And you know what the the weirdest uh, thing about having Toy Story on the on the ships is that because they have the elephants coming in. Outside the theater, they have an elephant that has to walk perfectly synchronized in the other direction so that it keeps the boat level. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'll get worse. Really? No, I, 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 I will. Uh, according to uh, Tom in the chat room, the Toy Story musical is, uh, is moving to the Disney Dream ship, the new one. Ah, okay. Well, I guess, uh, you know. They can have a bunch of nice things over there and then because dream is the big one with the, uh, with the water slide and everything, right? Yes. It's that we'll talk about that a little bit later in, in the show, but, uh, yeah. And, and I haven't heard that. I know there was uh, some villains, uh, musical show that I thought was going on that. So I'm not sure one way or the other, but regardless, I'm happy that the uh, toy story musical is not replacing Aladdin at California adventure. I saw, the Aladdin show again when I was out there last time a couple of months ago, and it's just as good as the first time I saw it. Yes, and and there's actually, there was something that was replaced by something else out at Disneyland that actually was a good thing, 
And that was Mr. George Caligridis taking over for the never-present Ed Greer. <laughs> I have not had the pleasure of meeting uh, Mr. Caligridis yet. I did meet Ed Greer a couple of times. Uh, have you ever spoken to uh, George Caligridis? I have never met either of them, but uh, I was out at Disneyland July 17th for the 55th uh, celebration, and Mr. Caligridis came walking in uh, prior to the start of the event, and as he walked up uh, the steps at the Disneyland train station, he was picking up trash and putting it in the trash cans mm -hmm. and just... I, I mean, I, I thought that is so awesome. This is a guy that is running the park and he actually cares enough to look and pick up trash and put it away. He didn't look and say, Hey, have somebody else go do that. Or, or, or he didn't say, Hey, uh, photographer, come over and take a picture of me picking up this trash so we can put it out as a, as a PR stunt. Absolutely. Yeah. He just did it. And he just, as he walked past the trash can, he popped it in the trash and then he went on his way, and I thought, now that's good. So I, I was, uh, I was impressed, and uh, and I have not heard anything bad that he's done uh, at Disneyland. So, well, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, it seems like he really captures the uh, the spirit of Disney uh, very well. As you said, Ed Greer was uh, very much an executive type, uh, very rarely seen in the park, if ever, unless it was a special event where he had to make an appearance uh, for it for the cameras or you know to speak to somebody. Uh, whereas uh, Caligridis honestly seems to be a uh, a fan of what goes on in the park is going to be out there, you know, very easily approachable if you do see him and uh, seems to be moving things in the right direction. Yes. Yay, George. So speaking of things moving in a direction. Oh, uh, <laughs> out here at Walt Disney World uh, in uh, promotion of Tron Legacy many months prior to it coming to theaters one of our uh, monorails was re-themed plastered re-artworked whatever as the Tronorail I saw that uh, it looked interesting in photos uh, in real life what was it like interesting interesting <laughs> it's uh it's some cool artwork but I wish it lit up. Oh, they, oh, then they could have, it could have gone at night. Yeah. Because that they would be cool. They have that electroluminescent material. They could have built that into the, oh, that would have been neat. Cause, cause you imagine if the majority of the monorail was black or, you know, sort of dark gray, and then all you could see was the lit up light cycle and its trail on the side of it, then maybe you would only see the lit portion of it and it would look like a light cycle flying down the track. Ooh, that would be neat. But instead, you just have a monorail with a billboard on the side of it. Uh, you know, the traveling billboard idea has worked for county buses for years <laughs> for now. So, yeah, it's uh, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's kind of cool that one side, the d design is slightly different than the other. I mean, they're the same basic design, but different color schemes. So you can see two different uh uh, you know, versions of it as it passes by and uh, certainly gets some attention. Everybody loves the name Tronorail. So, yeah, it's like out at, uh, and we'll probably talk about this later, but the Troncore for World of yeah. Color. Yeah. The, Tron is just a word that loves to be made into puns. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it looked neat. I, I don't know. I, I like little, little movie things that's in both movie, uh, like tie-ins and things that are moving and the, the monorails are just absolutely uh, 
fascinating out at Walt Disney World. Well, so what I thought was in, uh, was good was that the Toronto Rail, at least at first, um, uh, I'm not sure about now, was only going on the Epcot line, which I think was the most appropriate of all the monorail paths for it to uh, for it to run on. So it would just make the one trip out on the uh, on the Magic Kingdom line until it got out to the right the switch to, point. To, yeah, it would go out to the the ticket center, and then from that point on, it'd be on the Epcot loop until it was you know time to park it for the night. Oh, neat. Okay, well that that makes I guess that makes a little more sense because you really don't want a light cycle running past the Magic Kingdom. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Didi in the chat room pointed out that with the Toronto Rail, because it is plastered in artwork, you can't really see out of the windows too well. So that's that's one downside to it. That is a downside. Yeah, uh, they have that stuff um, that you can put on the windows, and it's almost uh, transparent from the inside. So I wonder why they, maybe they needed a tougher material or something. I, I think you could still see out of it. It's just not, you know, super well. The The artwork is very dark in color, so that might affect it somehow. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, well, is it is it still on there? Are they still yeah, running it? Yeah, it's still there, and there has been no announced uh, removal date. But, you know, now that Tron Legacy out, is out in theaters, they'll probably remove it, you know, tomorrow. Shh, don't. Don't tell anybody Tron's out. We haven't talked about that yet. Oh, yes. That's uh, two hours from now. Sorry. Two? <laughs> we're actually moving quite along uh, pretty well. I'd say we're about a, a quarter of the way through the topics, and we're an hour in. So Okay. Then we'll... <laughs> no. Um, so speaking of little things that are, that are moving along and moving and doing stuff, um, they opened up ride makers out at, at Walt Disney World. We've had one at Disneyland for a while. This yeah, is, it was a it was a temporary store out at Disneyland, and it ultimately became a permanent store out there because it did very well. Uh, same things going on out here. It was a test uh, taking over the former location of the Virgin Mega Store, just the ground floor of it. And uh, as far as I know, it's doing well. They had said it, the same thing will happen out here if it if it performs well, they'll make it a permanent store. And I I would see that happening. Well, I mean, come on, this this is the the boys princess thing i mean as much as you would like to think that pirates is really the boys thing no 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 the hot car with the big wheels and the huge engine and it makes noise and you can make a remote control that's where boys really like to be yeah and well so right ride makers is custom cars with little parts and and yeah like you said remote controls and engines and wheels and yeah i mean that's that's got boys written all over it absolutely and and just like the uh the, you know the princess uh, fantasy fair stuff and whatever it's it's about a 100 hundred dollar experience for the parents once they're done so <laughs> it's it certainly is uh you can the bare minimum I, I, all right so you can get it without the remote control thing but who's going to want to go to ride makers and not make their car remote control that's just silly so if you if you as long as you get that and the car and then a few accessories and all of that yeah you're not leaving there without spending 60 or 70 bucks. Right. And that's uh you know I I mean kids love that kind of stuff. So I guess it lasts longer than a Mickey balloon and you know if if you if you don't buy them the spinning Buzz Lightyear and you don't buy them the balloon and you don't buy them the other thing you can buy them the ride maker thing and it's a wash. And uh, and this year, the ride makers uh, finally made the appropriate partnership with Disney to have uh, ride makers cars like from Disney Pixar cars. So you can make a little Lightning McQueen or a Sally uh, version of it, which seems like a totally natural fit. 
Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. I didn't know they had done that. I, I was. Gonna- it was. Uh, it was not at first. It, it seems like it was something they were still uh, in talks about, and it first premiered at the uh, the redesigned Disney stores and the malls, which I think we're also going to talk about a little later. Uh, but I think it's uh, working its way into the parks versions of the uh, ride makers now as well. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about that later about uh, you know them not having a movie that tied into this, but yeah, the, the, it's a natural fit to uh, to kind of throw them in there. Although being able to change the characters is a little a little odd, odd that Disney would allow that. Yeah, well, surprisingly, there's different variations of the chassis, the character chassis that you can put on there. There's like an all black version of Lightning McQueen, uh, which is you know it's kind of cool looking. Uh, it's not exactly as you see in the movie, but it's it's nice to have that flexibility. It's 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 all black, uh, kind of like the um, the the. Uh Mickey in his robes for Epic Mickey, that kind of deal. It's he's wearing his black outfit. Yeah, I, I think it's cool when they're able to uh, to let go of you know the specifically branded version of characters sometimes and just kind of make them cool. Neat. Well, speaking of uh, specifically branded versions of characters, you want to talk about hundreds of different ways to make Mickey. You put a D Street in, uh, mm, and yes. you let him sell Vinylmation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't even know why the store is called D Street. It might as well just be Vinylmation. Right. It's the Vinylmation store at downtown Disney at Walt Disney World. Right. So I guess D Street opened, I think it was the last year, um, you know, 2009 at Disneyland. And we got our version in 2010, uh, essentially the same store. And it's got some some stuff over there, some shirts and stuff. And then Vinylmation for the rest of the store. Yes. And and I have been in the one at Disneyland. And uh, it is it's. Vinylmation, Vinylmation clothing, Vinylmation stickers, Vinylmation this, that, and the other thing. Oh, and some Tron merchandise. Right. And yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of Indiana Jones, a little bit of Star Wars, and more Vinylmation. Right. Yeah. So. And and, and are you still uh, Vinylmationing? Uh, I have, I bought the um, the Colonel from the Adventurers Club the other day. But short of that, I have stopped my collection because I just cannot afford it at this point. Uh, with some things uh, that happened later on in the year, um, I have decided to spend my money elsewhere right now. But uh, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. What what happened? I think I think anything that can wean you off of vinylmation is a good thing. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, whatever. You know, it was it was my attempt at being a pin collector. Yeah, right. Uh, more, yeah. I think vinylmations are uh, often more expensive than pins. I, I think so, but I think that there's less of them, so it kind of equals out. You know. Yeah. True. But I'm, I'm just, I'm doing few and far between on the vinylmation thing. So when I, when I go into the D Street store now, like if I went into the new one at Walt Disney World, I would walk in with a vinylmation in my hand hoping that one that I needed was going to be in the visible trade box so that I could get one I wanted. I probably would not be just randomly buying right. some. But yeah, yeah that, that was annoying. Uh, you know, they I don't collect Vinylmation at all except for Haunted Mansion ones just because I collect Haunted Mansion anything. And they have released a couple of Vinylmation Haunted Mansion pieces. Uh, and, and of course it was in a mystery box or something. And I was just not even going to do that. I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to sit there and buy... 
three, four, five of these, ten of these, hoping I get the right one. Instead, we just went to eBay and bought it for like $2 more than it would have cost me in the store, and then I don't have to buy a million of them. Yeah, and that's kind of how I do it. I end up uh, I end up spending a premium to get just the one that I want, and then I save the rest of it. So it works out nice, uh, but the D Street stores are cool. I mean, you know, they I, I like the... Uh, the runaway brain guitar that they have in the one at Disneyland. It's uh, I don't know whether that's for sale or not, but you know the the design of the store is cool. It's what was just- interesting about uh, D Street out here when they first opened, and and Disney was happy to uh, to make this note when talking about it is that they had brought in a few props from the adventurers club which of course is is closed now um there there was a a display case with a a rainbow zebra on it which i guess was a prominent feature in the adventurers club uh there was some other statue guy up on a shelf and then and then after a couple of weeks the display case seemed to vanish wow magic it's one of those things that were like, hey, Adventures Club, Adventures Club fans, come out and see this at our new store. And now that you all came, we're just going to get rid of it. Yeah. Or either that or they decided that it just wasn't working for what they needed. But that's, yeah, I mean, they did change the layout of the store a little bit. So that was probably why. Yeah. It, it vanished. But is the, is the, um, the samurai metal still up there? Yes, the, as far as I know. I haven't been in there recently, but I, I haven't heard anything about that disappearing. Hey, I'm, I'm going to keep the guys busy right now. Can you just run down and check and see if they're there? And, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Just uh, uh, just, just start running through the list. I'll be, I'll be back in an okay, hour or A, so. B, C, D. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, a quick note, jumping back uh, a topic or five. Um, <laughs> Brian in the chat room mentioned that uh, Boom Studios, the creator of the, the comic books for Rescue Rangers, uh, is offering a subscription for issues one through eight on their website at boomstudios.net. Well, then get over there, Mr. Briganti. Yes, I already bought issue number one, uh, so I would have two of those, but uh, I guess that'd make a good contest prize or something. As I always say, you can never have one too many. You can never have one too many rescue or, rangers. Or too many ones. That's definitely true. Yeah, see. I'll take all the ones I can get. There you go. And fives and twenties. There's a <laughs> donation button on his website. Go over there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, is that not what you meant? Sorry. Uh, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> oh, um, I got you. Okay. And actually, speaking of the website, um, <laughs> uh, there w- was something uh, early on in uh, 2010 that happened uh, in Inside the Magic History, if uh, if I may mention that here. And it was we reached our, our fifth anniversary of being online with the big itm con episode our own little comic con of sorts uh and and then we launched our new website at insidethemagic.net and i would like to apologize again for my behavior during that event <laughs> but the kungaloosh were just so darn good yeah yeah you had uh, about 20 too many of those ay 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 it's just you know it's the kungaloosh will just get to you but i you know i seem to remember ITM con being a wonderful time. Um, it seemed like there were a lot of great people that joined you for that. And, uh, and that's, that's a testimony to your, uh, your show and, uh, and, and your fan base. And, uh, that's very cool to see. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, a lot of people contributed to it and it seemed like everybody, uh, helped, come together to celebrate five years of inside the magic. So that was great. The new website is doing very well. And I, I think you hit five years in 2010 as well, right? Oh, probably. I don't know. 
<laughs> you just stop counting at three. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, I was a parochial school kid, so we never learned to count past three. So I just, I'm coming up on three again. So one, I think. One, two, three, two, one, two, yeah, one. Exactly. See? <laughs> So, yeah, I think I'm coming up on three again. But well, let's count something else then. Uh, in 2010, uh, Disney was counting 50 days of Disney music. This occurred over the, uh, the span of much of the summer, and it was when they were uh, very generously giving out a free Disney music MP3 online every day for 50 days straight. Really? Actually, I, I did know that they were giving away Disney music. I didn't know it was 50 days. Why was it 50 days? I'm not sure where they came up with the uh, the notion of making it 50 days. I don't think there was really a significance of it other than it sounded like a good round number. Oh, oh okay. I, I was thinking they could have done 55 to celebrate Disneyland, but then that's... Yeah. Well, it did. unfortunately, it didn't tie into the parks as much as many fans would have liked it. It was a lot of Disney Channel stuff being released, but it was free, so you can't complain. Yeah, you can. Well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and and I did. Yeah, there you go. See, so yeah. Now, did you get all fifty tracks? I did. Uh, it, it was uh, yeah, and and I actually assembled them. Uh, I took a one second snippet snippet of each of the songs and put it together in a fifty second uh, compilation of all of the songs that just sounds like a jumble of insanity. But it's kind of fun. One second of Miley. That's enough. Okay, we're good. Oh, well, that's more than enough. But uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to listen to that, you can go to youtube.com slash inside the magic and uh and listen to it there i'm gonna we'll do that it. right now i'll be back oh are you yeah <laughs> you might have to dig for a while to find it but uh yeah you know it was uh entertaining and i definitely I, I found some music in there that i hadn't heard before that was okay um so it wasn't all bad but i got a lot of uh things that added to my Disney music collection that i hadn't had before that i probably should have you know songs from classic Disney animated films um that uh that were good to have and and for whatever reason i just never had it so did they have the theme to disney nature's oceans film as one of the giveaways no see that would have been a good tie-in it would have if did did anybody see that film i didn't did i, didn't I haven't <laughs> seen any of the disney nature films was that the second one oceans i think so uh yeah i think so it wasn't and earth, the, earth. And the third one is coming out cats cats yes Jellicle cats. That's for Terry. Anyway, um, is is it really cats? Yeah, no, it really is. Really? Yeah. Earth, oceans, and cats. Uh, African cats, somebody just said in the chat room. African cats. Wow. How neat that is. Huh. Why? I haven't haven't seen them, though. Where's the logical progression in that? Well, uh, on Earth, there's there's oceans, and and then there's cats. Oh, I think there's other things on Earth, too. But for now, there's cats. Yeah, yeah. it's I yeah, yeah. it's when they do Disney nature trailer parks that, you know, <laughs> I will uh, go see that one. Yes, absolutely. It's Disney nature. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Not not good. <laughs> not good. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't go see the Disney films. I've just, I'm, I'm a theme parks guy. So going and seeing the movies, there are very few movies that will actually get me into the theater, uh, to see them. And even though Disney nature oceans looked good and it, you know, I, I don't remember, was it in IMAX? Yeah, oh, definitely. That's part of the big thing about these Disney nature films is that they're shot 
you know, huge format, ultra super HD, closer than ever to nature and, and all of that. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that, I seem to remember the oceans one having the big whales and stuff like right. that. And I thought, gosh, that looks wonderful. I'll have to go see that. And here we are. So yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that you, you just don't do, even though you probably would enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I, again, I think this podcasting thing just takes up so much of, of my time that I have is, very little time. Is that what we're time. doing here? I uh, thought we were just talking. N- no, no, we're not podcasting at this point. We are live streaming. Oh, uh, yes. yes. Although yes. if anyone's listening to this on January 2nd, 2011, then we're podcasting. Or January 1st on mine. Did I tell you I'm releasing a day early? No. No. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, hey, how about this? I'll release it at midnight on January 2nd, my time, which will still be January 1st, your time. Ooh, look at how we work together. We are a team. <laughs> uh, Brian in the chat room just posted a link straight to that uh, that 50 Days of Disney music video if you wanted to play that. Oh, good. Yeah. It, I don't know how to get that to go out over the stream, or I no. would. You can just turn up your speakers real loud and hold the microphone up to it. Turn up your speakers! What? That's, a, that's an Adam Curry reference. But um, anyway. Um, yeah. You and I being a, a good team, we have never done one thing, which is a team oriented kind of thing. And that is play Toy Story Midway Mania. Now we can do that on the Wii now, can't we? Uh, yes, uh, that is on the Wii. However, that is not what I was referring to in the notes. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember when the Wii game came out. Was that in 2010? I don't know. If it was, then we can mention that. Uh, I did you play the Toy Story Mania Wii game? I, I don't own a, a, a Wii. We, okay. Calvin I has did. video games, but not it, so it's much. It's not very good. Really? I mean, it's, 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 it's Toy Story Mania, and it's okay, but after you've been on the, the theme park ride, it's compar- you know, in comparison, it's not very good. Hmm. So what, were, what, what is this reference? So what I was referring to was the fact uh, that, uh, in compiling our notes, was that um, uh, in the parks, they updated the theme park games uh to include some new characters and a new replacement scene this is the the game that took over for bo peeps ba loon pop right yes and it was uh, the new one is uh i can't even remember it's tron isn't it <laughs> that would be awesome I, I, you pull the little string and and discs come out and yeah light cycle races across and tron story midway mania <laughs> enter and the grid the, Mr. Potato Head wearing the, the, you know, the Tron outfit and glowing out front. <laughs> Don't forget to bring your glowing ears. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? I don't think so. Uh, but ha- have you been on Toy Story Mania since they put this new one in? Yes, uh, uh, out there in California and out here uh, in Florida. And it's the same thing. Um, and it's fun. I mean, the old game was fun. The new game is fun. It was all as a... As a, to- a tie-in to Toy Story 3, which is something we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but it was fun. Good, good, good. Yeah, I got to I gotta talk to you once we're offline about this whole coming out to California and not telling me you're coming out here thing. I'm starting to get a simplex about that. When, when did I do that? It's several times. See, no. and see, I'm so far behind on your show, just <laughs> like you're behind on my show, that I don't know you're coming out here until you're, you're back. <laughs> until like four months later. Yeah. That's and then the, I'm probably back again. So. Well, I didn't know that you had hit 250 shows until you told me. So, you know. I did? Yeah. Um, isn't, isn't this show 300? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. Whoa. 
Uh, uh, Brian, again, in the chat room, said a uh, very good source of information, said the Toy Story uh, Mania Wii game came out in 2009. So we probably talked about it last year. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. There's so for, for more of that, see last year's Ear in Review. That's right. Yes. So that that is... Uh, wow. That's one of those weird technologies that has has come out is the ability to change an attraction at a park or something that we've had in a park for years that can get updated with some sort of new technology and it make it even cooler. I think I know where you're going with that. I think you should. <laughs> uh, yes, next on the list would be uh, something that was just incredibly popular uh, when it came out. People were going crazy about the fact that uh, Disney was testing a, a Mickey Mouse character in the parks that you could not only meet and greet with, but talk with and interact with and have a full-on conversation. Yeah, that, that it was. Um, I, I saw that for uh, on the, the YouTube video, and then I saw it when they did the um, opening of the World of Corliss. The world of color, the world of color. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. yeah, when the, the initial uh, version of that that everybody saw was it was supposed to be a very private test in the park. But like anything that happens in the park, it ended up on YouTube. And uh, from that, it just exploded. And everyone was like, what is going on? This Mickey Mouse is talking with people in this meet and greet. It's something we've never, never seen before. Did we actually ever identify whether or not that was a plant or not? Uh, whether that video was uh, was plant. released by, yeah. by Disney. Yeah, if it uh, was set up. As, it doesn't seem like it because Disney took a little bit of time to reply to it officially, uh, a day or so. And when they did, they had their own much higher quality version of it that showed a lot less than that video did. So uh, it wasn't the same video. It was a different... It was the same test, the same experience, but not the same people. Okay. And not, yeah. So it, was, they, it seemed like there was a disconnect between the two. Interesting that they would have that sitting there waiting, though. Yeah, well, they had filmed the test uh, on, you know, as uh, because it was a test and they wanted to review the footage later. And then it seemed like when they released their official video, they went back and they shot a quick little intro with Mickey getting ready in his dressing room and talking and all of that so that they could make it look more, you know, ready to go and polished. Oh, I think I did see that. That's, that's one of those, like where he's standing in his dressing room going, I'm looking forward to meeting the people. And, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah, okay. And then, and then talking Mickey mouse, you know, they, they said, yes, it's something we're testing having these, these not only eye blinking and mouth moving heads uh, for characters, which they've had for a while now, but also live interaction. But they said, well, we don't know when it's going to be in the parks. It may be a while. We're still working on it. And like you said, it showed up again at the, uh, the world of color premiere at California adventure where Mickey came up on stage and went out into the, uh, the crowd and started interacting with the celebrities and talking to, to Bob Iger up on stage. And you could tell it was not a, pre-recorded anything because they you know missed a line here and there and it was definitely live yeah i mean he was picking up on chicks in the audience yeah pretty much yeah mickey's uh mickey's a swanky kind of guy he's like hey don't tell Minnie. yeah i'm <laughs> like, like really like terry hatcher forget Minnie. yeah <laughs> wow you know I, I i actually thought that was very cool and you were there for that i was and it was awesome yeah see and i, I was watching it on on uh to a Ustream. So I had, I think, a better view of it than you did. 
No, um, I, I had a uh, an excellent view, but we're about uh, we're about five topics away from that. So let's hold that thought. Oh, okay. Well, um, we can uh, until we get hit. there. But okay. the Mickey Mouse as a technology, I don't think we've seen talking interactive Mickey Mouse since then. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, well, no, because what what we have seen is the new uh, blinking mouth moving Mickey, right in. Uh, California Adventure, like you've had him at your castle show for a while, right? But not uh, not interactive. So I, I'm sure he'll be back, and I'm sure other characters in time will also become interactive, and it'll be this whole amazing virtual uh, world of of character fun. Welcome to Disney's creepy theme park. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as soon as one of those technologies goes wrong, it's going to get real weird real fast. It is, in fact, yeah. It's wow, just. Just really, really weird. Um, so, boy, so we're going to have to wait to talk about that other thing. Okay, well then, uh, this the Art of Animation Hotel that's coming in at Walt Disney World, that is, I, I read about this, and there's just no segue to that from that other conversation. No, there's not, so, and there doesn't need to be. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's keeping us awake to, well, to do the segue. Well, Mickey Mouse animated, and yeah. Oh, very nice, yes. Um, yes. Speaking of changing things that already existed, sure. the, the, yes. the previous, uh, was it the pop century has been renamed to the half a pop century or pop a half century. Yes. Pop of 50 years. Yes. Pop of 50 years. And, uh, now they're adding animation themes. Right, so they announced that uh, in 2010 uh, that this Art of Animation Resort is coming to Walt Disney World, and like you said, it is uh, basically moving into the uh, essentially abandoned half of Pop Century that never got completed. There's uh, the half that's been open for a number of years now that is a fine you know, value resort, and then they were going to build a whole other half of it that they just kind of made the basic structure and said, yeah, we're just going to kind of let that sit there. Well, didn't that, that got stopped when 9-11 hit, right? I have no idea. I, th- I think that's what it was. I think they, that they were going to continue building. They put the, uh, the base structure in and then we had 9-11. And so they went, whoa, theme park attendance is way down. Let's mm. not invest in that right now. And then they just have never started it up again. Right. Well, it's one of those things that if you saw it from a distance or you saw pictures online, it was it was kind of creepy to see a, an un, incomplete Disney hotel that had the structure of a hotel that resembled the other half right next to it. But it was just gray and overgrown and, you know, just kind of weird looking. Yeah, it was like um, like they were planning the sets for Epic Mickey. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you but, know, yeah. Now they're gonna they're gonna make that over into a whole other hotel that's gonna be surrounded uh, surrounding the themes of four uh, now classic uh, Disney films. You've got the the Lion King, uh, the Little Mermaid, Cars, and Finding Nemo. Great. So I don't have to stay there. End of story. Um, are they gonna be family suites? Because they're doing yeah, this, be right? Both regular rooms and suites, and it seems like there's gonna be almost twice as many, if not twice as many suites as regular rooms. So they really must be doing well with the family suites then. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. And then they just actually, just a few days ago, released some additional uh, artwork for the, uh, for the hotel showing off some concept art for all four of the themes. And, uh, and they look pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to these value resorts, the ultimate design of it probably won't totally resemble the artwork. 
because it is value, and so the construction becomes value uh, oriented. But uh, but it'll it'll still be fun. Now, this is not where those haunted mansion rooms are going in. Well, those aren't even definite. That was something that you know Disney sent out a survey about and said, "Hey, would you stay in this type of room if it ever existed someday?" Oh, I got you. Okay, because I I was just thinking that just hit me. I was going, "Wait, art of animation that does." Hmm. So okay, so those are just still they're blue skying that. Yeah, yeah, they were because they did they do have pirates rooms in one of the hotels, the uh, uh, Caribbean Beach, I believe. Yes. Um, and so they was kind of building off of that idea uh, to see where else they could go with it, but uh, they haven't announced any definite plans for uh, for haunted mansion rooms. See, now here's the here's the big question: um, Would Ricky stay in a haunted mansion themed room? Ricky uh, already has a haunted mansion themed room in his house, but uh, yes. I would definitely go and check it out uh, from the artwork that they released. Uh, I hope they make some modifications to it because it was a little cartoony for my tastes. Really? It was like, I mean, I could understand not making a room that looked literally like it was in the Haunted Mansion because that would probably scare 90% of people who were going to stay there. Uh, but for me, that's what I would want. I would want to, you know, sleep in the endless hallway. Oh, I see. Once somebody dusted in there a little bit. <laughs> I think it would be odd, though, to have the phone ring and have it be Madame Leota, you know. <laughs> Give us a hint by ringing the phone. Yes, exactly. Ah, uh, and then when you open the door to leave in the morning, it would say, ah, there you are. <laughs> and just yeah. in time, our parks are just about to open. It, it would be great if you walk into the bathroom all stumbling out of bed, you know, you're half awake and all of a sudden one of those pop-up ghosts jumps up out of the sink or something. And... <laughs> <laughs> you walk up to the toilet. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. <laughs> now that is a haunted mansion room. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into the possibilities for the shower. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's just uh, okay. <laughs> I, I hope somewhere at Disney at Imagineering or wherever they've had this exact conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I certainly hope they have because I I don't think we're that unique. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's. <laughs> boy would there be possibilities with that yeah but anyway so uh back to the art of animation hotel um uh, what was interesting about the uh the artwork that uh, they just released was it, it the most interesting of the four to me was the cars area because it greatly resembles uh cars land that they're working on at california adventure albeit a, a much smaller version without any rides but just the look and feel of it it seems like they're going to borrow some design elements from cars land well you would think i mean because they're basically basing the it on the cars movie and they're right basing they're cars land on the movie in both versions but i just thought it was kind of kind of interesting to see you know california adventure gets a monumental huge e-ticket ride with smaller rides and restaurants in this land and we get a little bit of a hotel area yes but how many rooms does cars land have none see so <laughs> yeah you can actually stay at the cozy cone motel exactly see so you guys went out yet again all right uh <laughs> i'll let you segue into this next one because i have no idea um yeah no 
no clue. Uh, <laughs> Disney sold back the Power Rangers. So they did. Were you, were you ever ever a fan of the Power Rangers? Absolutely. Yes, I really? am. A, I am a big fan. I am actually a fan of Super Sentai, which is the Japanese version of the Power Rangers. So not only was I watching the Power Rangers here in English, but Calvin and I were actually buying the Japanese discs with subtitles and watching them in, in Japanese. So having them, having the power Rangers in the parks was great for us. That, that was fun. So were you disappointed to hear that, uh, the original, uh, power Rangers creator was, uh, was taking them back? No, because Disney hadn't done anything with the power Rangers really. Um, I mean, we were just still getting, you know, the, the updated shows and things, but nothing spectacular was happening. And if Saban takes it back, I'm hoping that he's really gonna try to revitalize it and get it going again. I would certainly hope so. I mean, he paid a a pretty hefty price for, to get them back. Uh, And I'm sure Disney was, was more than happy to get rid of it since, as you said, they haven't really done too much with it. So uh, I I guess for power Rangers fans, such as yourself, then uh, maybe there'll be a, a whole lot more of that. And for me, who couldn't care less, I won't have to look at him in the park anymore. Yeah, actually, both both Patrick and I were uh, were big or are big Power Rangers fans. And uh, and it, it was cool to go to, to Hollywood Studios. I mean, they never came out to Disneyland that I'm aware of. Yeah, um, I don't think you so. Know, nowhere in California Adventure or anything. Not even a one-time appearance. But to, to go out and, and see them hanging out there in the back lot and doing their little show and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was cool. And, uh, you know, the picture opportunities and stuff, just, just cool. But, uh, it I always w- seemed, it always seemed a little bit out of place for me. Um, you know, anytime Disney brings in somebody else's property, albeit you know, whether, whether it's Marvel, like we talked about earlier, the power Rangers for a while, it seems foreign. And then you get used to it. The power Rangers never, never clicked in the Disney universe for me. Yeah. For me, the, the Disney's Hollywood Studios or, you know, whatever it used to be called, I can't remember, um, was um, was just an, a, a grouping of different movies and themes and TV shows and stuff. So to see the Power Rangers in there, it was like, that's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly if anywhere, that's where they uh, that's where they should have been. I mean, um, when, when you take a, an existing theme park and you shoehorn something into it. It really, it needs to be cool. It needs to stand out or people are going to react the way that you reacted. And that's, you know, right. I mean, you can, you can do it that way. You can just kind of put them on a stage in the middle of Disney's Hollywood studios, or you can take the entire Harry Potter universe and you can shoehorn it in to a rather dead section of uh, universal islands of adventure. And dead is definitely the word for what uh, Universal Orlando's Islands Adventure Park was prior to Harry Potter showing up. Uh, it was almost to the point where that park was about to be, you know, well, we're going to open for three days a week instead of all seven. Mm, which is too bad because that is a, I, I think, having been there prior to uh, Harry Potter coming in, I thought that was a very cool park. Um, but primarily because it was very detailed, very, all of the attractions were very cool, but there was nobody there. Right. Well, and that's been the case for quite a while. When, uh, when Islands of Adventure first opened, uh, back in the late nineties, it was hugely popular. It was the best thrill rides in Orlando. Uh, still is some of the best thrill rides, but nothing really 
happened after that. The park stayed the same for years and years and years. And so more as people kept showing up, we're like, well, we've already been there. and There's nothing new. Uh, so, you know, to see a, an entirely new area come to that and revitalize it is is a good thing, not only for that park, but for tourism in general coming to Orlando. I think, uh, the you know, the Harry Potter world here is going to benefit Disney, even if Disney does not have the project directly. Yeah, and and I, uh, I I recently did an interview with somebody. I haven't released this interview yet, but I, I did an interview with someone who talked about the uh, the reasons that Harry Potter ended up over at Universal, and uh, it, it's an interesting story as to how they got over there. And uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad that it got over there because I don't know again if this would have been a great fit for Disney because right. of how much control. The author has over yes. everything. And from what I understand, that's essentially one of the major reasons that it did leave Disney's, you know, it was Disney's project to have and to lose. And it seemed like they were more than happy to get rid of it as a result of that, that, you know, Imagineers want to have control over their own project. They don't want to be having every little tiny detail approved by uh, J.K. Rowling in this case. Yeah. And and she is just tyrannical on that the entire yes. franchise. And that is what makes it great for Universal because it seemed like everything up to that point, there was nobody there having that control and saying, no, this needs to be this way or it's not happening. And there was a lot of, you know, it seemed a lot of, a lot of corner cutting. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, I mean, the park was great, but then again, I, geez, I can't remember when I was there. I think I went to Islands of Adventure last well, no, I've only been there once, and it was in 2001. It was March of 2001. So that's the era of the park I had seen it. So it was fairly new. It was it was uh, still, everything was up and running. Everything was good. Spider-Man mm -hmm. was there, you know. And and it seemed to be a good, solid park. There was just nobody there. Right. And, and now they've got something that is pulling in people. And that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, it's it's definitely pulling in people. It's pulling in some of the biggest crowds any attractions ever seen in this city. Uh, and 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 it's uh, doing very well for them to the point where they're able to go back and open things in the park that have been closed for a number of years, fix things up, fix broken things, repaint things. The park is coming back. And and like I said, that's a a good thing for competition. I think Disney can now turn around and see more people drawn to their competitors and say, hey, we need to now, you know, make even more of an effort to get people to come to Walt Disney World. Yes. And and that competition is definitely something that, uh, that benefits both parties. Uh, I always hate to say, you know, to admit, yes, uh, Universal has something that is cooler than what Walt Disney World has uh, at any point, but it goes back and forth. They kind of volley. And when it's in Universal's court and they've they volleyed back now with with Harry Potter, now it'll be interesting to see what and if Disney volleys back with. I, I yes. I'm looking forward to it. I I am definitely too. Would you would you come out here or let me rephrase when you come out here eventually to Walt Disney World, do you think you'll make a trip out to see Harry Potter? Yes. Uh, and I, I will, but more because, uh, I want Terry to see Islands of Adventure. Mm -hmm. I, I am a huge fan of the, um, the Poseidon's Fury, uh, attraction there. Mm -hmm. And I really want her to see that. Um, 
and I think one of the deals that I really want to do is I really want to go and try some of the butter beer. Yes, it's it's great, and uh, it's not as bad for you as you might think it is, and it's a, a must-have for anybody visiting there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some things that I've heard of recently that where I just go ew, and you know, one of them is what's recently come out is the uh, coconut water has has gone into to stores in my area. I have no I've idea. Never heard of that. Yeah, I I neither I I hadn't either, and. Uh, I, I walked by the other day as I was going in to go grocery shopping and I'm like, coconut water, ew. But <laughs> I, I bought some and I would do the same with butter beer because it just sounds so bad. Uh, the people <laughs> it, say it it's really good. It, it is extraordinarily good and it doesn't taste at all what you might think something called butter beer would taste like. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little weird to be selling beer to young kids but <laughs> yeah. it's non-alcoholic is right. uh, i understand and there's two versions of it there's there's frozen and regular and i highly encourage anybody to get the frozen one it's it's by far better why uh just consistency um the flavor is stronger i don't know just the whole package is just better when it's frozen okay all right Even fair in enough. the cold weather what is your favorite portion of uh, the wizarding world just walking through the area. Uh, the ride is awesome. Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey is awesome. But uh, I think they, it's just phenomenal, the uh, theming around the Hogsmeade Village area and looking at the windows and everything moving in them. And it just has that magical feel that Universal has been, uh, been lacking a bit. Do you think they're going to be able to maintain that? That's uh, definitely my concern. But based on what I understand uh, with the agreement with J.K. Rowling, I, I'm pretty sure they have to. Oh. Uh, they're, you know, they must keep everything up and running uh, you know, as long as that's going to be there. Well, I guess that's good. That's that control and the, yeah. the saying this is going to happen. So yeah, that's, that's good, I guess. Um, speaking of, you mentioned, uh, Poseidon's fury. That's one of the attractions that has, uh, gotten better because of the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Um, so you've, you've been through that before. I have, I'm, I'm sure you remember the, uh, water vortex tunnel that you walk through. Yes. That was shut down not working for entirely too long and uh influx of money with harry potter means hey it can be up and running again oh see that was the, that and the, the the thing at the end that i won't talk about um is th that was the big deal right and without that it becomes lame and, right. and now it's back so that's good 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 glad to hear it and and the restaurant across from there uh which i can't remember the name of mythos. it mythos yes that's good stuff too. Love that Regu restaurant. Regularly called the best theme park restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I, you know, we went there and it was just, I just, I didn't want to leave. It was so good. So yay. Okay. Back to the world of Disney. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> give me a topic that I know nothing about. Go ahead. I will give you a topic that I wish I knew nothing about. Um, American Idol. Uh, this year, 2010, yet another winner, uh, Lee DeWise, who apparently has been the worst selling, uh, artist to come out of, to win American Idol ever, uh, made his appearance at the American Idol attraction over at Hollywood studios. Nice. That's a TV show. I don't watch a guy I've never heard of. And <laughs> <laughs> you started off by saying, you know, uh, American Idol. And I went, do we have a different list? Um, <laughs> yeah. So he came out and did a performance. 
<laughs> that was the fun part. Uh, two years ago, uh, Chris Allen won American Idol two seasons ago, I guess. And it was um, not too long after the American Idol experience opened at Hollywood Studios. So Chris Allen came out shortly after winning, had a little parade, got up on stage, answered some questions and performed a song. Okay. It was great. Uh, that's what they should do. Lee DeWise comes out this year. Same thing. Parade gets up on stage, answers questions, doesn't perform. Wait, why not? I, I have no idea. Uh, they invited him there. He showed up. He had just won a singing competition and he didn't, he didn't sing. Did he tap dance? Did he? He, he did nothing. He answered a couple of, uh, you know, pre-scripted questions and then left. Huh. I was, uh, hmm. Did you get the feeling that that was what was supposed to happen? I, I, uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. But as I said, uh, Mr. DeWise has become the, uh, the least, the worst selling American Idol winner so far. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. That's a, wow. That just doesn't sound like that would be entertaining at all. I mean, it, American Idol isn't really, you know, something that I'm into anyway. I was going to go see it when I went out there anyway, just for the novelty of it. Right. But, um, it's, huh, that's just odd to come out and not do what. Yeah. No, it was very, very odd. And, uh, and now going forward as, uh, as Betsy is pointing out in our chat room, uh, you know, American Idol, the television show is undergoing some changes, uh, new judges, uh, you know, Simon Cowell's not there anymore. Uh, instead, you've got, uh, uh, what is it, Jennifer Lopez and Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, which is so bizarre to have them on there. And, and that's going to have make an even bigger disconnect between the TV show and the uh, attraction at the park. And I, I have no idea where that attraction is going to go in the future. Well, I, I actually I had seen a requisition form. They actually purchased a couple of different letters. They're changing it from I-D-O-L to I-D-L-E. <laughs> yes and it's just gonna sit there it's just gonna sit there for a while oh boy that's going it's to have come theater, and gone though. but it's a fantastic theater and anything they could ever put in there if they remove the uh uh american idleness off of it will sound and look amazing so at the very least they got a really awesome theater out of it toy story the musical <laughs> you know don't say that again or it might happen <laughs> Um, so just real quick, this isn't any topic for this particular show, but where is that theater? Um, uh, uh, so you're, you're walking straight toward the big sorcerer Mickey hat. Uh huh. You, you're, you're standing in front of it. You look to your left and it's there. It's the former ABC television superstar theater. Oh, okay. So right by the bathrooms. There's well, right by. Yes. Yes, it is. There are bathrooms next to that theater. Okay. All right. So it's between that and a stupid star theater thing with Drew Carey. It sounds dangerous. Yeah. It's you, like that theater. And then you got the random busts of celebrities and then you got sounds dangerous. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Cool. Well, that's a good location. So when they find something decent to take the place of American Idol. Well, I, you know, I must say, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon because I, from what I understand, it's still a reasonably popular attraction. I was at Hollywood Studios a week or so ago to go see the, uh, the Osborne lights. Uh -huh. And as I passed by the theater, 
um, they, they have a big screen outside that's showing you the show that's going on inside the theater in case you didn't get in or couldn't get in or didn't want to go in. And there was a pretty good sized crowd standing outside just watching the screen, watching the, uh, the finale show for the day. So the, the fact that people are standing out there in the cold watching fake American Idol on a big screen means there's still some interest there. In the cold? This yeah, is in was, Florida, right? It, it was cold here. <laughs> it was very cold here in the last few days. Yeah, I know. You guys got a cold snap. Um, wow. Well, I, I know what they could do. They could, they could take American Idol out and they could just do a, uh, a stand-up competition and it could be hosted by C-3PO. Ah, <laughs> uh, another great segue. No, not really. No, not at all. Um, this is uh, something I hesitated to put on the list because it's not a permanent addition to Hollywood Studios, but when it happened, it had enough of a commotion that I thought I'd throw it on here. Um, for a little bit, just for a couple of weeks, uh, I think it was right at Star Wars weekends uh, in May, C-3PO was out here at Hollywood Studios, and it was much like the Mickey Mouse we were talking about earlier, was a totally interactive, talking character in the park. So somebody was walking around with C-3PO and he was talking with guests. Yes. Uh, apparently this guy uh, was a fan of Star Wars and built his own C-3PO costume, made a voice modulator and has been doing this for a number of years, has been to the Star Wars celebration conventions. And then I guess Disney invited him to uh, show up at, at uh, Star Wars weekends for a little while and do his C-3PO thing. I think he believe uh, since then he's been officially authorized by Lucasfilm to be C-3PO. Whoa, that's a big move right there. Yeah. And I think it's something that would really be awesome if it was in the park all the time. People were flocking to this C-3PO because I mean, it, it was C-3PO. There wasn't like, oh, well, there's a theme park version of it. No, I mean, it really, it, it was him. So what we're saying is, is a very thin man inside a costume. <laughs> Most definitely. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I guess I won't apply for that one. <laughs> I didn't make the, I didn't make the, uh, the parade thing when I applied for it and I didn't make C-3PO. Chalk him maybe, up. Maybe interactive job of the hut. Oh, hey, there you go. I can. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ricky Braganti. <laughs> All of Somebody. a sudden, I went Japanese. What happened there? <laughs> or, or Russian, one of the two. <laughs> oh Lord! All right. So that well, that's that's interesting. I didn't even. Did you have video of that? I did. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool. I, I saw him. Uh, there was a very long line for the meet and greet with him, and they shut it off while I was in line. And it was a grueling hot day when I was there, so I gave up. Uh, fortunately, when he was leaving the meet and greet, he stayed, you know, C-3PO as he walked off stage somewhere. And so I followed him with the camera, as did a million other people, and was able to, you know, shout out, hey, C-3PO. And he said, oh, hello. Oh, he's a talkative fellow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Little British droid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, aren't they all? Um. So why, completely changing subjects. Did they rename the carousel at the Magic Kingdom this year? Uh, I, I'm guessing it has something to do with the uh, Fantasyland expansion, why they did it as early and as randomly as they did. I have no idea. It is not Cinderella's Golden Carousel. It is now Prince Charming Regal Carousel. But there, there was no official announcement as to why it took place or anything. Just It just no, happened? They pre yeah, they pretty much said, as of this date, this is what it's called. The end. Okay. 
that's that's kind of weird and out of left field it's uh i don't know i do you think that it's an it's an attempt to to do more of the bringing boys in if it says prince charming's regal carousel on it then maybe boys will want to ride it i have no idea (laughs) um I, i mean there's there's changes going on in that area uh, with, you know, new castle walls. And at the time of them making that renaming, there was still going to be uh, princess meet and greet houses as part of the Fantasyland expansion. Whether or not those are still going to happen, we don't know right now. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. It's it's just what it is. It's now the Prince Charming carousel, not the Cinderella carousel. And they've replaced all of the pretty horses with gems on them and things to like black horses with daggers and fire in their eyes, right? No, but that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, just a, a whole bunch of black. <laughs> yeah, see, because see, I mean, really, if you're going to rename it to to Prince Charming, you should really make it. You know, I, I would like to see that for like uh, for Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Have uh, you know the, the headless horseman rides by, but have like the headless horseman on the carousel and all these you know angry horses, and you can ride with the the headless horseman around, and they play ride of the Valkyries as you're going around. Yes, the headless horseman rides again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, on second thought. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, well, so Disney kind of got on a. Uh, on a renaming topic here, they, they decided they were going to rename everything, uh, to instead of Disney's just Disney. This drives me nuts. It, it drives you nut. Is that what you said? Nuts. Nuts. (laughs) More than one. As in Disney's. (laughs) Right. Uh, it's, uh, okay. So now you have to call the park. It's the Disney California adventure theme park. And yes. if you're going to go to the movies, you're going to go see Disney Tangled. And if you're going to play a video game, it's Disney Epic Mickey. Why? Yeah, it's a it's a little weird, and I'm not quite sure what the what the purpose is behind it, because it makes much more sense as Disney's, unless they're going to stop requiring you to say Disney, in which but, case then it, it makes it, sense. They, they very specifically include the word Disney in everything, in press releases, in packets, in logos, in this and that. It's 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 there, and it's the Disney logo followed by whatever the other logo is. You turn on Epic Mickey on the Nintendo Wii, and the huge main title screen has Epic Mickey in giant letters, but next to the word Epic is the word Disney written in the Disney font in equally as large letters. Right, yeah. It's, it's, they've now got Disney's Disney Disney. And that's, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it, and you, you know, you read on reviews online for various things and, and everybody is like forced to put the word Disney in it. And I'm sure that is the point, but it's also really annoying. Right. Oh, and I, I need to take this moment to announce that the window to the magic podcast is uh, going to be known as windows to the magic, just because I bought an S from Disney for very cheap <laughs> just recently. Yes. So if you go to Windows to the Magic, um, you'll probably get a website you don't want to be at. So don't go there. Well, well, I've <laughs> well, I've got an announcement. Also, it's not going to be uh, Inside the Magic anymore. It is now Ricky Inside the Magic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Inside's the Magic. 
<laughs> yeah. Ricky and, and I, Inside the Magic. Okay. Yes. I, that's now what it is. I'm going to have a new uh, website, rickyinsidethemagic.net. And uh, if anyone just says Inside the Magic, they're wrong. Yeah, then you'll you'll sue them and have them add it. Very nice. I like it. That's, that's this is uh this this is a good idea. Renaming everything Disney. I, I, I think it'll it'll help people understand it better and uh and it'll get the brand across better. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it sounded good when I said it, huh? Not really. Oh. Okay. Right. So, uh, speaking of moving things around, I don't even think we were talking about moving speaking things of things around. that sounded like a good idea, but ended up really not being, Oh, there's definitely some of those in here. And I like that segue much better. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> out here at Walt Disney world. We now have a summer night tastic Nintendo. We No. or we. Nintendo's. We No. summer night tastic, uh, <laughs> was out at Disneyland. 2009 yes uh, and that was the big hubbub over uh, murphy and phantasmic and all of that yes summer night tastic for 2010 uh we now have it at walt disney world and we stole your parade did you know that i be done seen about everything now because i saw an elephant fly at disneyland i did too yeah see there you go uh yeah kind of bumbled around in the air but yeah i guess he was flying <laughs> yeah well yeah it's you know close enough yeah, you guys, uh, you guys borrowed our parade again. That's fine, not a problem. We're, you know, we weren't doing anything with it at the time, right? So. And and there's not really much room in construction land over there at California Adventure for a parade to go through, right? So uh, we're very happy to have the Main Street Electrical Parade back on Main Street where it belongs, uh, and I am thrilled that I can go see it uh, out here. I, I was even more thrilled that I got to walk through the parade barn when it first showed up out here and they had it all lit up with the music playing and I got to touch things and ride in things and just stare at it. That was just awesome. Yeah, I almost crawled through the video and throttled you when I saw you riding <laughs> in the bug thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, uh, it's it's a little fun, uh, fun thing. Uh, apparently it's, uh, you know, inspired by a lawnmower or something. And you move the little knobs left and right and you turn and you move and it's jump around. And uh, yeah, it's probably the best Disney job that there is. You know why the, the music is so loud for the Main Street Electrical Parade? Why is that? Because those are actually vacuums They're and they're cleaning the street. That's why they go all over. And so the music's got to be loud so that it goes over the of the vacuums. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, what are summer themed fireworks like? The Summer Nightastic Fireworks Spectacular, which was the official name. Uh yeah, I, I don't even really remember it, to be honest. It was, uh, no, it was um, a version of the Magic Music and Mayhem fireworks that used to happen uh, with the Pirate and Princess parties that have now disappeared. And uh, basically, Disney was thinking that was a great fireworks show. Uh, Pirate and Princess parties did not reach nearly enough people, and so they wanted to bring this show to as many people as possible by running it nightly over the summer with the perimeter launching sites and everything and it actually was a really good show so it was disney summer nighttastic fireworks is that that what you said the name was <laughs> fortunately not it was not disney summer nighttastic okay. but uh, if it happens again next year i'm sure it will be so just a bunch of uh i mean fireworks are cool and and 360 degree fireworks i saw i saw the christmas fireworks from narcoosis 
and seeing the 360 degree perimeter fireworks is very cool. So I, I can't see how this would be a bad thing in, in any way. The only bad thing about it was, uh, that it, it greatly restricted uh, traffic flow around the Magic Kingdom. So when I tried to go home afterwards, it made it kind of a pain. But other than that, uh, it was a, a really excellent show, and uh, and I, you know, I I, I kind of didn't want Wishes to come back because Wishes is a rather old show, and I'm rather tired of it. Well, they're renaming that to Wish anyway, so it's, it's <laughs> Disney uh, Wish. Disney Wish, yes. Um, and and you guys got enhancements to your Tower of Terror. I Ooh, don't remind me. Okay, never mind. And a rock and glow <laughs> dance party. The uh, don't remind me about that either. But uh, okay, next. <laughs> the Tower of Terror. Okay, I, I, have you been on our tower and the one out there? Oh yeah. Okay, I assume a lot of people listening have as well. There's good difference between them you know the california version has this other scene that's very cool where you stop the doors open up it looks like you're looking in a mirror at yourselves you get to wave your arms make goofy faces and then all of a sudden uh, you kind of fade into the twilight zone yes and it's a really nifty effect well imagine uh you you know how patrick used to do the the at-home imagineering thing for your show and elsewhere yes so imagine doing that, uh, making an at-home Imagineering version of that effect for the Tower of Terror, um, doing it really poorly, and then actually installing it in the park. Ooh, that sounds thrilling. Yeah. Uh, up in the uh, fourth dimension scene where you, out here in Florida, you leave your elevator shaft and move forward, which my, you don't do in California. That's my favorite part of that, where you get to move past all of the different lit up stuff, and that's what makes that ride. Oh, okay. So in that case, uh, cover all that up with black screens. What? Um, pretend like none of that's there. And then stick a projection screen in front of you uh, and project that California Adventure mirror effect on it in like really low resolution. Oh, very nice. So they took out the with the lasers too with the doors open up? Uh, no, that, that part was still there. But oh. everything else was totally blacked off temporarily for the summer up in that scene. So no EMC, no nothing. Right, right. All that was hidden. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was. It was weird. Uh, fortunately, the good news, as Tom points out in the uh, chat room, uh, is that as a result of the uh, summer nightastic Tower of Terror, they finally fixed the uh, the eyeball effect in that scene, where on the left side, as you're moving through that fourth dimension, you're supposed to see a picture of yourself in the of the whole car of the you know the elevator, and that hasn't been working for years and years and now it's back i don't even recall that yeah i mean it was it's been gone for so long that i forgot it was there as well that it ever even did that but it does it again now so that's cool they brought it back maybe they'll bring back the hat box ghost too (laughs) oh wait wrong attraction sorry yeah yeah well we can we can hope for that one (laughs) uh also at hollywood hollywood studios was that rock and glow dance party and then out in california i didn't even put this on the list but you all had glow fest Glowfest, yes, that's right. It's, what do you think it, of Glowfest? It's Technicolor alcohol at Disney's uh, Calif- or Disney California Adventure. Darn it all! That, that was a that was a mess. It it looked like um, somebody threw up glow in the dark paint. Yeah, it was like like when you go through one of those haunted houses where they want you to put the 3D glasses on and everything is day glow neon colors. Yes, but instead replace the haunted part with alcohol and DJs, and there's no 3D glasses. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. 
and, yeah. and really loud music too. Yes, although I I have to admit I I was I was there, and we'll talk about this later. But I was there for the electronica thing, and the loud music was not so big a deal at at that yeah, point. Yeah, at least not for me. What the music they were playing is. Yes, yes. If they're playing the music from Prince Charming Regal Carousel, then we've got an issue. <laughs> What if it's the Sleepy Hollow version of Prince Charming Regal Carousel? Mm, yeah, you never know. It's uh, the Headless Horseman Rides Again. In- so our version of uh, Glowfest out here was the Rock and Glow dance party in front of the Sorcerer Mickey had at Hollywood Studios, which is a much, it was a much smaller affair than Glowfest was. And it was more of just one of those slap together dance party things that, uh, that you know, kids enjoy just going crazy, busting a move with Goofy and all of that. Uh, you know, and, and there is nothing wrong with that kind of thing. Busting a move with Groof, uh, Goofy is something that every child needs to do at some point. Well, and, and quite a few adults. I saw some uh, some rather hefty adults sweating profusely as they were dancing uh, alongside uh, Goofy and the gang. Hey, now, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's a good time. It's, yeah. you know, people enjoy it. It's, you know. Sometimes it's just the simple things. I mean, I follow a trash can around Tomorrowland and listen to it talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Which you know? is pretty funny, though. Yeah, I know. But still, it's, you know, sometimes Disney does little things. Other times they do huge things. And yes. it, it takes both to make a decent theme park. Well, uh, certainly something huge and monumental premiered this summer at uh, Disney California Adventure, and that would be the wonderful world of color. Yeah, and 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 it is in fact a wonderful world of color. I've I've seen it several times now, and it is. Uh, I I think it is pretty awesome. I love World of Color. I will pretty much never see Fantasmic at Disneyland ever again because I'm going to go to World of Color at every chance I get. Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. But I would say that it's it's fairly cool. And I know that Terry is going to love it because she she takes me to the Bellagio Fountains all the time when I go to visit her in Vegas. And, um, and so to have the people that created the Bellagio Fountains get together with Disney and create a nighttime spectacular it's just got fabulous written all over it. So world of color, of course, if anyone's listening to this and you don't know what it is, is a uh, massive lagoon show uh, at California adventure in the paradise pier area with fountains and projections on mist screens and fire and all kinds of fun stuff, taking you through the trip, you know, down Disney movie history, basically. And, uh, and doing it in a massive grand scale. And it's just such a colorful, wonderful way to cap off a night there's no real overall story to it it's just a montage of scenes that just you know music and sound and lights and cool stuff to look at and it just puts a smile on your face and you get soaking wet if you're in the front (laughs) yeah yeah that's was uh so we were talking earlier about i was there for the uh, premiere event for world of color and uh they neglected to tell everybody about the whole wet thing they had a fairly large a media platform set up for anyone who wanted to shoot the show, and I was on that. And, of course, I was surrounded by wires and cables and equipment and big cameras and audio recorders and this and that. And halfway through the show, giant fountains up in the air and a strong gust of wind, and everyone is drenched with their equipment. And we're all like, ah! Oh, so the media got covered, too. Yeah, it was, it was a strong gust of wind came by and just 
yeah, lots of water all over. <laughs> Forgive me, but <laughs> I love when things happen like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was it was fun and everyone laughed about it. Nothing too serious happened, but it was just one of those things where, you know, it would have been nice if they had said, hey, by the way, you might get a little wet. That's right. Yeah. Br'er Rabbit be putting together this attraction <laughs> and you might be getting a little wet. Exactly. If you don't want to uh, get wet, go stand in Bugs Land. Right. Well, uh, other than other than that little moment, uh, the night was fantastic. The the blue carpet premiere that they had was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they had just random Disney related celebrities that they could find to to walk down the carpet, and then uh, and then they put on the show, and it was it was phenomenal. I thought it was amazing that time. I thought it's been amazing the couple of times I've seen it since then, and uh, and I look forward to seeing it many more times. Hello, random D list celebrity. Yeah, this is Bob Iger. Are you doing anything on Thursday? Yeah, no, we'll send a limo or a yeah, cab or pretty much. Can yeah. you drive? We'll give they you free parking. <laughs> well, it'll only cost you $15. Of, uh, dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they managed to get a couple of uh, A-list stars there as well. But uh, Like who? Uh, uh, Gina Davis was there. It, is uh, Gina uh, Davis really A-list well, still? She was at one point. Uh, okay. Jamie, Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis. Again? Well, okay. Formerly A-list celebrities. Okay, okay, okay. And Terry Hatcher was there and I saw her, I believe I saw her in the video through Ustream yeah. uh, afterwards, just completely drenched. I mean, <laughs> hair like. Right. Because they had in front of the media platform, they had folding chairs set up for all of the VIPs, the celebrities and executives and all of that. So they were even closer to the water. And, and, and I mean, they were handing them beach towels. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I, I thought that was wonderful as, as you're watching everybody exit their, their hand. You could see cast members handing out beach towels to people. I thought this is wonderful. I, I thought it was good, though, that uh, that they did do that live stream. I think that was the first time they've ever live streamed a, a major opening attraction event online. And, and I'll tell you, they are never going to release that video. And I would pay good money for a good copy of that show for uh, the world of color show or the whole premiere event, you know, either. But if, I mean, if they just put out the world of color DVD, right. You know, souvenir DVD, and they could even put in the, the you know, the, the premiere stuff as, as an extra or something right. like that. But, but yeah, I mean that, cause they shot that really, really nicely. And I have not seen anybody be able to capture video of that show. Really? That's anywhere near what Disney got because right, they had yeah. cranes and right. You know, yeah, I, I I did not see their uh, their broadcast of it. I have my copy of the whole show that I recorded. You know, a single camera on a tripod with my camcorder, basically, and it's a uh, a decent video of the show. But I'm sure it was not as high quality as what Disney was able to shoot. No, because they they had cameras up on top of the buildings back behind you, up on top of uh, San mm -hmm. Francisco, and up on top of the. Um, little mermaid building and then they had a crane or two and so they were moving all over the place and it really looked great and that 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 was a that was a really neat premiere i got invited to that but i couldn't make it because it was in the middle of the week which really upset yeah. me well there'll be some more you'll have another chance true 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 but um uh, so that's uh new additions in there you got any new additions over at uh, magic kingdom that you can think of that we should talk about we have, uh, in 2010, the narration on the Tomorrowland Transit Authority was replaced, nice. much to the dismay of many 
fans. I was going to say, no, I said things we should talk about. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I have not heard this new narration yet, but I hear that it's not as good as the old one. I don't mind it at all. I've always enjoyed the TTA for just simply being able to ride around Tomorrowland, enjoy the sights, especially at night and, and just take it in. And then, you know, the, yeah, there's a narration too, but I don't really pay attention to it. So uh, the other one had a bit more character, more themed, whereas the new one's a little drier and just says, you know, hey, now we're here and now we're over here, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, the original one at, at Disneyland um, used to just say, you know, now we're coming up on Star Traders, the ultimate place to get such and such and whatever, you know. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what this one is. And it goes right along with the fact that they have renamed the TTA out here to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Yeah. Well, see, I like the direction that's going. Now, all they need to do is add the bad 1960s shopping mall music and I'll be I'll be happy. Yeah, I think people are just upset. You know, you don't have the the, you know, Mr. Johnson from Hovercraft one and, and you know, paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow and all of that is not there anymore. Hmm. Do they still do the Buzz Lightyear? Is you know? Yes, there's there's a few character interruptions. Uh, Roz uh, from Monsters Inc., Stitch, Mickey Mouse, and and Buzz Lightyear are all present on the narration. Please God, let me get out of here. Is that <laughs> that's still on there? That's yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And actually, I think they re-added the paging Mister Tom Morrow bit, but they moved it to a different part inside Space Mountain somewhere. Paging Mr. Three Hours from now, because they moved it. Get it? <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, they they do a lot of things with audio in the parks. Sometimes they got to tweak them. Sometimes they got to change them. And sometimes they just add something that's completely new. And it can really help out a large segment of the population. And you were talking about? Assistive audio technology in the parks or descriptive narrations descriptive um just basically things for people who are sight challenged to be able to experience the parks and i don't know how much you played of this on inside the magic uh, but when i talked with ryan about this and he did some of the stuff that uh he sent me tracks of what they're playing now and this is just amazing it is. Uh, I had the chance to uh, walk through Hollywood Studios and experience uh, not only the on-ride uh, audio descriptive technology that they've had for a little while now, uh, but also the newly added uh, walking around the park dis- uh, uh, descriptions. And it is unbelievably detailed uh, and very succinct. It doesn't go on forever. It's just crams everything you could want to know about your surroundings into like a minute or two. Yeah, that and uh, the on-ride stuff. I mean, they even have descriptions for Captain EO. And in between the lyrics, they're describing what's going on. Yeah, they've done an amazing job. Disney's partnering up with the people who are the experts in this, the the people who put these uh, descriptive, uh, you know, descriptions onto movies and uh and now they're in the parks and and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing that uh people who can't see while walking around the parks can still understand what's around them yeah i I know ryan was just excited about this he's been working with them for a number of years kind of Mm -hmm. testing what um you know what they're coming out with and giving them feedback by the way his uh his company tech minds for hire is actually providing our stream for us today 
um, this isn't an ad. This is just something that came to mind. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to thank Ryan for allowing us to stream this show live today. And yes, since anybody who's listening out there can thank Ryan uh, very much because otherwise you wouldn't be hearing us right now. Yes, exactly. So, um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's just, this is just really opened up a lot for him in the parks and there's things like, um, um, Mickey's Philhar magic that he explained that he just never got that attraction. He knew that something was happening and there was music and there was Foley and there was something about the hat and whatever, but he really had no idea what was really going on until the descriptive audio came in. And, uh, and now it's moved outside the attractions into just describing all of the lands and everything. And it's just, it's a good thing. It's uh, it's really great. And, and as I said, it is on movies as well. And, uh, arguably the biggest movie to come out of 2010 is, uh, is toy story three. And uh, it certainly was on that, uh, that film. And well, in fact, it even made its way to the, uh, the DVD release of toy story three, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, you can select it as a, an alternate audio track and get the description. Can I go completely on a tangent at this point? Go right ahead. I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, I've not seen that with Ryan using the descriptive track. And I don't know if you saw the commercials for that or anything, but it was, it's based on a comic book. It's one right. of those, you know, and it's just, the movie is nuts to begin with, uh-huh. but to add that descriptive narration in there, it is just, it is amazing what they can do with, with these things. And I could just imagine, I haven't heard to toy story three, uh, described, but I could just imagine what they could do with that. Just yeah, the the fun. rapid pace of them uh, describing uh, what is on the screen between lines of dialogue and important sound effects is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, yeah, going back to Captain EO, the fact that they're going in between the the lyrics, um, it's just nonstop. And I can imagine something as as deep and with a a depth of visual greatness that uh, that the Pixar people put into their movies, just what. They're a, they're going to have to describe all of this, and that's got to be just nuts. Well, uh, so what did you think about uh, Toy Story Three? I I assume you saw it. I did. Uh, it was it was one of the movies that I went and saw this year, and um, I just like everyone else um, was affected by whatever it is they pump into the theater that it kind of irritates the eyes right near the end of the film. <laughs> yeah, there's just something about those special uh, special moments toward the end that uh, get anybody anywhere anytime watching that film i just you know i mean i knew it was coming i i I, you know i saw i saw up and you know everybody was saying you know there was this really intense opening and everything and it was really tear jerking and everything and i got through it and i went okay i could see that yeah not so much with toy story (laughs) three i was i was wiping away tears it's you know yeah, I well, I even I uh, you know I got the Blu-ray right, right when it came out. I watched it at home, and I knew everything that was coming in the movie. I'd already seen it, and yet it got to the end of the film, and I found myself choking up again because it's just a magical uh, sequence of events that leads up to everybody recounting their childhood and their life, and you know where they have come. Uh, and it's almost the almost the opposite of, you know, people are always saying, well, you don't want to be so attached to things. You know, things aren't what are important, but we're talking about toys here. And somehow this this concept of taking these toys and connecting them to a 
bit of yourself just strikes with everybody. Yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, sitting here on my desk in front of me, I've got some Power Rangers figures and, uh, you know, a Mickey Mouse as, as uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice and a Jack in the Box and things like that. And I'm 44 years old. I mean, there's just some things in life that you just like to have, even though they're toys and you, you grow to love them. And especially if you've grown up like, you know, like, like Andy did with these toys, when you get to the end, I mean, we really cared about these characters. We loved these guys and to see them getting separated from Andy and then, you know, and then finally finding a new home is just, it was really tugging on the heartstrings. Yeah, definitely. And, and it did it very well. And the whole, sto- the whole movie was just phenomenal. I, I enjoyed every bit of it. New characters, old characters, uh, you know, scenes toward the end of the film, uh, you know, encountering near death and, and just, you know, stuff that I never thought we'd see Toy Story characters in those uh, those situations. And there they were and, and and we're all the better for it. Yeah. I mean, lots of dun 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 yeah, moments. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, it was good. And uh, they followed immediately by humor and, and good humor, you know, and to take the a little lighter edge uh, on it and, and just a great movie. Yeah. And, and my favorite trick that uh, Disney Disney, no S, pulled on everybody this year was to introduce this lovable character, mm-hmm. this friendly, huggable character to everybody and let them fall in love with him ahead of the movie and then do what they did. That, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, awesome. did you see the uh, the awesome like fake retro 80s toy commercial that they put up on YouTube for, for Lotso Bears? Oh, I can't say I did, but that doesn't mean I didn't. It's so fantastic. They did two of them. They did an American version and a Japanese version as if this Lotso toy was a toy back in the 80s that everybody had to have, you know, Teddy Ruxpin and Lotso. And it, it was it was just a perfect. It looked like it was like an old third generation VHS copy of the commercial that somebody threw up on YouTube. And it's just uh, it, it was, you know, just a little viral promotion of, of Toy Story 3. Nice. Nice. I'll have to go find that. That's uh, that's awesome. No, I, I, you know, I love when they do things like that. I mean, they spend millions of dollars on, on commercials. They're a creative company. They can do things like this. It doesn't surprise me that they did that. A couple of people in the chat room just mentioned, uh, that, uh, they're saying, no, please don't do a toy story for it ended perfectly. Uh, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be another, another toy story? I hope not. Um, I'm trying to, trying to decide whether or not I think that they should, you know, do a spinoff. Kind of like a you know, uh, spin off a, a character. Um, oh, I just had it. I just had a perfect example of that. But you know, j- just kind of like at um, a Cheers. You know, mm-hmm. when when they they spin off a single character and then they do right. a movie. I don't know if that would work maybe with Buzz Lightyear or not, but I, well, I, I don't know. Well, I already spun Buzz Lightyear off into his own TV cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and, and that worked all right. Uh, it was, you know, a different universe of, of, uh, of things. So Pardon the uh, pun. I, I think, I think I'm perfectly happy where it is now. The whole notion of, of people growing up with Toy Story 1 and 2 and now we're, you know, much older, just like Andy did. And we've revisited these, uh, these these characters again after so many years you know it was 10 11 years apart since the last film uh and 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 now they've put kind of that that period on the end of it and uh i think that that should be the end of it right there what if the next adventure didn't have andy in it and just had the characters living with the new girl and yeah it would just feel like yeah 
No, <laughs> it, 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 the way that everybody raves about the ending of Toy Story three, yeah. it just feels like an ending, not a to be continued. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, that you know, I can live with that. I mean, they're Pixar. You know, Pixar doesn't have to. I mean, Walt didn't like to do sequels. Pixar's doing them and rocking them. So if they did, you know, Toy Story one, two, and three, and then they just say, okay, done. Now we're going to do cars, you know, up until it's 12. Um, as long as they continue to put out good movies. Yeah. You know, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no doubt that if they decided to go ahead with Toy Story four, it would be nothing but amazing. But if they didn't, I'd be perfectly happy with where it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. <sighs> so, uh, speaking of, uh, of growing old, uh, there's a, <laughs> a new housing community coming to Walt Disney World. Ding. Credit one for Ricky. <laughs> um, this is something that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on, and it's something that 99.9% uh, .9 of the world's population will never have anything to do with, and it's called Golden Oak. Yeah, I, I, actually, I actually um, applied to get into this community. Um, well, let's put it this way. I asked them to send me an application to apply to uh to live in this community and unfortunately uh i couldn't afford uh, the payments on the application <laughs> uh just to get an application yeah the application itself costs more money than i make in a year so yeah, there you go. i mean literally i think the down payment just to get an application is is more than most people pay for a house i just, <laughs> i had looked at this and i went what yeah, it, well, it's a very exclusive community. They're only building so many of these as part of phase one, and depending on that, they'll you know continue. Uh, but the value of these houses that are going to be built on Walt Disney World property are millions of dollars. Eight million dollars? Yeah, for the for the top package house. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy a house, buy the eight million dollar house. Oh, but yeah, sure. But I mean, <sighs> whoa. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, it's pretty and everything, but couldn't you just, I, I mean, you could buy contemporary the entire thing for less than that. I mean, <laughs> you could, you could rent out the hotel for less right. than $8 million. You know, yeah, take mean, that 8 million and go uh, hotel room hopping for the rest of your life and you wouldn't spend anywhere near that amount of money. And you wouldn't have to clean it. <laughs> of course, I don't think you have to clean these either. I think it comes no. with maid service. Well, yeah, they, they were, they were a little bit, uh. Uh, vague on the amenities that they'll get, but they definitely said that everybody living in this Golden Oak community will be uh, pampered and have their private entrance to Walt Disney World and this and that. And yeah. That's right. You, ladies and gentlemen, will have a road. <laughs> a right. private entrance to Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah. okay, great. Well, as, as Chris points out in, uh, in the chat room, he said, I would rather live in Epcot, the city. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, this is just weird. I don't know what this is. This is short of the, you know, I mean, because what they've been doing is they've been selling off parts of Walt Disney World, selling off land to, to developers to, to right. raise money, I guess. I, I don't know why else they would be doing it. But this seems that they've just decided, well, let's not sell it off so much. Um, let's just develop it and then sell that. And it's, yeah. it's well, weird. I can tell you that the concept of buying a house on Walt Disney World property is hugely uh, 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 
in, of interest to people because when I posted about Golden Oak when they released all the concept art and all of that this year, it was one of the highest traffic days of the entire year on my website. Well, and don't kid anybody, you've looked into moving in there. So, you <laughs> uh, know. I think I got about as far as you did, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to sell my house just to uh, attempt to live there. Yeah, just to make the down payment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, boy, yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see how this plays out because it is it is definitely a, a big, big ticket. And one of the things that, that I heard was that they... Uh, was going to come with living there with special amenities and special things you were going to get while in the parks that, yeah, they haven't real been, haven't been uh, specific on all of that whatsoever. And, and my guess is their goal is to not let the general public know what, you know, specialties these millionaires are going to be able to get. Is this going to be an $8 million fast pass? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'd like to see a uh, you know maybe that's where they're going to put the people mover going through Golden Oak. Yeah, you know you know what they're going to do. You move in there, you buy the you know five million dollars or more, and you can eat at La Cellier without an appointment. <laughs> uh, Michelle tried to make a, a reservation for us for La Cellier the other day, and she called for uh, December. You know the month we're in as we're recording this, and they said sorry we don't have any uh, openings. And she said okay, uh, how about after the new year? Um, how about February? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, it's 20 minutes down the road and we have to wait two and a half months to eat there. Well, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter where you live. It's hard right. to get in there. No, yeah. I'm just saying it's, it's so, you know, I would like to be able to go to these restaurants at some point, but I don't want to make a reservation for two months from now. Well, you know, I, I personally, if I, if I were you or if I were me living where you do, I would be just randomly making reservations for La <laughs> Cellier. Yeah. Just so that when you decide to go, you, right. you know, it's like the first Friday of every month, we have a reservation for Le Cellier. All right. I'll get on it. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> and then see, when I come into town, you can loan me your reservation and then Perfect. I can eat there. It's and that, a date. That, that, well, all right. <laughs> uh, I have a special request from the chat room for you. This uh -oh. has nothing to do with anything. Well, I guess it's Toy Story 3. Christian wants you to do a Rex impersonation. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. Um. You know, Wallace <laughs> Shawn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's the, you know, I, I do not think that means what you think it means, that, that guy. Yes, that guy. Um. <laughs> oh, I can't even think of a line. Give me a line that he says, and, and then I'll do it. Um. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> they'll put one in the chat room and then i'll get yes I'll, yes and, uh, christian if you're if you're still listening and you're in the chat room give paul a line to do as rex from toy story and then we'll uh we'll come back to it oh lord so dave smith retired this year yeah i don't think he's going to be retiring to the golden oak community but uh yes he did retire yeah which is you know kind of sad but you know at the same time it looks like they've done the handover to people you know that are capable yeah, well, Dave Smith, of course, is the uh, archivist founding uh, uh, founder of the Walt Disney Archives from decades ago. What is it, 40 years he was there? Uh, 70, 50, darn near, yeah. And uh, yeah, so he has finally decided uh, uh, to retire, and he has, and they had a wonderful ceremony for him, and he's been showing up still at uh, you know various park-related D23 stuff, which is great, because he's a, a very nice guy, but uh, 
certainly an important part in Disney history. He is on the Marty Sklar plan for retirement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's no longer working 40 hours a week. He's just going to be there all the time. Right. Yeah. He'll, he'll still be at, at everything. He'll still be everywhere. He's just not going to be in charge of collecting the stuff to take back to the uh, archives anymore. He's just going to be the ambassador now, you know? And and, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, I think it's Becky Klein is taking over for him and I'm sure she'll do a fantastic job, but it it won't be quite the same as having the guy who founded the archives. True, true. But you know, we've lost a lot of the guys who founded the insert thing here and, and a lot of things have continued very, very nicely. So I, you know, I'm going to miss seeing Dave, uh, you know, I used to see him all the time at all the different events and, you know, I'm sure he won't be at all of them, but, uh, but you know, he'll still be around and, and he's going to go and, you know, he's going to have a good time now. He's, he's earned it. I think, uh, I think he worked his butt off for the last 40 years, oh, uh, definitely. saving he, the company's memories. Yeah. And, and he's done an amazing job at that and at talking with, you know, fans and doing his whole ask Dave column and, you know, diving into Disney history for the sake of answering fans questions. And, and, uh, he, he had a great, great legacy at the Disney company. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, I, I believe he's still going to be doing the ask Dave, isn't he? I don't know, but that'd be great if he is. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought somebody said that. I don't know. David in the chat room jokes that uh, if Dave Smith were to go into uh, the Golden Oak community, he'd get a Disney discount down to only $7.9 million. <laughs> yes, yes. Those cast member discounts are handy. <laughs> so I have, a, uh, I have a couple of Rex quotes for you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, we've got, and he smells like strawberries from Alan. <laughs> and he smells like strawberries from Alan. Okay. Well, without the from Alan. I was, I was kind of, and he smells like strawberries from Alan, you know, <laughs> there you go. That'll work. <laughs> and another one. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, let's see. Uh, a couple of people suggested, but I don't want to use my head. <laughs> I don't even know how that line was done. I don't either. <laughs> but I don't want to use my head. I just, I, I don't know. That's just whatever. Good, good enough for me. I love you guys. <laughs> inconceivable yes yeah absolutely (laughs) that's uh you know and the thistle with the pizzle or whatever it is with the has the brew that is true i think that's uh what (laughs) yeah it's it's, i'm drinking the one that you thought that i would be drinking but i've outsmarted you and i'm drinking the other one that one yes yes um wow yeah so why did disney buy the disney stores back uh, they've been doing quite a lot with the Disney stores in uh, in 2010. They've been going around the country and actually a few worldwide and totally reinventing uh, the uh, the notion of what a mall Disney store is. So what what is the I mean they sold they sold off the Disney stores. Am I correct with this? Yeah, I believe I think the company that had bought them years ago was called the Children's Place. Children's Place. Yeah, that sounds familiar. But I mean they they didn't lease the the stores to them. They literally sold it, right? Yeah. And, and, and they didn't do so well. Okay. And so is, are we understanding or are we assuming that that's why Disney took it back because it's wasn't performing well? Seems like it seems like they were, uh, they're, they're essentially approaching the, the concept of a Disney store 
uh, literally in the same way that Apple has approached their retail stores because they actually met at one point with Apple's team in an effort to reinvent what the Disney store is all about. So they're going to have 12 pieces of merchandise. They're going to be exceedingly good and awesome, and they're going to cost three times as much as any other place in the world. I'm pretty sure that's every Disney store. Yeah. See? Okay. And that's, and that's Apple's point of view as well. Right. You know, oh, you want a computer? There it is. That's no, the, the, the concept <laughs> is that you're going to get people into the store who actually want to be in the store and eventually they're going to buy something, but they're going to get that whole sense of cool. It's the Disney store. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to play with this. I'm going to interact with that. And while I'm there, yeah, I'll plop a couple hundred dollars down. Yeah. See, I used to go to the Disney store here at Valley Fair in, in Santa Clara all the time because it had Disney stuff going on. Right. It was very cool just to walk in. Right. And just, just hang, I, I never bought anything, <laughs> but, but I went in there all the time and, and there were times when I did buy something. Um, but other times I just went in because it was cool and yeah. then you know it changed. There, there is still one of those old old cool disney stores uh, in the central florida area i was just there uh, a few days ago it's over in the, a mall in sanford which is eh, half an hour 40 minutes from here something like that um and and it's still got the old look to it you walk in and there's castles and a sorcerer mickey and all the dwarves and dalmatians and moving things and all of that and i those are the disney stores that everybody loved yeah absolutely and and when they changed I, my description of what happened was, is they, uh, they decided they were going to create target. Yeah, um, it very it, much so. Yeah. I mean, it went to the white, the reds, you know, I mean, it looked very much like a target store and I, I stopped going in. I haven't been in the one here in years. Right. So the new ones are now a totally new concept. It's got this, they're called imagination places and they've got interactive exhibits and giant video walls and iPads built into the wall that you can flip through things and magic mirrors for little girls to see themselves in and trailers playing and special events happening and paths you walk down to get for different areas. And really the only thing they're lacking still is adult merchandise. Yeah. They, they used to have the collectibles in the Valley Fair store. And, and that yeah. was cool. That was, again, I've never really had the cash to be able to, to be a collectible collector, which is why my Vinylmation thing went. <laughs> but, but you don't mind looking at them. No, it was always nice to look and see what they had. Um, so it, you said the, the mirrors that the little girls can look in and see, is that similar? You, you've been in the, um, the carousel thing, the, um, oh God, innovations, interventions, uh, at Disneyland where they have that mirror where the girls can try on outfits right no it's not that it's just kind of a princessy magic mirror thing oh bummer i was gonna say there would be a perfect example of the use of that technology <laughs> that would be the bibbity bobbity boutique of the future do they have the that at bibbity bobbity boutique no i'm just saying that would be really cool no strike two <laughs> walk up to the mirror you flip through here's my hairstyle here's my dress here's my shoes and purchase yes and you could do it all your parents, the parents could be flipping through on the iPad that is next right. to the mirror and yeah. All right. Disney, you can have that idea. <laughs> I think we come up with one of these every time we do one and uh, it's always free for Disney to use. Yes, absolutely. And they can take this recording and use that in court. You know, of course we won't sue them, but <laughs> you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there we go. Um, 
there, so speaking, so those are those are the Disney stores. I uh, I still haven't been to one personally, but I've seen enough video and pictures from them. They're all essentially the same, no matter where they are, except for the Times Square one, the new one, which apparently is enormous. Um, same theme, but like four times bigger. Um, but uh, you know, they they sound like pretty good stores. I. Yeah, I don't have one of the fancy smancy ones around here. I've just got a standard one. So we'll we'll see what happens when it changes. I guess they're just doing them little at a time, huh? Yeah, they they don't necessarily have current plans to redo every single one everywhere, but they're just kind of picking and choosing which markets they think they would do best in. Huh, and we're obviously not one of them. Okay. I don't feel slighted. I'm not bitter much. Yeah. Um so were you at the uh, at the Star Tours final flight at Walt Disney World? Yes, I, I thank uh, once again uh, Lee for getting me into that because I am not a D twenty three member and it was a D twenty three thing, but uh, members were able to bring guests, so I did go to our final flight, which took place a couple of months after the one at Disneyland. Ah, yeah, so they they shut the both of the rides down, but they made big productions of them. They did, and and there was a little bit of weirdness to the one at out here but let's let's talk about the disneyland one first um because it, it happened first it was over the summer and it was the final day of operation the final night of operation for star tours before it becomes star tours the adventures continue and uh, it was a d23 after hours event they filled all of the star tours cabins to capacity and uh had you know pre-register for tickets and uh showing up in attendance were uh, stephen clark the head of d23 and even imagineer tony baxter both dressed as Star Tours cast members. Oh, really? That I didn't see. I see. I talked to people that had been to it, and they didn't mention that that Tony was there dressed as a cast member. That's cool. Yeah, and they they kind of went into the cabins, just said a little thing, and then everybody simultaneously took their final flight to Endor or not, and uh, and then that was it. Nice. Yeah. See, I was at the the final show of the Country Bears back in two thousand and one, and they loaded both theaters, and then they they got on the communication system and said, push the button to initiate the attraction in three, two, one click. So that the final ride to Endor for the bears was exactly <laughs> at the same time. And I and, think that's going to be one of the new adventures, right? They're going to put the country bears on star tours. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And they're uh, going to fly around with Ewoks. Yeah. They are taking the S out of star tours though. It is now star tour. <laughs> Disney Star Tour. Disney Star Tour. Um, but your, your one out at Walt Disney World was much more involved. Well, see, this is where the confusion comes. So in August, there was a massive uh, a convention that came to Orlando called Star Wars Celebration 5. This Never heard separate, of it. <laughs> separate from Disney, this is the fifth of its kind in the United States official Lucasfilm Star Wars convention. Yes. 30,000 plus people came to Orlando for this. All at once. All at once, all in the convention center. It was huge and so much fun. So, of course, Disney, Star Tours, etc., wanted to capitalize on this, and they held an event called The Last Tour to Endor at Hollywood Studios. So that was a uh, special hard-ticketed after-hours event coinciding with the weekend of Star Wars Celebration Five. Um, I didn't go to that because I didn't see the need to buy a ticket to what was not actually the last night for star tours okay fair enough 
it was a lot. It's from what I understand, it was a really excellent night. A lot of celebrities. George Lucas was there. Stars from Star Wars. You know, random other celebrities that were there for Celebration Five were there. They put on some amazing shows. Did Star Wars fireworks, etc. I'm sure everybody that went had a really great time. But they kind of build it as being last tour to Endor. But it was more like this is your chance to take your last tour. But we're not actually going to shut it down for another month or so. Yeah, I, I heard Anthony Daniels was there, and he mm-hmm. he. Uh, didn't need a little voice changer thing. He actually sounds like C-3PO. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, he was there and many other celebrities. And uh, and there's plenty of videos online for anyone who you know wants to watch any of that. But weeks later is when they actually shut down Star Tours. And that's what I, I went to. And in our version, they enlisted the help of uh, the uh, 501st Stormtrooper Legion and had them escort us in and out of the park, you know, to and from the attraction and actually placed stormtroopers with us in every cabin to ride with us. Wow. That's kind of cool. Pretty fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, I'm sure the stormtroopers had a great time. They seemed like they were, you know, they were eager to pose with people and, you know, shoot pretending to shoot people with laser blasters and all of that. And, uh, you know, made for a a really fun night that lasted a couple of hours, uh, walked away with some souvenirs, like a, a replica version of the original opening day star tours, boarding ticket and uh, a fun little fast pass that said, you know, Star Tours, you're the next available fast pass time is a year from now. Uh oh, okay. All right. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when it when it reopens. <laughs> when it reopens, I got it. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I'm a little slow. Right. So, uh even though they haven't officially announced the dates of its reopening, but uh it was a good time, a good send-off for the classic Star Tours and I am absolutely looking forward to seeing the new version uh come 2011. Yeah, I was walking around Disneyland with Roger Colton, and he said that uh, he's he's from the blueparrot.info, and uh, he and I were walking around the park, and he said he he's kind of surprised that they don't have a next tour departing in sign out. Yeah, I'm surprised about that as well, and, and again, they haven't announced when it's going to reopen, so I'm guessing that's why. Yeah, and you know, just, just counting down to, to when it's going to open, but that's uh, it is kind of a point they would have to have a time when it's going to open before they can right. do a start. I remember years ago going to Universal Studios out here years and years and years ago practically when the park first opened and they had a huge billboard next to what was going to be the Back to the Future ride and it had a giant digital countdown to opening day and I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I mean that it just shows you know a little forethought and it gets people excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, unlike <laughs> I remember coming to Walt Disney World again years ago when Test Track was under construction replacing World of Motion, no indication of when it was going to open whatsoever. So I came one and this was, you know, pre-internet, so nobody had any idea. And uh I went one year, no, nope, not open. Came back one year later. Nope, still not open. Came back a year later. Almost open. Cars are running around. Nope, still not open. So uh, that was kind of the exact opposite of what you want out of attraction hype. Yeah. And, and and nowadays with the, with the internet, I mean, they could put uh, countdown clocks and, you know, enable them for people to put on their websites and all kinds of things. I mean that, you know, they could be all over the place and the star tours community is huge. So they'd be all over it and they could do a first trip to not Endor. Yes, uh, you know, be the first to ride the new attraction. 
and I'm sure they will have some sort of a, a special thing like that. And, and, I'm, uh, and they could to it. they could hold that hard ticketed event one month after the soft openings begin, <laughs> which is generally how it happens. Uh huh. And so you're not like you weren't the last people to ride during the last tour to Endor. You're not the first people to ride. <laughs> right. Yes. Perfect. It's consistency. Well, uh, Star Tours is certainly something that many hold uh, much, uh, many good memories and lots of nostalgia for. And in 2010, I had a chance to uh, talk with two people uh, that are one's vaguely Disney related. The other really has nothing to do with it whatsoever. That's not true. Um, But anyway, I thought it was awesome that I got to interview uh, Weird Al Yankovic and Peter Cullen, who's the uh, voice of Optimus Prime from the Transformers. Yeah, see, Weird Al started his career as a Jungle Cruise skipper. So, you know, and now he's running the animation department for Disney. So that's actually (laughs) really good. I think you're talking about John Lasseter. Okay, we'll edit that out in the podcast release. And uh, (laughs) yeah, Weird Al, I love his movies. Uh, Weird Al's a musician. He did have a movie, though. You know, next year we're not doing this live. (laughs) Uh, Weird Al Yankovic wrote a song recently about Skipper Dan, Jungle Cruise Skippers. And so that would be his Disney tie-in. Yes. Did did you know how how hard that song has has hit Dan? I mean, he's gone into a depression since that song came out. I mean, that's, well, that's essentially what the song was about, him being depressed to begin with, so I can only imagine how bad it's gotten since then. Yeah, I mean, the the man walks around, people sing the song at him every time. I mean, he's just, it's really destroyed his life. Yeah, you know that part where he shoots at the hippos? Sometimes the gun gets a little little too close. Yeah, exactly. I am just a little odd today. Go go on with your story. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I've been. I was a Weird Al fan. Am am a Weird Al fan for uh, years and years. In fact, I think Weird Al is the first like musical artist I ever remember listening to, like ever in my life. So to meet him and to sit down with him for a while was uh, was awesome. Under the uh, you know the notion that it's Disney related, but of course we chatted about other things as well. And uh, and the same goes for uh, when BotCon, the Transformers tra- uh, convention, was out here. Talked to uh, Peter Cullen, who was formerly the voice of Eeyore, so that's his Disney connection. Uh, unfortunately, not the voice of Eeyore anymore, but what, still wait, Optimus whoa, Prime. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Eeyore and Optimus Prime were the same guy. Yes, and there's this really awesome clip that I played uh, from a talk that when he announced at BotCon that he was no longer Eeyore, he did both of their voices as if they were talking to each other, and it was uh, hilarious. Uh, oh, I bet. <laughs> so uh, you can find that on youtube it wasn't my video it was somebody else's but uh yeah that was great but uh yeah he's in the new winnie the pooh movie that's coming out uh over the summer 2011 uh cullen has been replaced by another voice actor for eeyore i I just have to to call out a little shout out here i just got a text message from terry and she says you're not just a little odd today dear I will confirm that statement. I love you both. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you, you wow, you really scored big on talking with these guys. I mean, and and the good thing is, is that when you went and you saw Weird Al, you didn't geek out and like hand him a cassette from your youth or anything. No, and ask I would him never to sign that. It. Yeah, I, I didn't. No, I didn't ask for an autograph, and I didn't, you know, put that in on a pedestal in my music room at home. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't, you know, from a time in your youth or anything when you were, you know, locking yourself in a closet to be safe from a storm or anything. 
Yeah. Not, what kind of a crazy story is that? You know, I like I said, I'm just a little odd today. I just at yeah. least at least you didn't do that. No, no, I, I'm much too professional for that. What did you hand Peter Cullen to have him in? Uh, to... <laughs> uh, n- nothing. Uh, the Peter Cullen interview was a bit more formal than the Weird Al one, where I basically just sat in a room with him for 30 minutes, just us two, as opposed to with Peter Cullen. It was me and his rep and a Hasbro rep and this person and that person. And yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, those are, I've done some interviews where they're like, you have three minutes, go. Right. And it's like, Ooh, okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, that's good. Wow. 30 minutes with, with, I almost said big Al. That's <laughs> 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 a very different character. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple of people in the chat room point out that, uh, Pixar's Bud Lucky is the new voice of Eeyore. Bud Lucky. That's good. I like Bud Lucky light actually. <laughs> More characters, less filling, but, yes. uh, Speaking of less filling, let's get some food over in Epcot. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of food over at Epcot. We were just talking about uh, Le Cellier, which of course is an older restaurant, but uh, some some new things have opened up in 2010. The first of which was Vianopoli uh, over in the Italy Pavilion. That how that's pronounced. Very nice. How, how's <laughs> the food? Um, it's an interesting thing with Vietnopoly. I was there on opening day and the food was fantastic. I've heard reports since then, not so much. Oh, hmm. so I haven't been back. Uh, so I can't say personally for sure. Um, the chef who created the menu was there personally preparing the food on opening day. So I would hope that food was the best it could be. Um, I've been trying to go back, but it's another one of those Epcot dining experiences where if you don't have a reservation, you're not getting it. Dude, it's not like you can't call and make a reservation. Go, when is the next? Yeah. I but, mean, but I never plan my trips to the parks. I'm just like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm going to go over for half an hour. Yeah, but you can, you, you call and you say, I need a reservation for Via Napoli. And they say, okay, great. Um, you know, this is when we have it. It's February 17th at three o'clock. You go, great. And you put it in your calendar. I mean, you live down the street. Yeah, but then I forget about it. Set a reminder. You Do you have an <laughs> iPhone? I do. Two hour, you know, it, it gives you two hours. All right. Advance My task notice. when I get off of this conversation is to make reservations for every restaurant at Epcot. Just, just make them space them out. Go once a week. Take your, take your wife out to dinner once a week for as long as it takes to, uh, to experience all these restaurants that you haven't gotten a chance to do to really really do other than the uh, the opening day treat yeah uh everybody in the chat room uh, seems to be saying that vianopoli's food is very good so maybe i just happen to read a couple of uh, bad reviews it happens As, uh, yep. w- one of the things that i'm i'm bummed about although i'm not sure how my my you know body would have actually handled it but i actually wanted to go and have uh the um alfredo dressing at the the actual Alfredo restaurant, and I mm-hmm. never got around to to doing it before but, it changed hands. Yeah, and, uh, and so that's no good. That's kind of a regret on my end. But it I hear good. that was uh, really good too, though. It was. I mean, it was basically butter and cheese. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, we make that occasionally here, based on a recipe from uh, from that restaurant, and it turns out uh, pretty good. The homemade version, very close to what they have. Uh, in had in the restaurant, the difference, uh, you know, you have to get very fresh pasta to make it, uh, to make it very close. Mm. 
All right. Well, then, you know, as far as a uh, Vianopoli, um, you know, the pizzas there w- were excellent when I had them. The uh, the risotto, uh, uh, fried risotto balls, I forget what they call them specifically at the restaurant, were phenomenal. The aqua fresca drinks there are a bit expensive, but also super tasty. I love uh, fresca. <laughs> not fresca. Uh, aqua fresca. They're, they're a special name for their uh, fruit drinks there. So, Oh, okay. Well, um, hmm. Is, so you mentioned that they have pizza there. Do they sell whole pizzas? Yeah, well, that's one of the weird things. Uh, it's kind of annoying about uh, about the experience there is you have to get a reservation and sit down and have table service. And, and uh, yeah, essentially you buy various sizes of whole pizzas. They don't have like a slice serving window or anything. Huh. Which I think everybody, I remember on opening day, it was like the number one question that everybody was asking was like, so can we get a slice to go? And they're like, no. You have to get a whole pizza. See, when Calvin and I showed up at Walt Disney World in 2001 for his 10th birthday trip, we we stayed at the All-Star Movies. And we got there late at night. We were both hungry. So we called over to the to the place and had him deliver a pizza and two of the refillable cups. And it was $50 for those items. I assume that the pizzas in this place are similarly priced? Um, the pizzas are not cheap uh there's definitely different sizes that you can get mm-hmm. um you know depending on on what you want on it and how big and how many people are eating etc uh but they're definitely disney theme park prices okay so you could spend 30 dollars on a pizza yeah 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 okay definitely. okay yeah because i figure with the cups that we had they were probably 10 to 12 dollars a piece so i figure we probably paid somewhere in the air of about 22 to 25 dollars for our pepperoni pizza but um, the pizza you'll get at vianopoli is going to be better Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just thinking, you know, price wise. Right. Because I mean, that's uh, people ask me, you know, why I go to, to Walt Disney World or why I haven't been to Walt Disney World in quite a long time. Either question. And Walt Disney World is two things for me. It was the Adventurers Club and it's food mm-hmm. because you guys have got some of the best restaurants around. Sure. And I just love I I I plan food for for lunch and dinner every day of my trip six months in advance and i get everything done and then when i'm not eating i you know do those attraction and show thingies that they have to keep you occupied (laughs) just in between food yeah so that's you know new restaurants and things like that are, are you know great for me because it's a brand new place for me to uh to try and uh, uh, our uh, our apparent uh, research assistant in the chat room, Brian, once again, <laughs> comes again uh, and says that a half meter pizza at Vianopoli is thirty nine dollars. OK. And well, that feeds three to five people. Half a meter. That's um, it's a foot thir- and a half or so. Thirty nine in, inches. That's uh, the 16 divide by two. Carry the three. Multiply by pi. OK. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. Multiply by pizza pie. Pizza pie. You bet. That's a boring. Um, <laughs> and this is a boring. So let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Vianopoli. Yes. I think we, uh, we beat that one to death. Yes. Vianopoli. We're done. Uh, we yes. already talked about the trans, uh, Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover renaming. Um, so let's go to California now. Okay. Uh, we don't have a people mover there either. No. Or Vianopoli. Although you do have the Naples restaurant out there, which is run by the same people. Is it really? Yes. I will have to eat there the next time. Uh, I, th- sim- similar experience. Uh, I I've, I've haven't eaten at Naples because 
I didn't feel like waiting. So you, you want to know the, the, the oddest thing is that, um, I can wear the big hypocrite sign because there's so many places that you haven't eaten at Walt Disney world. And I always give you a hard time about not eating there. I haven't eaten at most of the places that, uh, Disney lands downtown Disney either. Yeah. And this is one of them. Um, the, uh, I, I just never, I walk by it all the time and go, no, and keep walking. <laughs> That's because you just end up at, uh, at Ralph Brennan's. Absolutely. God. Anyway. Um, so yeah, t- we were, actually the reason we were talking about California was not for the food, but no. because, uh, we messed up our, uh, Alice in Wonderland attraction this year. Good Lord. What is going on over there? We just figured we would retheme it to the Tim Burton one. So we would, you know, completely <laughs> cover it and assorted junk and now i think um i think what actually happened is is um somebody from the safety yeah i think it was osha yeah um you know finally came in and took a look at disneyland and went you know that doesn't look safe yeah i mean it took them 50 years to figure that out i i don't i think they're a little behind in their review process (laughs) and they had gotten as far as tomorrowland yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing that Alice in Wonderland ride. Now you you enter in uh, surrounded by these scaffolding that's wrapped in you know uh, leaves and stuff printed on there, and you go up to the second floor of the thing where normally you know you go outside, and it was this big open expanse, and now you're surrounded by plywood and railings, and it looks like you're you know it looks like they hadn't finished the ride yet when they opened it. I have no doubt that when they are done with this, that it is going to be as transparent as it right. can possibly be. But right now, it is the ugliest thing it you is. have ever seen, and I'm sure it's a big pain in every part of every Imagineer's body right now, wanting this attraction to be open, but having, you know, being forced to make these changes. Yeah. And it's, you know, basically for those that don't know what it is, is that, that Disney, uh, had, you would come out of the second level of the attraction at Alice in Wonderland and you would go along what basically equated to a path of leaves that you would ride these leaves down to uh, ground level again. And it was this big windy pathway and it was just these leaves. So if you got, if the ride broke down and you were out there in the middle, you'd have to get out of the car and actually you, you could just walk right off the end. Oh yeah. And from what I understand it, it had even uh, more to do with maintenance workers that had to go out there and didn't have anything to hold on to while doing their job. And that was actually going to be my question was because I've been evac'd off this ride a number of times. And my understanding is, is if you're out on those leaves, you don't actually get out of the car up there. Uh, They may do that if it actually breaks down to where they can't bump you forward. Mm -hmm. But my understanding is they always bumped you off those leaves before you actually got out of the car itself that'd probably be the safer and you know unless the building is burning down or something something and then yeah at that point just jump off the darn leaves and (laughs) yeah it's only 10 feet in the air if that yeah i mean you know and there's there's the big planter that you're over so or just land on the people waiting in line that works too catch me monorail passes by you could just you know jump and grab that's not true but yes uh (laughs) uh-huh Uh, yeah. So thinking of that, you know, adventure action movie for the Disneyland. Yes. The Jones, the rock. I am not. So (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So that it's a mess. We're we're hoping they're going to clean it up. So we'll I'm see. sure they will eventually. It's uh, the alternative being close the ride completely in the meantime, and that would not be fun. Yeah, it it wouldn't. So you know. It's just something that, that we're dealing with. You used to never see construction or painting or anything because Disneyland was open, uh, you know, uh, Wednesday through Sunday. And so they would do all of this stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays. And by the time the park opened again on Wednesday, there was no sign that anything had ever been done. And now since they run 24 hours a day, seven days a week, basically, um, there's no time to do any of this stuff. So just like out at Walt Disney world, now we're starting to get the scrims that look like the buildings that they're covering. Right. And, uh, and they're doing a lot more right out in front of us, which it's good and bad. It, it, it means that stuff is being done better. It's being, they're taking the time to do it instead of crushing it into two days. But at the same time, you end up with things like this, which is just, it's atrocious. Yeah. But we'll get over it. Yes. Now, th- this next topic here, I, you very rarely delve into politics, but Pixar is canceling Newt Gingrich? <laughs> Not that Newt. Uh, talk, talking about a much smaller Newt. Um, seem to remember Gingrich being a rather large man. He, he was, yes. He was a, a, a full-figured individual. Uh, a Newt was a film that was uh, well in development for uh, for Pixar and uh, to the point where I believe they even mentioned it at the D23 Expo as an upcoming film. Uh, there was artwork, there was this and that, and then all of a sudden Pixar was like, we're putting it in the can. Yeah, see, so Steve Jobs tried with the Newton and that didn't work. And then <laughs> Pixar tried with the Newt and it doesn't work. So I assume that Disney at some point is going to try either new or nih. <laughs> kind of where it's going. What in the heck was Newt? Uh, I, it seemed like it was some sort of love story about a a Newt and another Newt. Well, I don't that, really remember. That's <laughs> obvious from the title, but <laughs> you know. I don't. I don't remember what the plot of Newt was supposed to be. The artwork looked really nice. Uh, I believe the plot was a bit too close to a few other films that they either had in development or w- had already released. And ultimately, they thought it was just not strong enough of a film to release as a Pixar film. Which, you know, I mean, that's that's good. That's what Pixar has always been about story and all of that other stuff. I mean, their stuff is always dead on strong. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing that they it went far enough that they actually announced it and showed us and all this other stuff and then still killed it. Yeah, but like you said, I, th- I think that's good that they're able to do that. I'd rather have a canceled project than a terrible one. Yeah, and not only able to do it, but willing to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. That's So that's an idea that they came up with, and they let us know it was happening, and then they stopped it. This next idea was an idea that I, now I personally haven't experienced it, but from what I understand, it was an idea that they told us about that they probably shouldn't have done. Um, uh, you're referring to back to the parks, the space mountain starry ophonic sound out here at uh, the magic kingdom. Right. First off the name sounds like I created it because it's a, <laughs> it's an awful pun. It, it is. And unfortunately it's not, uh, you know, it's not like a big letters outside the ride or anything. It's, it, it's you have to look for it to find the word starry ophonic. That's good. Um, but from what I understand, they just stuck a whole bunch of speakers throughout the attraction and they're playing a almost a retro 70s, 60s, 70s sounding 
theme throughout the yeah. well, ride? It's, it's definitely a whole bunch of speakers placed throughout the track of the attraction because they didn't or couldn't put onboard audio uh, on the on the cars. They said they would have had to modify the cars or change them completely to do the onboard audio, and instead they thought they would approach it from a different way, cheaper uh, way. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and just a bunch of speakers. Um, the, the audio is a variation of the Michael Giacchino score that is in Space Mountain at Disneyland right now. And you had um, me excited there. You said Michael G- and I thought, hey, it's a Michael Jackson thing. <laughs> Michael Giacchino. So yeah. his is the, um, is what's playing at, at, at Disneyland right now? He, right. He, he did that? Yes. And, uh, and it's a variation of that, but yes, with sort of a 70s disco dance pop kind of beat to it really weird yeah and i i had john carigliano uh go through and record it for me and uh it's not all encompassing i mean no it's kind of hard to hear yeah there's a lot of gaps because it's not synchronized to the ride there are sound effects in addition to the music and those are synchronized to the ride and loud yeah and 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 there's a couple of them that are kind of cool but the music just plays on loop in select areas that sort of goes along with what you're doing on the ride. Weird. It's, it's weird. I don't think it detracts from the ride, but I'm not really a fan of it either. Mm. Yeah. I just, I was so excited when, you know, when they said they're getting stereophonic sound, I thought, Hey, great, you know, bad pun, love it. And, (laughs) and so let's get the audio. And, and then I heard the music, uh, actually the first version of it I heard was, um, Jeff Lang went up to the exit queue and there's uh-huh. some, some speakers there and he just held his camcorder up to the speaker and, uh, and I was hearing this and I could not believe what I was hearing. I was and, like, this uh, is terrible. Interestingly enough, the composer of that music is the same guy who recorded the new narration for the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. Go figure. So, you, you know, if you like one, maybe you like both, maybe you like neither, maybe you just won't care. Strike two, strike three, he's out of there, right? Maybe. Was he in charge of the of the new pet care uh, facility at Walt Disney World too? No. Not no? well. Not I mean not that I know of. Have you been to the new pet care facility at Walt Disney World? Yes. I was there on uh, opening day for that as well. You attend all of the ho- high profile events. I try. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it's uh it's tiring sometimes, but it's fun too. Yeah, it's a terrible life to live. Yeah, no, I'm not complaining in the slightest. Okay. So are you allergic to pets? You, do, you, do you allergic to cats, dogs, things like uh, that? No, not particularly. I've got a cat. Um, you know, some cats will make me sniffle a little bit, but no, for the most part, I have no problem with, with any pets. Is Kitty Briganti ever going to spend some time at the best friend's pet care? No, definitely not. She doesn't like people. <laughs> Oh, that's just too easy. Uh, what, um, so what's the deal with this best friend's pet care? So they closed down all of the other kennels that were around Walt Disney World in favor of one centralized uh, super duper luxury area that has a variety of, uh, of places that you you can put your pet in if you just want a basic cage all the way up to a suite with a television and a webcam. Oh, what? Yeah. What does a cat need a webcam for? What well, could it actually, possibly uh, want to watch? <laughs> the cats are separated from the dogs, and the cats, there's only one area for them, and it is, ca- uh, I wouldn't say cages necessarily. It's kind of like plexiglassed in 
boxes that you can buy multiple levels if you want. So they can go up and down vertically between them or they can just be in one box or two box. So those are in their own area. The majority of the best friends pet care thing is for dogs. And so it's the dogs that get the cushy bed and the television and the webcam. Okay, so what could a dog possibly want with with a webcam? You might want to ask that question to uh, all of the people that caused those suites to be sold out for months following the grand opening. Really? Yeah, they they said they wished they had built more of them because as soon as they made them available, they were sold out. Wow. You know, I mean, I know, and I could see why the whole dog-cat thing, because cats, you know, they're kind of responsible and they can be left at home. You know, you tell them, you know, right. take the trash out. Don't have your friends <laughs> over. Everything's good. You leave your cat at home. You come home. Typically, your house has not been burned down. Dogs, not so much. So you have to take them with you. And so I could see why they would have a whole bunch of doggy-related stuff out here. How much yeah, is they, this they, costing? Oh, boy. It's been a while since I was there. It wasn't as expensive as you might think, but it's not cheap either. I want, I want to say for the, the Super Duper Sweets... Had to have been a couple hundred bucks, one to two hundred dollars a night. A night? Yeah. I, I, I'm probably closer to a hundred. But yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of getting a, a hotel room because not only are you getting the room, but you're getting the pampering and the food's included and they get to take them out for a walk and they play and this and that. Hey, I get all of that when I stay at the all-star movies. They take <laughs> me out for a walk. Unfortunately, you, know? you can't bring your dog to all-star movies. I don't have a dog, but they... If um, you had a dog, you couldn't bring it to all-star but, movies. But they give me a flea bath while I'm there. I mean, I I get all kinds of treatment out there, and it's only... It's less than that. Not, yeah, well, dealing with a dog is harder than dealing with you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been on the phone for how long? Yeah. I'm waiting for another text message to show up from Terry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Okay, well, um, let's... <laughs> boy, we should have really put these together. Um, let's go back to Epcot and back to food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so, and throw some pets in the middle. One of, one of the worst things that I ever ate at Walt Disney World was in the, I believe, is La Hacienda de San Angel, is that the one inside? No, that's the San Angel Inn. Okay. In that location, I got uh, chocolate chicken. Chocolate chicken. Yes. In theory, a neat idea. Thought, uh-huh. wow, I'll, I'll, I like chocolate. I like chicken. I'll try them both together they it's on the menu it's probably good right it wasn't no so they have new i know one of the one of the new things they have at epcot is a tequila bar that i'm all over that that uh yeah all of these uh uh and the reason we're talking about this is because there's new restaurants in the mexico area of epcot but all of these experiences are now kind of uh, under the same umbrella of this, um, and the name escapes me of who is operating these, but it's all the same people. Well, it's the law company. I can see that because it's right at the beginning of each of their names. <laughs> it's like Disney Hollywood Studios. This is La Cantina and La Hacienda de San Angel. Yes. Yes. They're the laws. The law company. Um, um yeah. How so I you, did, you did not like the food when you ate at the San Angel Inn. Well, technically I only had one dish. So I can't say I didn't like the food. I didn't like the dish I ordered. Okay. How is the food here? 
Um, the food at, uh, see, this is another one of those instances that I need to go back because I had opening day food for La Hacienda de San Angel and it was good, but I was not blown away. However, I've heard really, really good things about the indoor portion, uh, the sit down portion where you get a, a full meal brought to you. And I haven't had that yet. Okay. Now, w- when I was at Epcot last, there, it was 2007 and there was the restaurant inside, and then there was this weird restaurant kind of counter service thingy outside. Is that right. where these new restaurants are? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they've replaced, um, repurposed that whole area that was the outer outside counter service thingy, <laughs> uh, which was the official name, I believe. Yes. Um, and uh, except it was in Spanish, it was El Thingo. Where, um, it, it was La Thingo. Oh, Thank you very right. much. That's right. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, now, yes, there's two separate experiences. Now, there's a, on the right side of that building is the new outdoor La Thingy, uh, and that's the Hacienda, I believe, okay. side of it. And then on the left side and all the way inside is now the other part that is in an indoor uh, dining area, and I believe that's the La Cantina. I might have them backwards. So it's two separate things powered by the same, cooked for by the same kitchen. Which, which one of them has the tequila bar? Neither. The tequila bar is inside. Oh, so it's totally separate from what we're talking about. It is. And the tequila bar is separate from the inside restaurant as well. It's off to the side. How odd for me not to be on topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as the outside thing goes, there's a lot of uh, uh, margaritas served there, which I tried several and thought they were absolutely revolting. Probably the worst tasting thing I've ever had in my entire life. But do but you I'm, like do you like those normally? No, neither uh, do well, I. Well, okay. uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a drinker. Some drinks I like, some drinks I don't. These were horrible. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could like these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I went to uh, Margaritaville in Key West and had a margarita because I was at Margaritaville, and margaritas are disgusting. So, yeah, I, I, ass- yeah, I assume if you like them, you like them. If you don't, I you guess. don't. But aside from that, the food was uh, was okay. Um, you know, everything tasted pretty fresh, and it wasn't it wasn't the good thing. It wasn't American Mexican food. It was like authentic Mexican. So if you're expecting, you know, Taco Bell style ground beef in a hard shell, that's not what you get here. You get you know pulled beef with fresh onions and that and that kind of thing. Mm, did I mention I didn't have lunch? Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's getting very close to dinner for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, uh, you know, I'll have to try this. I mean, when the next time Terry and I go to Walt Disney World, you know, she she actually found out that, you know, how I like to go to Walt Disney World when we went. Um, she was freaked out when she saw all of the restaurants that, and I had bought the Disney dining plan. She's like, there's no way I'm at, I mean, we get all of this food and all desserts and appetizers. And I said, just eat a little bit of everything. T- try everything. Yeah. And I told her, I said, next time we go, we're going to hit one or two of our highlight places that we went last time, but then we're going to pick all new restaurants. So this will have to be one of them. We'll, we'll have yeah, to go I, and try I, this. I have, like I said, I've heard a lot of good things and I should mention that Marie in the chat room says that chocolate covered bacon is very good. I've had chocolate covered beetle larva. Yeah. Uh, you know, do, do that one, you know, try, uh, try it, try and try and up, uh, you know, raise the stakes on that one. And, uh, that was actually, believe it or not, the chocolate covered beetle larva is a true statement. Uh, I had that my, uh, junior year, I think in high school and it was 
you either have to take this test or on the on the schedule for that day it just said ccbl <laughs> and they said you can eat one of these and you're out of the test and you have a hundred percent and nice. you and you can have the period off or you can take the test either way but we're not telling you what this is until after <laughs> and so i of course did the ccbl and sure. had the period off and everything. But yeah, so I've actually eaten chocolate covered beetle larva, chocolate covered bacon. I love chocolate. I love bacon. I'm a little worried because of my I, chocolate chicken experience. Right. So was the beetle larva better than the chicken? Uh, yeah, by a long shot. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I can say I've had, uh, I've had chocolate covered bacon and it is good. Really? Where'd you, where'd yeah. you get it? I have no idea. I just know I've had it and I know it was good. All right. So it, it's, uh, well, it, if you're listening to the live stream on this and you want to get me something for Christmas, send me some chocolate covered bacon. You can find the address <laughs> on the window to the magic website. Your, your PO box is going to be filled with a melty mass of pork fat. Won't that be fun? <laughs> and I could say, Hey, I resemble that remark again here, but there I won't. So speaking of things that in theory are really good, but in fact might really, really just be disgusting. I was hoping you're going to say speaking of pork fat. Well, close. Duffy the Disney bear. They've tried this already. They did. He wasn't Duffy then. He was just the Disney bear. Great. But that was what, three, four years ago, something like that? In that area. And, and he didn't do well at all in the United States. However, this Duffy the Disney bear is hugely popular in uh, in Tokyo. In Tokyo, but at, at the same time, it's not exactly the same thing. Uh, over in Tokyo, it's it's administered differently. You have to, you buy, a, a, you know, basically a naked bear and you have to, you have to outfit him and everything comes separate. It's this big production. And over in Tokyo, m grown men walk around with these duffies in public yeah. outside of Disney. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it, I think the concern there may have been too similar to Build-A-Bear in True. the United States. And so they slapped a sailor outfit on him. Yeah, that makes sense. It works for Donald. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. I got, never mind. Does Duffy wear pants? I don't know, but neither did, uh, you know, what's his name? So never mind. No. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I am. I am. Yeah, I don't care about Duffy in the slightest. Uh, I think it's I, I, some people seem to like it, but I, I really don't see it catching on anywhere near what it has done in Tokyo, We're regardless just, of how much marketing they put into it. I just don't think American society is. The, I just don't think we're going to go for that. I just I don't know that there's anything like this that we go for. Yeah. I mean, sure to tickle me Elmo. You know, that, that this kind of thing just never catches on over here. Betsy in the chat room says she got her Disney bear in 2004. Betsy in the chat room. I love your albums. Please come out with another one. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's it for Duffy. We don't even need to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Um, that, that bear is scary. There's Agreed. your segue. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Scary Halloween. Yes. Let's talk Halloween. Thank you. We had it on both coasts uh, again this year, and and this year, was it not a paid-for event on both coasts? Yeah, Disney was making some changes to the Halloween-ness uh, out in California, and there were a lot of upset annual pass holders as a result. I'm, I'm Well, I, I'm not an annual pass holder, but I was uh, one of the people that was upset, although not 
really upset, but I was upset, so I can understand it. Um, I took Calvin out uh, to the parks to experience all of the Halloween time stuff, and we did not get there in enough time to attend the Halloween party on Friday night. Mm-hmm. They were only doing it on Friday night uh-huh. during our stay, and so we didn't get to see the fireworks, and we didn't right. get to do the trick-or-treating, nothing. Right. So I, I had... Uh, <laughs> I had the same problem, except for I, I did arrive in time for the Halloween party, but I, it was also my only night to do everything else nighttime in the parks. And so I crammed not only Mickey's Halloween party, but also Electronica and World of Color all into one night. Wow. And it was not smart. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's, that's actually not possible. Well, I, I didn't see the uh, character cavalcade, the little mini parade thing for the Halloween party, mm-hmm. uh, but I did trick or treat. I saw the fireworks. I saw everything at Electronica and I saw World of Color and I'm pretty sure I died afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could understand that. Calvin and I went and, and did Electronica and World of Color in the same night and even that was pushing it. Yeah, I was I was really really pushing it, but uh, before we get to Electronica, finishing out Halloween as a as a topic, what, so what do you think of them basically taking the Walt Disney World model of this after hours ticketed party and applying it at Disneyland now? As long as they actually take the full model and not just the ticket portion, right? It'll be fine. I mean, because they basically took the same thing that they were doing last year for free, added trick or treating to it and and called it a party right and and i don't mind paying money to go into the park for less crowds for enhanced opportunities and things that you can't see i mean i was all over the christmas party when terry and i went to walt disney world in 2007 not a problem i love it but you've got to decorate main street you got to have the projections you've got to have a specific parade you've got to have all kinds of specific stuff that you can't do any other time yeah, I thought uh, the fact that it was kind of a mini parade for it was maybe a little bit of a test this year. But, uh, you know, out here for the Halloween party, we have the really cool Boo to You parade. And if something like that or better were at Disneyland, that would really flesh out the Mickey's Halloween party to make it absolutely worth the ticket. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it's got to be an all-inclusive kind of thing. I mean, you've and got... It, as far as less people, when I was watching the fireworks up by the castle, because I wanted to be close to see... Uh, you know, Zero and Jack Skellington and all of that, I, it was like crammed worth of people in there. So I didn't feel at that point that there were less people in there than any other night. Yes, but you can't you can't base overall attendance and overall experience right. by the fireworks, especially if you want to be up near the front. I'm no, never near the that. front. I'm just saying the feeling that I got was the same as it was any other night at Disneyland, which is, wow, I have no personal space left. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that happens. I mean, you know, when, when we were there for the 50th, you know, it was wall to wall people all the way down main street. I mean, you know, on those special times, special events, sometimes it gets crowded, but overall attendance is lower. So then you've got the flip side of things, which is Electronica, uh, over at California Adventure, which is included with regular park admission. It's a special event going on, obviously in promotion of the Tron legacy movie, but uh, very, very cool to add something of that caliber with no extra cost. And I, you know, I naturally want to respond with, and it was awesome. <laughs> uh, but then I think back and think about exactly what was involved in it. And it's funny just how little was actually there 
Yeah. And how awesome I, it, I, I thought it was. I came away feeling like I could have paid. Oh, I'm going to be so sorry I said this. <laughs> Disney, I, don't listen to this part. Yes, exactly. That I could have paid to attend that event and been perfectly happy with yep. it. This is, this is what Glowfest was trying to be, but way more successful. Yes. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I went in for the purpose of recording it for the podcast and I went through and I experienced everything and I did everything there was supposed to be. I didn't try the food. I didn't get the drinks, but everything else I did. And it was, it was wonderful. It yeah, was, I, it, I loved everything about it. Like I also did not try the drinks though. I was very tempted to get one of those glowing blue, glowing blue drinks. Um, but I didn't, but uh, every bit of that from walking through that, you know, the, what, during the day is the Hollywood pictures backlot, but totally transformed to the grid yes. uh, just by way of projections and sound and daft punk music. And then the dancers and the DJs and laser man and Flynn's arcade. And then the opening little eighties moment out front, the portal opening, it just all came together perfectly. Yeah. The, the whole deal out in front, the eighties moment that you were referring to is just, it, it's so terribly bad. And it, it was is. just, and it was but wonderful. <laughs> yes. It's just, you know, and the, the character of Eckert that was there when I was there is the, um, is basically their version of Caster from the film. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's, <laughs> I love that. If you'd be so kind, <laughs> you know, that, that whole over the top, yeah. you know, kind of flowery voiced person dressed mm. up and looking it just, just wonderful. And just the whole thing was just fabulous. And, and I, you know, the, I loved it. The, yeah. The, the Tron outfitted, uh, dancers, the, you know, Disney style cage dancers, basically, yes. uh, very family friendly and yet still entertaining. Very uh, laser man, an amazing performance. I have no idea how he does half of what he does. I do, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> well, I could figure out some of it, but, uh, <laughs> uh I know he's French. At the so it is, La Zermen. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh wait, the, no, that was from the Mexico Pavilion. Yes, and Pavilion. Sorry. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it was a great time. The the three D uh, preview in the Muppet Vision Theater for a Tron Legacy was so cool with the uh, the lighting and the fans and everything going in there. I wish I could see the the whole movie uh, like that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That uh, it was very very cool. Did did you hear my electronica show? I did. Did you like the fact that I started it out with the disclaimer saying don't record anything in here? Oh yes, that was <laughs> that was that was quite amusing. <laughs> I, had, I had some people that said I was my jaw was agape as I was listening to you play the warning saying do not record anything in here. Yeah, and you know, and then I didn't play it, you know, because right. we weren't allowed to record it. So right, which is know. fine. I mean, there's no reason to record the movie that's the movie you know? right yeah but you know at the same time they don't want anything getting out ahead of time right. you know no yeah that, that was that was very funny and uh no your your electronica episode of your show was was fantastic i, I liked hanging around in flynn's arcade with you i i actually um <laughs> in the um in the course of listening to that show i actually blew out the right side of my headphones at work Oh, really? Yeah, the bass from the music when there's there's a segment <laughs> as you're leaving Flynn's Arcade after Calvin and I have played the video games and everything, and we're walking back out, and it's doing that, and it's just, all of a sudden, my right headphone just goes, 
and and now I can't listen to anything because it's just I I blew the headphones. So I, yeah, it came out really really nice. But yeah, the whole experience. I mean, the fact that I can say I went to Flynn's arcade, got a token, and put it in a Tron machine and played the video game is just awesome. <sighs> yeah, I played Asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and it was one of those things, I mean, they were saying that, uh, you know, it's the funniest thing because you walk in with, you see all of these kids and the kids are playing the video games and saying, I can't, um, I can't play this game. Um, and Calvin said the same thing. I can't, he was playing, uh, uh, something and, um, and he was going, I can't play it. it. There's a delay. When you, when you move the joystick <laughs> or push the button, there's a delay right. and I'm not used to that. And I'm like, like every other dad went, ah, let me show you how it's done. Right. <laughs> and then we get on there and we're like, you know, high score, boom. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I can't do it. And it's because we're used to the delay and they're not. Right. They're the, yeah. Today's video games are all about having the fraction of a millisecond response time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, l listening back to the electronic episode of Wind Under the Magic, when you can hear me going <laughs> yes. on the button, it's just, it's, it's that whole feeling. Yeah. It's, it's great. And that's no, it electronica was fabulous. And, and I almost feel like Disney should just forget that whole section of the park and just leave it that way. Yeah. It's tempting, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, we'll talk about Tron in, uh, the movie in a little bit, but electronica. It was a huge amount of fun, and I'm greatly disappointed that they didn't decide to bring it out here to Walt Disney World, too. I'm not. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I, I am a big, uh, you know, I get up on my soapbox here for a minute, but I am a big proponent of the fact that they should have very little stuff that is the same in both parks. Now, I, I can understand that just as a, you know, personal thing. I would have gone, wanted to hang out in Electronica more. Yes, yes. As would I, and, you know, and, and I had only been there for basically what you hear in the show. Mm. I was there for, you know, two and a half hours and then that was it. And that's all I did. And I live right here. So yeah, we, you know, if they had it there for longer, it's going away in January. So I'm not going to get back to see it again, but, uh, it's, uh, it's very cool. And they're still promoting it every night with new DJs and dance crews and all kinds of stuff. So mm -hmm. they're, they're really pushing it. It's a fun thing. It is. There is no segue to this next topic. We could skip that topic, go to the next one. That one would have a segue. Okay. We could do that. I was just talking about dance crews and how they have them at the, at Electronica and on that, uh, that same stage, if I'm not mistaken, they have a new character-based show called Disney Dance Crew. Yeah, at, uh, at California Adventure. And uh, this has been a, uh, a much-talked-about show for not necessarily the best reasons. And Okay, so I was there the like two or three days after this uh, came out, and I forgot that it was there, so I didn't get a chance to go see it. Mm -hmm. uh, people are bad-mouthing it? I, I was there actually, apparently I was there opening day for this thing and I didn't even know it. Uh, -huh. uh, maybe it wasn't opening day. I don't know, but I was waiting for the Aladdin show and in the distance I heard Disney dance, dance crew. And I was like, eh, I don't want to go see that. I don't even know what that is. And then, yeah, afterward I found out it was brand new, but, uh, oh, and by the way, Christian says in the chat room that electronica has been extended to April. Really awesome. 
Awesome, 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 awesome. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, Dan- Disney Dance Crew, yes, got some pretty bad uh, reviews after it premiered, not only from the usual forum blogger crowd, but even like over on the Los Angeles Times thought it was one of the worst Disney shows in recent history. Is it just because it's not a good show, or is it because they're saying that this idea of trying to work the characters into the show is, is a bad idea. It was the, the hip hop version of Mickey mouse spouting off lines like drink up me gangsters, yo ho, <laughs> which apparently they changed after everybody complained about it so that it actually said me hardies like it's supposed to, but yeah, me gangsters. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to hmm. see like goofy come out as Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That's, uh, that's funny on many levels. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd see. Okay. Well, when I go back, I'm going to have to check this out because this sounds just terrible enough to actually, you know, me, me to actually want to see it. Yeah. Like you said, they're using the uh, Mickey blinking eyes, moving mouth technology that we've had on the castle stage show for, uh, for a while, but uh, apparently you can meet and greet with Mickey right after the show, but they do like a magic switcheroo and he becomes silent mute Mickey again. Hmm. I don't know. That would be a perfect way to integrate that, that interactive Mickey into the, into the thing. It would, Huh. but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. That's, uh, that's not, it good. goes back to that. You know, we were talking about the rock and glow dance party earlier. Uh, you know, just another one of those park dance moments. You either like them or you don't. True. Yeah. And, and you know, normally, I mean, like the, uh, the high school musical thing, I can take them or leave them. You know, if you watch them, they're entertaining enough. If you walk past them, they're even more entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, I don't know. I guess it's, it's changing stuff in the park. The idea of a hip hop Mickey is a little odd, but, um, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to see it. So speaking of the, uh, the high school musical show, uh, this year, some new uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World ambassadors were named, and uh, one of my friends from the high school musical show from the Dr- Disney Dream Job competition was a finalist for the, the Disneyland ambassador position. That's a segue by way of China. I like that one. Um, <laughs> so she, she was a finalist. Which, which one was she? Uh, Ali Kawamoto. Oh, okay. All right, all right. She was back a few years ago, uh, you know, was one of the winners of the Disney Dream Job Contest, went on to uh, work at Disney, and she still is there. Uh, did not get the ambassador position, unfortunately, but I'm pretty sure she's going to try again, and I, I have a feeling she'll make it. She is perfect for the role. See, now, the, the idea, if, if Disney was actually paying attention to what they were doing, they would have given her the job, They would, you know, and they would have set it up so she got the job. And the reason for that being, could you imagine the marketing opportunities of the dream job to <laughs> right. ambassador yeah. rise well, she, to she power? Did, she did mention it uh, on a number of occasions in her you know, interviews and videos and, and even right there on the stage in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle, uh, you know, live at the announcement of who was going to win the thing, the ambassador position. Uh, they asked, what was your, you know, what's your one of your best moments uh, from Disney, you know, being working at Disney? And she said the Disney Dream Job competition started it all. Um, so there was definitely some uh, some synergy, I guess, uh, that was not <laughs> happening in her favor. Mm, interesting. See, I, I so totally would have made her the, the ambassador. That would have been perfect. And they could have, they could have used that all over. 
yeah. Oh, definitely. And I should mention also, uh, just so I don't leave anybody out, that another one of the ambassador finalists, uh, Allison, was my uh, trainer at the Haunted Mansion during the uh, Disney Dream Job competition as well. So, Oh, oh nice. You but, just uh, know she, she everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. They were like, so who are your friends? And they're like, oh, you know, I know these podcasters. And they're like, okay, well, you're not winning. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the people who won, uh, I'm sure are going to be fantastic ambassadors. Uh, there's new ones out here at Walt Disney world as well. And it's the, they actually skipped last year. I think it was like the first time in who knows how long that they went for a, a two year run. And apparently that's now the trend for ambassadors is to be uh, two years instead of one. Do we have the names of the ambassadors? The current, the new ones? Yeah. Uh, I could find them. Okay. Well, the reason, yeah, it, while you're looking them up, I, I, the reason I ask is because we, you know, we're basically talking about the Disneyland and Walt Disney ambassadors and we're talking about our, the people who didn't make it. Right. <laughs> so I, I think that we should probably find their names and mention yeah, that, them. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> uh, Disneyland is Jolie Hales and Renee Torico. And that's a guy. Yes. Renee is a guy. Jolie is a girl. Okay. Uh, and the uh, Walt Disney World ones, Norman Voschulte. Easy enough. With, with three S's. Interesting. Yeah, but Jennifer, he, he, got him, he got them from Disney, too. They were selling them at Walt Disney World. <laughs> exactly. And because it's bigger, they had more S's. But uh, he now is called uh, Disney Norman yeah. instead of just Norman. <laughs> yes. So what was the last one again? Jennifer something? Uh, uh, Jennifer Mason. Jennifer Mason. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So congratulations to them. That, oh, definitely. That, uh, you know, just because I said I, I know the other people and I'm disappointed they didn't win, that shouldn't take it away from the people who did win. I'm sure they'll do a fantastic job. That That is just, the, you know, for me, I mean, I always joke about, you know, dream job being a parade performer and stuff like that so that I can do really bad par parade jokes on my show. Uh -huh. But, but uh, you know, being the, the Disneyland ambassador or the Walt Disney World ambassador is really the dream job. Because you get to, to, you know, be Disney. Yeah. You're, I mean, there is no better position than that. No, it's got to be pretty amazing. Not only do you get to attend all the events and introduce all the most amazing people and be part of all of that, but you also get to go and do, you know, charity work and all the public affairs things and, and yeah, really embody what the Disney spirit is all about. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really an honor for them. So congrats to them. Now. What What is this thing with Disney and Odwalla? I mean, I like their drinks, but... <laughs> Gowalla. Go. Gowalla. Gowalla. Uh, Gowalla. I don't not know a, what that is. Not a gorilla, not a koala. It's a gowalla. If a, if a gorilla and a koala <laughs> fell in love, they would have a gowalla. Uh, yeah, I, I actually hadn't really heard of Gowalla before Disney decided to uh, partner with them and uh, ruin everybody's Twitter and Facebook timelines. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah, it's oh. the thing where everybody goes to the parks and say, hey, I'm at Space Mountain. Look at my little icon. Hey, I'm over here. Now I'm over here. Okay. I, uh, I, I have now made the connection as to what this is. Ooh, this I is, like, I don't like it. This is social marketing and all that other social media stuff. It get it becoming just a little annoying, a little uh, intrusive. Yeah. On everybody else, not on you. You're the one who's saying, Hey, look at me. I'm over here. And everyone else says, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. See, and, and you know, and I, that's why, you know, people tell me all the time, they say, you know, 
well, you, you know, I say I'm going to Disneyland this weekend. They're like, well, tweet and send pictures and all this other stuff. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'll try. And I never ended up doing it. And for one thing, because the last thing I want is for my Twitter followers to be bombarded with, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Right. You know? And so that, uh, that's what this is all about, huh? I think, I think it would be cool if when you post on this thing, if it required you to take a picture of where you are, at least then there's something interesting going along with the text. Yeah. Okay. That, that wouldn't be so bad. Of course, then people would just be like, oh, let me take a picture of the ground real quick. Yeah. Right. You get a, you know, hey, here's the, um, here's the texture of the ground in Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, see, there's a website. Somebody needs to build that. <laughs> Textures see, of Disneyland. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a, a restrooms of Disney website out there somewhere. So sure. Why not? There is the Disney bathrooms website. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the, uh, the different textures of the ground f- sponsored by Gowalla. So speaking of bathrooms. Ooh, very nice. Uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> uh, out here at Walt Disney World um, it has a new uh, new facade, new interactive queue, and it marks the beginnings of the Fantasyland expansion. So, is this now while you're walking along, and the uh, the chains and the and the poles are talking to you? It's interactive. Uh, not quite. No, that could work somewhere, probably, mm. but mm. not so much with Winnie the Pooh. Don't sit on me. They said not to sit on me. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, you know, I haven't actually been out to the magic kingdom since this opened uh, a few weeks ago. I just haven't had a chance, but, uh, from what I understand it, uh, well, and I've seen pictures, it looks great. That's for sure. It's, uh, you know, taking away from the former renaissance you know, circusy tent look of fantasy land and making it more like the Disneyland fantasy land where it's really, you know, immersive themed facades for attractions okay and then they combined that with some uh, extra interactive elements apparently like you can paint in honey and bounce like tigger and and do some other things oh so it's kind of like a a combination of um of the uh, theming of the fantasy land out here and the interactivity that they built into your space mountain Kind of, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, obviously not a, a video game, you know, it's Winnie the Pooh themed and, and fits into the hundred acre wood, but yeah, same concept. Okay. So, or, you know, or even similar to what you guys have for Soren. Right. Same concept, same, you know, do something while you wait in line instead of just staring at the person next to you. Okay. Well, that's not so bad. No, from what I understand, it's, uh, it's very good and it's, it's going to be what the queue of the future is, is going to be as we move forward. And if, if the rest of the fantasy land expansion looks like what this Winnie the Pooh facade looks like, I think I, you know, I've got high hopes about, uh, what everything else is going to look like. So, it's, it should be great. So what I can do is I can go and get in line for, for Pooh. I can go through and do all the interactive stuff. And then right when I get up to the car, I can just walk right out the exit and, uh, <laughs> is that a is that a boycott of winnie the pooh oh no me never bring back the country bears anyway bring, bring back mr toad yeah exactly yes but no i mean you know I, I, I if i remember correctly your poo attraction is just a little more involved than ours is out here you have cooler ride vehicles but yeah our, our ride is better okay yeah that's what i thought it's been a while but, but overseas in tokyo is better than all of them don't go there I've never been there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, wow. Okay, well, that's that's cool. I mean, I know this this Fantasyland uh, thing that you guys are getting out there, uh, which 
apparently has changed. Do we have that listed? Did we talk about that? We do have that listed, and we will talk about it in another uh, you know couple hours or so. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, okay. So it's from what you've seen, the the, uh, the front of the attraction is beautiful, and the the inside is nice now, and the attraction is the same. Yeah, yeah, the attraction hasn't changed. Just they made the outside all pretty and. And will blend well with the rest of Fantasyland when it opens in a couple of years. Okay, can't say that that's bad because uh, no, we did we did that in the eighties at Disneyland, so that's that's good. R- uh, yeah, and unfortunately, we're not getting the total Fantasyland makeover like Disneyland got. Uh, the the rest of Fantasyland from the castle left, Small World side is staying pretty much the same. Small World side. Oh, so Phil uh, Magic, Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan, Small World, uh, Pinocchio Village House, that stuff. Okay, gotcha. Well, actually, Pinocchio Village House area is where the Beauty and the Beast restaurant is going. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I can't keep track of it all. Okay. <laughs> well, this next topic here is a, this is a, I can't even say this because I don't agree. So you need to say it. Disney Channel rocks. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, what <laughs> What is this? Uh, that would be the name of the show that has replaced or is in the process of replacing a high school musical show in the parks. Oh, okay. I got it. So take the high school musical show and then add all of the Disney Channel stuff and there it is. So we're really all in this together now. Yes. Okay. This will be another one that I'll enjoy walking past. I'll probably see it once, but then again, this is not targeted at me. You will you will not have a choice but to see it once. Really? At least. Why? Well, while you're walking past it. Oh, I'm I, sure it's going to come out and there it is. Okay, I got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to chain you down and make you watch it. I go to great lengths. Uh, it's it's a kind of funny that none of this ever makes it into my, my podcast, but um, they say, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, in just five minutes, you know, the high school musical will, and I always say, thanks for the warning. And I head off in the other direction. So, but yeah, I'll have to check this out once and see. Like, like you said, you're not the, uh, the target audience for that. I certainly am not either. And I'm sure the people who enjoy the Disney channel stuff will very much enjoy it. And everybody else will walk the other way. Yes. Um, are we back at Epcot with food on this next one? No, this one's downtown Disney, but uh, Walt Disney World. Okay, so it's La Pollo. It's like Camp Rocks. What is this? <laughs> uh, Pollo Campero. And, and so now we're actually getting to very recent history here. This was just last week. Um, and it's the, the grand opening. This is one of those cases where they open something, and then a month later they do the grand opening for it. Oh, nice. Uh, Pollo Campero, uh, Fresh Appeal, and the uh, Baby Cakes NYC Bakery. Uh, obviously, I have nothing to say about these. <laughs> what? Uh, in, in, in short, Pollo Campero, Campero is a chain uh, Latin cuisine restaurant. Serves fried chicken and plantains and that kind of thing. Fresh Appeal is a concept Disney developed to go alongside Pollo Campero to serve uh, healthy options, wraps, salads, that kind of thing. And Baby Cakes NYC is a vegan, gluten-free bakery that also occupies the same building as the other two. Gluten-free bakery? Correct. No dairy, no whatever. Yeah. All natural. Sounds yummy. 
some of it was good. Some of it was not as good. Huh. I, I think I'll go over to Earl of Sandwich and call it a day. Yeah, the, no, the, uh, the food at uh, Fresh Appeal, surprisingly, despite the fact that it's got the whole all-natural healthy thing going, was very good. Um, I, would, I would definitely recommend that. Pollo Camperos, like I said, it's a chain restaurant. It's good. It's not great, but it's good. So huh. it's not bad. It, it's, a, it's a replacement of McDonald's. Oh, well, that's always a good thing. Yeah, and it is healthier than McDonald's, and it's quick food. You know, you order, you grab it, you go. So gnawing on a two by four is more healthy than eating at McDonald's. Probably true. Yeah. So, okay. And as long as you put tons of salt on it, it probably tastes very similar. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Just two all beef patty, special sauce, two by four. Um, so, wow. Okay. So more places to try when I go out there. See, when this said fresh appeal, I thought for some reason that this was some bad banana joke. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's what I was expecting they, you to say. You know, say, they do but, have smoothies there and they'll put banana in that if you want. No, that's always good. And if they'll stay away from the dairy, then I might just try those. We'll see, uh, see what happens. Nothing like a good banana smoothie, non, non-dairy to make your day. Um, so we had talked earlier about the Wii and I had mentioned Epic Mickey about 600 times during this, <laughs> this thing. Yeah, I think so. We've now gotten to the time when we can actually talk about it. You have a Wii. I have seen the game. Uh, what do you think? You have not played the game? I have not. Does Calvin play the game? He has not. Okay. I've played the game extensively. I've almost beat it. Really? And uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, not as epic as I was hoping, but it is fun. Now, here's the deal. I know that if you go through it and you paint, you get one experience. You thinner, you, you get another experience. Are you doing a combination or are you doing the the, you know good one first and then you're going to go back and do the bad one after yeah i i at the beginning i uh didn't realize that that was what was going on i knew you could use paint and thinner but i didn't know it actually affected your gameplay or whatever mm-hmm. um so i i initially decided hey i'll do a little bit of this a little bit of that and then when i did the thinner everybody yelled at me and said you weren't supposed to do that don't ever do that again i was like oh i'm sorry <laughs> so i i've been using paint ever since then as much as possible um, but in playing through it, honestly, I think if you go through and you use the thinner exclusively, the game is still essentially the same game, just that the various characters you encounter and talk to will be rude to you instead of liking you. Neat. I like it. So yes, Mickey could get a lot of dirty looks and, and angry remarks. Awesome. So that's probably what I'll do if I, I, I'm, I highly doubt I'm going to go back and play through the whole game again. It's just, it's fun and the variations on Disney parks that are showcased in the game are cool, but not nearly as cool as the concept art for the game. Hmm. Yeah, it see, seems like it, it got Disney-fied, which is hard to say about something that's based on Disney anyway, but yeah, it's a little odd, Yeah, <laughs> you know. Scott and Tracy from Disney Indiana podcast have uh, have bought this game and they're playing through with the moral uh, method first and then they're going to go with the immoral method afterwards. And uh, they're they're saying that they're really looking forward to playing it twice. So I, I'm I'm wondering how many just how many people are actually doing that and just just how you know they're getting two games out of one technically. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how much it's really going to change uh, the second time. Chris in the chat room just mentioned uh, that he loves the fact that they brought Oswald back, and that is definitely a huge part of it. Oswald is a major character in the game, and it's really the first time I have ever seen Oswald as a major character in anything. I mean, it's only recent history that Disney reacquired Oswald, uh, and this, I think, is the first time they've really done a lot with him. So it's fun to see what Oswald's personality is after hearing so much about the character for so many years. Do you know what the connection between Oswald and Harry Potter is? No. No. Not at all. You'll just have to listen to my show for when I play that interview. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> there is a connection. Really? Okay. Oh, yes. No, I know nothing of that. Yes. Oh, Interesting. Yes. So there you go. It's something to look forward to. What episode number will that be? I have no idea. It will be higher <laughs> than 261. Let's put okay. it that way. Because 261 is coming out on the 22nd. So. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I will definitely look for that. Um, It'll be yeah, higher no, I, than, than 262, because this is 262 for me. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, Oswald is fun to see in there. A lot of fun visuals in Epic Mickey. It is a fun game. It just wasn't as cool as I had hoped it was going to be. Do you think they're going to port it to any other game systems? It'd be, well, it would have to be, like PlayStation Move could do it with that glowing orb controller thing. Yep. Connect would be difficult. Uh, you'd have to, you know, wave your hands around in the air to paint things, and there's no way you could get away with it with, a, with an ordinary controller. Hmm. So I, uh, no? it'd be tough. Okay. I don't know. PlayStation's a possibility. Uh, Xbox would be tough. Okay. I mean, <laughs> unless uh, it actually would be kind of cool if they bundled it for the Connect system with a paintbrush and then the connect would recognize that as your pointer they have uh they have uh we paintbrushes yeah that's kind of a gimmick though it actually goes on the nunchuck instead of the pointer yeah and you don't paint with the nunchuck so <laughs> it's it's just kind of sits there while you move mickey around that makes no sense no it doesn't all right yeah fair enough so let's move on to a couple of movies to round out the uh, the 2010 before we start looking ahead to the next uh, the to the next year. Uh, Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I have not, but Terry has. Uh, she said she loved it. Uh, she's a big fan of the Tinkerbell movies and things like that. So you can tell she's right in that uh, you know group of people that this is mm -hmm. supposed to be pointed at. Well, um, I. I've never seen any of those Tinkerbell movies, but I, uh, I really enjoyed Tangled. Is it, uh, you know, I know that they originally were marketing it at, at, at the girls and then they kind of changed the marketing to point it more towards, uh, Buff Studley or whatever his name is. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so it, did they change the movie? No, no. I, I mean, it, well, yes and no. The original movie they were working on Rapunzel apparently was, retooled a, a few times. I, I seem to remember reading that it got kind of almost scrapped and reworked from the beginning um, at some point. But that was prior to all this marketing stuff. Um, that was just part of the movie making process. Gotcha. Uh, but Rapunzel was then Rapunzel untangled or something. And then it just became tangled. Uh, yes, the marketing certainly shifted and made it look like it was an entirely different movie than it really was and brian in the chat room says false advertising her hair never never gets tangled once in that movie <laughs> very nice um, 
Yeah. Uh, no, I have uh, the marketing made it look like a, a Shrek movie or Madagascar or any other DreamWorks movie. And it was as far from that as it could possibly be. You know, I understand that it's a really enjoyable film. I, I had asked Terry to, to wait until I get out there. Uh, you know, I'm going to be there in January for the Consumer Electronics Show. And uh, and I asked her to wait and we would go see it. And she said, no. And she went and saw it the other day and, uh, and she said she just absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, it was, so. it was even better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I had heard good things, but it really, really was a, a good movie. There was no point in it that I was, I was bored or cringing or thought it was cheesy or thought it was stupid comedy or anything like that. The, uh, the music was different than the way Disney has done their music in past musicals. The songs, I think I need to listen to them a few more times to really get a hold of them First time through, I none of them really stuck with me. But the way the songs come across in the film are, it's not like your standard musical where everybody just busts out in the songs. It's used in a different way. Yeah. Well, so, I'll have to go see it. Yeah, I know. It's definitely enjoyable uh, all the way through. And uh, I would absolutely recommend it to, uh, to anybody to go see. See this, you know, typically I don't go see Disney movies. I mean, I, I went and saw Princess and the Frog with Terry. I went and saw mm -hmm. Enchanted with Terry. You know, I was going to go see this movie with Terry, that kind of thing, because right. it's kind of a, you know, a couple's thing to do is go see a right. movie. Um, very few movies can actually get me out on opening day. Very few movies can actually get me to buy a ticket in advance and make sure that I am there at the, not, not at midnight, but on the very first day that the thing is available. Tron Legacy got me there yesterday. And was it worth it? It was. Um, I will not say it was amazing. I will not say that it's, uh, you know, it's, there was a friend of mine that I was talking to that said that they believe that this is going to be their second favorite movie of all time. Um, I'm not going to go there with it, but I'm going to say that this, it was a solid movie. It was good. And the fact that they said that the game has changed is very, very true. And yeah, well, I, I, I saw it yesterday, uh, opening day. Of course, we were recording this uh, in December for anyone listening on the podcast. But uh, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it, it's kind of in the same way that I enjoy the original Tron. It was, uh, you know, it's not a movie that you're going to be like racking your brain over afterwards saying, oh, I got to figure it out. It was so deep. You know, it's not that at all. It's just a fun movie. Yeah. And, and we're going to give no spoilers away or anything like that. Right. You know. I mean, Charlie gets the factory at the end, but other than that, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the Butler did it, but it's, um, it, it was just, it was really pretty. You described it, I believe yesterday as eye candy and it, it is, it's just beautiful. And you know, nor normally I have a problem with a movie that's all flashy visuals and no substance at all. I wouldn't say this movie had no substance, but the story was, eh, you know, uh, but it, it almost didn't matter this time around it wasn't like a michael bay style film where you're looking at shaky cameras and explosions and gratuitous whatever for the whole duration and there was nothing gratuitous about what you were seeing it was all just cool yeah and, and i mean it was pretty everything was very well executed i find my you know found myself going through the movie going oh yeah oh yeah you know just as i was going through and then there was um one point in the movie and, and I'm not going to say what it was, it's not a big spoiler, but I'm not going to say it anyway, but they actually made me laugh out loud 
and it was not where you, it wasn't a funny moment, but I actually, in the middle of, of this scene, I actually went, ah, right in the middle of the movie theater. And, and were you the only person laughing? (laughs) Yes. That's what made it worse. Now everybody else, you know, well, a lot of other people I'm sure caught it. Calvin caught what happened, but I am one who's really paying attention to detail when I'm watching Uh movies like this and something changed and it made me laugh and it enough to the point where I actually out loud and I was like, I I went, ha, sorry. (laughs) Well, I, 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 you're going to have to tell me what that is uh, after we're done here as to not post any spoilers because I don't remember ever uh, laughing out loud during the film. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I mean, when you know people are going to ask me, they're going to ask me what, what I was talking about, and it's not that big a deal. Right. But it was just, it was funny because I was just, I was so into the movie that when it happened, I just, without even thinking, just, ha! Hey, guess what? Right now, right that second, yes. we just passed last year's ear in review <laughs> length. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, here we are on to part two of the ear in review. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yes, Tron legacy. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought visually, obviously it was great. The sound was, was fantastic. The Daft Punk soundtrack was great. Do I feel like I was influenced by all the marketing and the toys and electronica and all of that? No, because I was excited about the movie before all of that. Yes. And I've um, just, I've enjoyed uh, electronica and I've right. discovered Daft Punk and they have made uh, Daft Punk itself has made a lot of money off of me recently. Oh, really? Oh, yes. You're, you're diving into the Daft Punk legacy archives. Oh, Lord. I love those guys. <laughs> And I'm sure that's what they were, uh, were hoping for. Yes. And, 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 you know, that's, that's part of, you know, we were in a movie and it was the best thing that ever happened to us. Yes. Um, I'm just all over their stuff. I'm getting, I'm looking at their videos on YouTube. I'm, I'm buying their albums, fun stuff. So it, and the whole movie was like that. It was just this little kitschy kind of entertainment that was just fun. Now, do you like the original Tron? Yes. Uh, uh, Calvin had it on PlayStation, uh, or not PlayStation, PSP. He had it on the little, uh, UMD drive uh-huh. and I wanted to watch it, um, before this movie. I wanted to see it again so that I could refresh myself. Never got around to it. Uh, but I am looking forward to watching the original Tron again before I go see legacy again. Surprisingly, it does help. I, I was under the assumption that you would not need to know anything about the original to see this film, but I just rewatched the original for the first time in many, many years uh, last week in, in preparation. And as I was watching Tron Legacy, there were many things that I, I would not have gotten unless I had recently rewatched the original. Okay. Now, this is where I put my foot in my mouth like I did recently on Window to the Magic with the whole Gene Roddenberry, Ray Bradbury debacle. <laughs> okay. um, but was Bruce Boxleitner in the original film? He was Tron. He was Tron. Okay. And and Alan, the same character, but Tron in the virtual world, in on the grid. Okay. Because I thought that he was Sark. Mm. but yeah, he was Tron. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that, that was the cameo. That was his cameo. 
Um, pretty long cameo. I mean, he had a few a few scenes in the film, right? But I mean that that was kind of their yell back to the old film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Deal. Okay. All right. See, I, I knew I had I had gotten the reference, but I hadn't gotten the reference. I mean, he was playing the same character in the real world in this film as he did in the original. Okay. All right. And so that was the one consistent through the whole thing. Yeah, it was it, him and uh, Jeff Bridges were the only two return actors for this film. Okay, I got you. All right, that's uh, that's good. Oh, and by the way, the the little um, realization that you have about two-thirds of the way through the film about who certain characters actually are mm-hmm. um, w- caught me by surprise. Uh, Calvin got it before I that. Did, I, it was a surprise for me as well. Yeah, so I... Uh, oh, wait, no, hold on. There's two things. I think what you're talking about was not even remotely a surprise for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, now I know what you're talking about. And I saw that coming from like five minutes into the film. Did you? Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine. Uh, all right. And, um, let's see. Try and like to see anything else. Do you own the toys? Do you own the anything else? <laughs> I, I, uh, when the toys first came out, I could not resist purchasing a couple of those really cool action figures where you press the button and the faces animate in the heads and they talk yes because they're just cool mm-hmm. uh, regardless of if i like the movie or not at the time i just thought they were cool action figures okay and uh and i purchased a light up uh disc because i thought that was cool as well where did you get the disc i, I actually bought it at toys r us first and then uh i saw it at target for five bucks cheaper after that so then i returned one and bought the other for five dollars you spent the time to rev never mind um, I go to, I go to those stores a lot, so I just brought it with me. Okay, next time. So you got the good one, not the one they're selling at California Adventure. Yes, I got the light up cool one. Okay, good. Uh, I don't uh, I don't own anything yet, but I told Calvin, who is working at Toys R Us this uh, holiday season, I told him because uh, he told me that they have now the um, the recognizers. Those are the. Mm-hmm. little horseshoe thingies, right? Um, that they have those um, die cast. Yes. And that is on my, uh, on my Santa list. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I told him tonight, I said, uh, you know, pick me one of those up. They've you, actually got a large plastic recognizer shaped holder for the die cast vehicles. Yeah. Not so interested light, in light that. Cycles and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, just the one, the right. one, the one Keep thing. It simple. Yeah, Absolutely. No, I thought it was definitely very cool to see the the transition from the uh, very, very uh, simple computer graphics of the early 80s in keeping those same shapes of line drawings back then and converting them to awesome three-dimensional you know, creations in this new film, but without screwing them up like Hollywood tends to do with those kind of things. Yes, absolutely. Like Michael Bay with his Transformers, let's throw random pointy metal objects everywhere. Hey, well, you know. I I like the Transformers movies. I, they're they're not bad. They're just not you know they don't look like the Transformers. Is all I'm saying. They decided hey we're going to completely reinvent their look, whereas Tron just kind of updated the look. Ah, that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. And and it's a good look. It really and that is. Is the uh, most recent thing in uh, Disney uh, everything in 2010 that we can discuss? Yes. So now this is the part of our show where we talk about 2011 and beyond, I believe. 
Yep. So let's uh, let's run through a few things that we mentioned last year that are still upcoming things at this point. Uh, one of which is Pirates of the Caribbean Four on Stranger Tides. Right. I saw the the preview for Pirates of the Caribbean, a Stranger movie on uh, on before Tron. Yes, in 3D. Uh, did you see Tron in 3D, by the way? Uh, IMAX 3D, yes. So did I. It was pretty awesome. Yes, it was, yeah, yeah. The, definitely for that movie, you need yeah. that. Normally, and, I'd say don't bother with 3D, but this one worked very well. Yeah, and Calvin and I were actually in the front row of the of the back section. So there's two sections in the theater. Right. And so we were in the front row, and so it completely filled my field of vision yeah, to the point nice. where when um, Rinsler and... Um, Sam are fighting and they go upside down that I lost <laughs> track of what was going on and I couldn't look at the screen for a few minutes because it was just it was too big there was too much and I was like I can't look at that for a second yeah. until I can recoup yeah that was a bit of a disorienting moment yes so um, but the Pirates of the Caribbean movie it I hope the movie doesn't go the way the trailer is going because it, the movie look the trailer looked like a comedy yeah, it's it's not as bad and as slapsticky as the last two were, but there is definitely a lot of Jack Sparrow comedy-ness. I asked for uh, from Calvin for Christmas, and I hope he's going to get it for me, um, A uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy on Blu-ray, uh, because I don't think I've seen all of the films. He swears I have. Well, the, the third one is uh, not really worth watching. Is that the one where they go to the end of the, go get Jack back from the dead? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I only saw it once and I never want to see it again. So yeah, that's at world's end. Um, yeah, I, um, Calvin swears I've seen that one and I don't recall that movie. So I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed what I've seen so far. I enjoyed the first one more than the second one. Yeah, yeah. The first one, the first Pirates is a great movie. Second one's an okay movie. Third one is a terrible movie. I'm hoping this one takes us back to Pirates number one. All right, fair enough. Um, and that, that trailer was in 3D, and uh, I thought it absolutely did not need to be. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it didn't need to be, uh, but we actually at our theater had a, um, they had their entire list of previews in 3D. It was the, the whole upcoming movies thing was all in 3d. Right. So it was, uh, it was quite interesting. They were promoting it as something new, mm. you know, it's coming attractions in 3d. Yeah. I, I, the trailers we got were, were 3d as well. And, uh, and that one, you know, just by just pirates in general, it seems like that movie I'm not, I'll probably go see it in the theater, but I'm, I'll skip on 3D. Yeah, I actually have, I've decided that uh, the movie industry can stop mentioning the fact that movies are in 3D now. And if they could just start letting us know when they're in 2D. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Now in 2D at more than one showing a day. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, cause that's, that's where it's going. I'm, yeah. Oh, definitely. Ugh. I mean, with uh, Tangled, I wanted to see it on opening day, the day before Thanksgiving and uh, all the local theaters had like, 15 3d showings that day and only four in 2d and i wanted to see it in 2d and none of the 2ds would work for me so i ended up not seeing it for several days because of that four in 2d so that would be 8d is that uh <laughs> is that where they actually come and pick you up and bring you into the movie 
That's where Rapunzel comes out and wraps her hair around your head and chokes you until you see other dimensions. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so we talked about uh, Star Tours The Adventure Continues already, didn't we? Yeah, it's it's on the way. We don't know a whole lot other than uh, there will be multiple adventures, and apparently C-3PO will be piloting us through those adventures, and uh, and there it is. Yeah. Not, uh, not much to talk about on that one. Not yet. But uh, it'll happen in 2011 for sure, and we'll we'll talk about it a year from now. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is a this is another one that I will probably not see, which is uh, the Disney Disney Hawaii DVC <laughs> Resort. Yes, Olani right. at uh, at Koolina. Bless uh, you. <laughs> is uh, it's looking like a really nice place. I've never been to Hawaii, so I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping I get to have a chance to head out there and check it out. And when it opens, I think in September is when that's opening. I'm going to, I'm going to fly to Hawaii and I'm going to stay in the resort right next to this one. And then I'm just going to walk over and check it out. <laughs> Probably smart. The, um, when I go to Walt Disney world, I stay at the all-star movies in the, in the toy story building all the time. I request that section, preferably mm -hmm. the buzz Lightyear building. And, um, and I, I stay there and I go and I check out all the other resorts and the same thing that I would do here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it is, is shaping up to be very nice. It's going to be under construction for quite a while. They're just finishing phase one this year and there's, it seems to be a lot more that they're going to be building, but, um, but it, I would, I would love to stay there. I yeah. don't know that I will, but I would love to. Yeah. I would love to too. But yeah, like I said, I don't know that I'm going to stay there. So so uh, last year we also mentioned the ongoing California Adventure refurbishment, and of course it is very much ongoing. Uh, it's more construction in that park than there is park. Yes, it's Disney Construction Adventure. And uh, so what's coming still, uh, 2011, will be the Little Mermaid Dark Ride, uh, finally. Uh, you know, this year they haven't announced specifically when, but I'll probably come out for that when that opens. Uh, you looking forward to that? Yeah, I am actually. Um, uh, you know, I see the building being built every time I'm there and, uh, you know, it's a, that's a big building. So it's, it, I have this good hopes for that attraction. Cars the, land on the way another, another year away for that. Uh, it won't happen in 2011. So that one's a little ways off. Uh, looks like fun rides going in there. Uh, currently going on the entrance area is being dismantled. Uh, Disney said that the California letters are coming down, I think on January 4th or so. They will be sold on eBay. Yeah. They said they're going to have, uh, keep them for other purposes. So yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the big tile murals on the side are, are totally down now from what I understand. Correct. When I was there at the end of October, the right mural was down, which was odd because you could see Soren from the main entrance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Weird. And then the, uh, the red cars, the, the trolleys, the whatever are, uh, are being installed as well. Yes. And the, the tracks on those come almost all the way out of the Disney pictures back lot at this point. Uh, but not quite that far yet. Yep. So got, uh, quite a bit to go before California adventure is a, uh, a whole park, uh, hopefully and probably better than it ever has been. Uh, yeah, yeah, that shouldn't be hard. No, not at all. And, uh, out here, as we said, uh, Fantasyland expansion is going on. We talked a little bit about it, but, uh, Toontown's going to be closing in, uh, I think it was February they announced it's, uh, finally closing. It was supposed to be a temporary land when they built it anyway years ago and just kind of stuck around. Right. 
uh, princess stuff, the Cinderella house and the Sleeping Beauty house and all of that is kind of up in the air at this point. They announced plans for it all at the D23 Expo and then recently kind of said, maybe we're not going to totally do that. Well, I think the fact that they're changing it all over to um, to be Prince Charming's Regal this and Prince Charming Regal that, um, you know, they're they're going to change this as well. And, and they're going to make it a little more boy centric and because it, it, when I saw what they let us know at D23, they said the new fantasy land and we all went, yay. And they went princesses and we went, oh and, yeah. And, and that whole pixie hollow thing that was doomed from the beginning. Ugh. Just, yeah, I just, the whole room gasped. Yeah, looking back on that, it seems like uh, that announcement came out of all of that leaking to the internet, and they felt like they needed to act on that uh, because they thought there was some excitement around it. And then since then, they've realized, well, we've revised our concept. You know, it, it's something that they probably would have gone through that process anyway. Just that now they've gone through it publicly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, you know, I'm I've got high hopes for this fantasy land expansion. I expect to come out and say, I hate you Walt Disney world for having a better fantasy land than Disneyland. <laughs> well, it's certainly going to be huge. Yes. And you know, but you know, I, I, I don't doubt that what they're going to do is going to be cool. So that's, uh, things that we talked about last year that have continued over. We have a, a whole bunch of things that, uh, are new announcements for this year or things that are coming up that I don't think we mentioned before. And uh, out of all of it, this is not necessarily Disney, but I think it's the biggest announcement, uh, and I'll let you mention this one. <laughs> uh, podcasters are sinking for life. I, uh, I On show 257 of A Window to the Magic, I proposed to my now fiancé, Terry, and uh, she and I have been dating. Uh, she, she and I first started dating in 1984. And, uh, we were high school sweethearts and, uh, we finally have decided to tie the knot. And shortly after the show is released, that is going to happen. Uh, we have not released the date, uh, or the location, uh, publicly, but we, uh, we are going to be making a go at it and I'm excited about this. Well, big congratulations to you for that. I think it's great. Uh, you know, I've certainly seen you two together for a very long time. You seem quite happy and and you're both uh, excellent people so i'm sure you'll have nothing but happiness as the years go by we're both nuts and we don't drive <laughs> each other nuts so i i assume that's probably a good thing you know i i, I told uh, my uh, groomsmen when i told them that i was uh, that i had proposed and such i said um you know i said she's a good woman and you know she is really um just really the type of woman you would want. And she cares about me truly. And so you really can't get any better than that. And, and so there's no reason not to uh, take advantage of having a really, really good thing in my life. Sounds great to me. Pretty, uh, you know, I mean, it makes, it makes a Disney dream. Absolutely. And, uh, and you can segue from your, future marriage to a cruise ship. I segued out of my own wedding conversation. You like that? 
I do like that. Uh, yes, the Disney Dream is indeed uh, launching early, early uh, a 2011. In fact, just a couple of weeks after this podcast goes out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have under, uh, understood that Lou Mangello actually has booked this cruise throughout 2011. <laughs> every uh, single one. Every single cabin in every single sailing throughout 2011. Uh, he's going to allow each of his listeners to uh, to ride on on the ship and then in 2002 they're uh, 12 they're going to open it to everyone else yeah uh fortunately uh i i had no plans to uh to book a trip on this i've never been on a a disney cruise ship it's one of those kind of yeah i'll do that eventually kind of things uh but i i did receive an invitation to go on their uh, christening voyage which is a short a three-day voyage before their maiden voyage uh, to, with the public. So I will be going on that and I, I definitely look forward to it. I was just going to say, you just told me you got invited to go on the ship. If you tell me you're not going, I am going to hang <laughs> up and I'm going to come over and kill you. No, I, I will most definitely be going on it. I have, I've wanted to go on a Disney cruise ship, uh, for a number of years and I just never, never found the time or, or always thought, well, I want to go on a cruise and relax. So I went with a different, you know, cruise line because I don't want to be go, go, go the whole time, but with a brand new ship and, uh, and plenty to see, I will jump right on board and, uh, and have a great time. Yeah. No kidding. And of course, come back with, uh, with everything that I possibly can, you know, pictures, video, audio, whatever. Vinylmation. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, really. Get the vinyl mation. Thanks. You want you want a vinyl mation? I appreciate that. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. I'll look for one. Thank you. Um, well, actually, they do have them for the cruise lines, and you can only get them on the ship. So, wow. yeah, I was only kind of kidding about that. <laughs> so, um, haunted mansion. Maybe, maybe that can be my wedding present for you. Ooh. <laughs> don't, don't don't go there, my friend. <laughs> uh, haunted mansion Q changes. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Uh, have you have you not heard anything of this? I have not. I told you I'm behind in your show. So it's uh, it's been going on for a few weeks now. The uh, out here at Walt Disney World, the actually it's been going on since October, uh, which strangely enough is a, during Halloween season. They started working on this. Um, they ripped out the entire exterior graveyard with all of the tributes to past MG, and uh, Imagineers, etc. And they're replacing it with a whole new experience uh, uh, that they have not said exactly what it would be, but it appears to be there will be a new entrance completely to get into the mansion, or at least the queue will wind through a new area, and there will be some sort of interactive queue elements as you go through what may be a crypt of sorts. Excuse me while I find that intriguing. They did a test several months ago in 2010 about some interactive uh, experiences, a very vague, quickly thrown together kind of test uh, just to see if it would work at the Haunted Mansion. And I guess it must have been successful because they are uh, very much working on a, a whole new thing to enter the mansion out here. I cannot tell you how excited I can be about that one. I mean, I know you're excited because you're a Haunted Mansion guy. But, I, but wow. Yeah, I would definitely be excited about any uh, additions, especially given I hope it's the same people working on this that worked on the updates to the mansion out here because I love what they did to the attraction. It looks phenomenal and all the new scenes and everything. My only concern is whether or not those old tombstones are going to return. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, when the minute you said that they tore out, I was like, oh, no, really? And, and the rumors suggest that they're not 
coming back. Ugh, that is just wrong. You know, so depending on what they put in, it could be that if you do walk through this sort of covered crypt area that things seem to indicate, perhaps they're going to reuse those inscriptions in there somewhere. It won't be the tombstone, but, you know, maybe still keep them in there. I don't know. Weird. Is Leota gone? Uh, as of the moment, yeah. Okay, but so everything. Yeah, I, I mean, everything is walled off. You can't really see what's going on there, but there's major earth being moved and, you know, ply, <clears throat> plywood and foundations. And, I mean, it's a major construction project. Wow. Hmm. All right. Well, keep us informed. I most definitely will. Uh, Art of Animation Hotel, we already we already talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, we talked about that, and the Yeti's still broken. That's the end of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, not too much more to say about that. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh, new Haunted Mansion movie. I I am stoked about this one, too. Yeah, I, I really hope it happens. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, the uh, named uh, producer and writer for the movie, unfortunately has had a recent habit of dumping out of projects early. Uh, so hopefully he's not going to abandon this one. But if he doesn't, he's a huge Haunted Mansion fan, a collector, everything. And and if there's anybody who can do a, a Haunted Mansion movie right, it would be him. Yes, uh, I am Guillermo del Toro. I kill your movie. Prepare to die. And <laughs> no, that would be Eddie Murphy. Oh right, yes, that's true. Um, yeah, this this has the potential to be really, 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 really good. I saw um, what was the other movie he did? Pan's Labyrinth. Thank you. Pan's Labyrinth. Liked it. Liked it a yeah, lot. Absolutely. Great movie. So, you know, go with that. And yeah, uh, if, if that is the style and the feeling of the movie, uh, that, that would fit into the Haunted Mansion world perfectly. Yes, please. So, so uh, we talked at the very beginning of this uh, extravaganza about the give a day, get a Disney day promotion for 2010. So Disney has announced for 2011, the Let the Memories Begin campaign. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had forgotten about this one. I uh, wish Disney did, too. Yeah. Um, projections on the parks, uh, in, or in the parks on Cinderella Castle and Small World. Um, the only thing that is going to save this is the fact that it is a short-duration event. So it's it's going to be some sort of really, really neat little thing that's going to happen, dun da 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 and it's gone. And that's what I'm yeah. happy about. There's there's a really lame song associated with it that they premiered when they did this announcement. I thought it was terrible. Um, the projecting people's vacation photos on the castle sounds like a terrible idea. But the good news is the projection technology that they're using on the castle looks like it has really amazing possibilities for the future. They're doing a lot with projections nowadays. The, the whole Tron... Mm-hmm. Uh, thing all those projections the um the ghost galaxy on the exterior of right, space mountain right. when they well, when they did that uh projection on space mountain where they make it look transparent to where you can see a galaxy floating around inside the space mountain building that was amazing so they they have the potential to do some really cool stuff yeah, it's a, if you search online, not specifically about Disney, but just in general about projections on buildings, it's a, a really big phenomenon that's going on where people are designing these projections that perfectly line up with existing architecture, and then it makes the architecture come alive. And if that can happen to Cinderella Castle and the, it's a small world facade in the future, I think it could make some really amazing visuals. Just think uh, the world of color tour 
that they did. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They took all of those buildings and they outlined them with the same projection technology. Yeah. And, and back at, uh, in Disneyland Paris, when they opened Tower of Terror, they did the same thing with, uh, with, uh, was it Paris or maybe it was over, I don't know, with one of the openings overseas uh, for Tower of Terror, they did the same thing. They, it was a one night only thing and it, it looked like such an amazing show that they should do it every night. I saw a video of it online. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. I want to say that there isn't a tower in Paris. So it did uh, have to be Tokyo. Yeah, must have been must have been Tokyo. Maybe I, they, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, what do I know? I don't. You know, <laughs> I, I don't uh, do this whole Disney thing. Why? You know, why you ask me these questions? What? What's a Disney? Yeah, it is right. Yes. Yeah, I used to have one of those. Took a, a shot. They got rid of it. Um. Yeah. Where, I'm, where, I, this is a weird, a weird promotion. And yeah. hopefully it'll come and go and not be and, too And I really obtrusive. don't like the whole, hey, make our commercials for us by sending your vacation videos. Eh, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't really go there. There was a lot of complaints about that. But, you know, they, they said, send us your photos so that we can plaster them all over Disneyland, too. And yeah. and people love doing that. And so, you know, people like to be involved. They like to go, Ooh, there's me, there's me. So <laughs> that's, that's very true. So, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I don't enjoy it necessarily, but I don't not enjoy it either. I just don't do it. People that do, they want to do it. Let them have fun. All right. Uh, we already talked about, uh, D23 Expo 2011, along with destination D coming out here. Uh, what we did not mention was something else that's coming out here uh, that happened once at Disneyland already for the first time. It was the Great Disney Scavenger Hunt. I, you don't, you didn't participate in the uh, the Disneyland one, right? I, I did not, but a friend of mine won it. Oh, really? Yeah, the first place, uh, first place guy. Um, but um, his name is Henry Work, and he uh, he's with the Beta Mouse podcast, and he uh, he he was uh, team one. Yeah. So he'll be the one that I am trying to beat out here at Walt Disney World when it happens. Lou Mangello is the guy that you're going to try and beat at Walt well, Disney now, World. Now, scavenger hunt and trivia are two different things. True, but they are kind of combined. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I guess at the uh, at the D23 Expo, there's going to be a big trivia thing as well, which will be new. Yes, and Henry will win that one too. Yeah, I'll give it a shot anyway. <laughs> It'll be fun. Absolutely. I mean, those are, those are great community building events. And then, you know, they, they test your nerdnessness. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, back at a uh, hundred years of magic promotion, uh, a number of years ago out here at Walt Disney world, they had a 100 question, uh, thing that they could hand out to annual pass holders. And it was basically a, a scavenger hunt. It wasn't, it was just for fun. There was no contest. It was, you know, no restrictions or anything, but you go around and you pick things off of signs and count the number of lanterns hanging from the tree and that kind of thing. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, so, so this seems to be a, an even bigger and better version of that. Yes. And any time that they can involve you more than just walking through and experiencing, then yeah. I'm all for that. A number of people in the chat room have said that it was indeed the Tower of Terror in Paris that that happened with. See, I told you. Yeah. Or, or no, I didn't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, you Where know, are we here? I, I tried uh, to blame it on you. It didn't work. We're at Pixar Pals Countdown to Fun Replacement of Block Party Bash. Um, that Pixar Pl uh, Pals Countdown to Fun, is that really what it's named? Yeah. Okay, because the, the reason that I ask that is because if you 
if you listen to the audio for the Pixar Play Parade, the the lyrics are count down to fun. Right, that's because we're borrowing much of the Pixar Play Parade. Like recreated for us. Okay, well that's that, that's fine. I mean, you you guys borrowed Block Party Bash from us when we were done. So no, you, well, we stole Block Party Bash. Um, no, I, no, you can't steal something that we want to get rid of. <laughs> that's true, and then I'm quite happy to get rid of it as well. Uh, it seems like the new Pixar version of that will be uh, will be much better. I I like the Pixar Play Parade. I I actually I have the soundtrack. It's on my iPhone. I listen to it at work. I sing along with it. Not at work, <laughs> but you know, when I'm in the car and I'm driving down the street, you know, da, 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 da. No, that's, that's reserved for special episodes of window to the magic. That's right. Yes. Well, that's, that's a different parade, but yes. Um, yeah, they're, you know, they're fun parades and the music is, is energetic and, 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 uh, addictive. Yeah. I, I, I had forgotten. I ever even saw the, uh, Pixar play parade, but I did see it. Uh, I think last year, some, well, maybe it was 2000. I don't even remember. I saw it at some point mm-hmm. and, uh, and I just remember, uh, extraordinarily large amounts of water. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but it was fun. It was, it was way more entertaining than block party bash. Yeah. The, uh, the Pixar play parade is the only parade that I've ever filmed holding my hat out over my video camera. <laughs> and I can see why. It was, it was this game of trying to keep the brim of the hat out far enough to where when they sprayed me that it wasn't hitting the camera lens, but so that it stayed out of the view of the camera. Yeah. It was really, really difficult. So that's, those are my memories of the play parade. Um, uh, David in the chat room, uh, mentions that, uh, 2011 is also the 40th anniversary of Walt Disney world. Oh yeah. Something about that. I remember that. <laughs> which I, I neglected to put on the list. So thank you, David, for that. Uh, Disney hasn't really said they're going to do anything necessarily to celebrate that, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And well, they they weren't going to celebrate Epcot's uh, 25th either. Right. So, um, yeah. And, and here's a, here's a good little bit of trivia for the listening audience, uh, regardless of time frame. I am actually going to make an effort to be out at the magic kingdom on October 1st, 2011. Um, so if, uh, if you are going to be there, keep an eye out, I'll be the guy in the Disney shirt. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so that, that'll be fun to, uh, to be there. I was there for uh, 50 years, uh, at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I was there for 55 years at Disneyland. And so hitting this one would be fun as well. Yeah, the, the 25th thing at Epcot was, was pretty fun, uh, for, for something that, yeah, like you said, was, was nothing. And then all of a sudden it was something. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I saw it through all the coverage that everybody was doing of it and, uh, and it seemed to be pretty nice. So having Marty Sklar there talking to people and and doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, that was, that was great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Christian in the chat room mentioned that the new Soundsational Parade is coming to Disneyland, uh, this year. Yes. Yes. And that, uh, that has the potential to be fun. It does. It seems like there's going to be a lot of live music involved with that yes and anytime they can actually bring in live entertainment into the parks i'm all for that as well i agree yeah good uh good stuff i mean you know i i'm all about disneyland music and so if they can bring in a parade where they're playing the music live on the floats as they're going by yay so we'll see what happens 
Well, we got another uh, few movies coming out for 2011, uh, in addition to the ones we've already mentioned. Uh, Winnie the Pooh uh, is coming out over the summer, and that's going to be another traditional 2D hand-drawn film, uh, very much in the old Winnie the Pooh style. Pre his uh, homicidal days of killing country bears and and, and (laughs) frogs. Pre pre computer generated days, pre uh, Disney Channel makeover days. It's the the Winnie the Pooh. Oh bother! Yes, that one. Yes, that's that's good. Now if they can just get Sterling Holloway to come back from the dead and uh, do his voice. Yeah, well, the uh, voice casting. I think they've done a very good job for this new film. The the one controversial pick I, I seem to seems to be Owl, uh, who's going to be. Um, oh, now I can't remember the name. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the guy who has a late night talk show. Conan That's, O'Brien. No. The David uh, Letterman. No. Jay Leno. No. <laughs> and I'm trying to look to the chat room, but now I'm having difficulties with it. Uh, hold on. Winnie the Pooh. Google to the rescue, please. No. this is entertaining podcasting at its finest well while you're looking that up they got a magic kingdom movie coming out craig ferguson oh craig ferguson yeah he's (laughs) he's got a late night show he does huh really i didn't know he has for a number of years now i believe he took over for uh for craig kilborn uh years ago oh see that's why because he's got the same first name yes uh yeah just like the whole jay leno and coco thing Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, I'm not like over the top excited about it, but uh, it'll it'll be good. I'll probably catch it on DVD. Why uh, is Craig Ferguson a controversial choice for the name? Uh, apparently he sounds nothing like the original Owl. It's oh, a gotcha. whole new voice. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Everybody else is sort of a voice double for the original voices. Ah. Yeah. Well. All right. So what did, tell me about the Magic Kingdom movie. Uh, this is another one that it, I don't think it's coming out in 2011, but it's in the works. Uh, John Favreau, uh, director of uh, both Iron Man movies and, and involved in many other Hollywood uh, productions over the years, uh, just recently confirmed that he is uh, dumping out of Iron Man 3 in favor of directing the Magic Kingdom movie for Disney, which apparently is going to be a movie about the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that makes sense. Do we have um, any other details? <laughs> not. He said in an interview, he's not. He doesn't want it to be Night at the Museum, where it's a you know a family in the Magic Kingdom and the attractions come to life and hilarity ensues. How about uh, uh, how about like the Kingdom Keepers? That is what everybody keeps saying that they're hoping it's going to be, and I have a feeling that's sort of the direction it's going in. Whether or not it's specifically based on the Kingdom Keepers, probably not, but. Uh, you know, he seems very enthusiastic about it, says he's a huge Disney fan, goes to Disneyland all the time, uh, and really wanted to jump at the chance to make the movie. So you got to be real careful admitting that when you're trying to work for Disney, because they try to shy away from people who like the product. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, John Lasseter, have you done anything else? Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know about this. This is kind of like making a movie out of the Jungle Cruise. It's just not a good idea. Which supposedly is still happening somewhere. All right. I'm going to stop punning. Let's go to the next topic. 
Uh, we can we can go to the other two movies I've got here. Uh, the Lone Ranger is out there and in the works slowly. I know, I'm not sure if it's going to come out in 2011, but uh, that'll have Johnny Depp in it. Yeah, I was just about to say, tell me this is the one, if I remember correctly, Johnny Depp is Tonto. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. Okay, right. and and I don't think they've announced who's going to be the Lone Ranger yet, but uh, you know, John, it's Johnny Depp, so everybody's going to go see it. Oh yeah, 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 and. Uh, and, and and this is still the one, and I said this on last year's show, I think if we mentioned this, even though it's not in the we mentioned this last year category, uh, and I, if not, I said it somewhere. When Pirates first came out, the first Pirates film, I immediately thought, frontier, you know, it invigorated Adventureland with all this Pirates, you know, Jack Sparrow and all the shows and everything, and I thought, this is what Frontierland needs. I bet Disney's going to go resurrect an old Frontier you know, Davy Crockett, Lone Ranger, something like that. And here we are. Uh, and, you know, when this movie comes out, we're probably going to see Tonto and the Lone Ranger in Frontierland with the new show. And uh, and there it is. Hi-ho, Bison Plush. Pretty much. It's not silver. It's my other horse, Bison Plush. Little plush Indian Johnny Depp guy. Yes. It's a... Uh, uh, it's a... Uh, yeah. I just don't see... Captain Jack Sparrow singing Kimosabi. Well, he's going to actually have to lose the uh, the accent for once, which I don't think he's done in a movie in quite a while. So, that's true. That's true. Well, another movie in the works: uh, the Muppets movie, the return of the Muppets to uh, to the big screen. Uh, a lot of high hopes for this one. A lot of celebrities uh, eager to uh, make cameos in the film. Yes, uh, the fact that they named this the most fiscally irresponsible Muppet movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, Jason Siegel, I believe, is the uh, the director and also is going to be in the movie. Um, I don't really know too much about what the movie is or are going to be about, but it's Muppets and they're <laughs> back and that's cool. I was going to say, does it matter what a Muppet movie is right. about? Is no, it like, not, not so the what's slightest. the plot for this film? <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know if the concept is going to be deep enough for my intellect. It's uh, a Muppet I, movie. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the plot, the concept is basically the Muppets are back. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Fair <end>. enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That's, that's good. Um, and then we had, did we talk about the, the remaining topic, the Hyperion Wharf replacing no, Pleasure Island? No. And that, that is our final topic, I believe, unless, uh, unless we come up with anything else. Uh, Pleasure Island, of course, closed. Uh, uh, I guess it's been a couple of years now. And Disney finally announced its replacement uh, as specifically being called Hyperion Wharf. Which I think is a Star Trek reference. <laughs> Hyperion Wharf on the bridge. That's right. Make it so, number one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, shopping, dining, lights in trees, uh, a paradise park type waterside seating area, but without world of color. Huh. That's about it. That's, uh, and I, I had heard a rumor. Uh oh. Yeah, exactly. That the um that the um Adventurers Club was scheduled to come back into this thing. Now, the reason I bring that up because I do, I put no faith in that at all. Right. Um but the um I had just spoke with someone the other day who said that the BET soundstage and the Adventurers Club share 
a common wall. And recently, the fire sprinklers in the BET soundstage went off. And because no one is around and nobody does anything and whatever, they did not know that the water had gone off. Now, I find it hard to believe that a fire system sprinkler would go off. And yeah, that sounds a little odd. Reedy Creek wouldn't know about it, but that's how the story goes. And that the place flooded, and because they have a common wall with the Adventurers Club, that it flooded into the Adventurers Club, and there is mold everywhere. I have not heard of all of those specifics, but I have heard that uh, the BET and Adventurers Club buildings are coming down. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of the the um, the death thing. I mean, I've I've talked to people who are friends with old uh, Adventurers Club cast members, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We've said our goodbyes. Right, we're done. We're not. It's yeah. not coming back." I don't see how it, I mean, if it came back, it would have to be completely rebuilt and they wouldn't have gotten rid of it in the first place if that was the case. Yeah. And so that's, that's just, I was kind of hoping that they were going to find a way to work this thing in, make it a restaurant during the day and then turn it into a nightclub, leave it as the adventurers club as we knew it and charge $50 a night to get in, whatever, make it profitable, bring it back. And now it does not appear that that's going to happen. Nope, certainly doesn't. It's uh, it's Hyperion Wharf, and 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 that's it. Yeah. So okay, great. And Disney has not announced uh, any particular partnerships or retail uh, establishments or anything that's going to be going in there specifically. Just uh, you know, in general, that's what it is. You know, they're coming. Oh yeah, and, and I'm sure they'll be lovely. Yes. Wow. No sarcasm. <laughs> so in, in, uh, I am finally in the chat room. Um, you know, now that we're at the end of the thing, um, the reason I've come into the chat room is because uh, now at this point we're going to ask, is there anything that we've forgotten to talk about? Uh, these have got to come quick so that we can talk about them in real time. But, um, if there isn't anything else, we're out of topics. So that's going to bring the show to a close. That that's that it would just shy of, uh, of five hours, which was, uh, I guess the predicted amount for this year. about, yeah, <laughs> roughly, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of, um, kind I of the am, way it goes. Uh, I'm having some technical issues over here and have lost my connection to the chat room. So I'll let, uh, leave that up to you. If anybody has anything to suggest here uh, as I, we wrap this up. I am assuming that the chat room scrolls uh, the most recent at the top and I'm not That's, seeing anything yet. So I am assuming that, uh, that we have pretty much covered it. Well, uh, we certainly uh, talked about everything there was to talk about that we knew of in 2010. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to as always in 2011. And I'm sure there will be plenty of surprises as Disney loves to do. Marie and, says cars too. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is coming out. Uh, I was not a big fan of cars one uh so yeah i i I saw the trailer (laughs) last night before um before tron and uh you know it's cute it's it it looks to me like it's going to be a buddy film yes uh, which could be fun because i you know buddy film with international spy cars yes 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 and and they're apparently using mater a lot and you know because he's funny Right. Well, yeah. I mean, after all of those uh, Mater short films that they uh, have been working on, uh, it seems like everybody loves loves Mater. So. Yeah. Yes. So you know that that can't be bad. Cars uh, was um, 
I did not see Cars, the original, in theaters. Uh, I was not thrilled about it. I didn't really want to see it. Eventually saw it, uh, you know, at home release and thought it was a good movie, but not great. And, and the same will probably happen for Cars 2. I don't really, I'm not really eager to go jump into the theater seats to see it. National Treasure 3. Is that really happening? Uh, that's what Brian says. Okay. Uh, I liked the first two. You know, I think I've seen part of the first one. <laughs> the first one's actually a really fun movie. Uh, the second one's a little more hokey. Seems like they were they really wanted to make a sequel, and so they got it done. Uh, not as good, but still a fun movie. And uh, according to IMDb, National Treasure Three is in development. And apparently, uh, the Aston Martin DB5 in uh, in uh, Cars Two is going to be Michael Caine. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. That works. Yeah. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty good. Um, let's see. Anything else coming here? No, no, no. Nope. I just got into the chat room. So now I am also. Yay. Okay. Uh, Prince of Persia. What? That already, that already came out, didn't it? Yeah. That, that, I think that's, we didn't talk about it, but the, oh. and Sorcerer's Apprentice too. Oh yeah. Forgot about it. I didn't see either of those movies. I didn't see Prince of per- Persia. Um, I did see Sorcerer's Apprentice. I actually liked it. Really? Yeah. I thought Not it was as bad as the uh, trailer makes it look to be. It was a good film. It was, you know, it was fun. I, I like Nicolas Cage and, and the, the whole idea was just fun. And, uh, and so it, I thought it was a good movie. It was solid on its own. Okay. You're going to be investing in uh, 3D television at home technology, Blu-ray, and all of that. Uh, you know, I, I kind of teased Terry um, because I said, uh, you know, I'm I'm marrying an HD TV and she's marrying a Blu-ray player. <laughs> that works because she's got a 42 inch HD TV at her current house, and I have a Blu-ray player but no HD TV. Perfect. And so 3D, probably not. Um, I'll probably wait a year or two. Yeah, but um, if, it, if it's still around, then then maybe. Yeah, uh, you know the fact that the three D TVs have to be twice the uh, resolution, basically, um, refreshing twice as fast uh, as the uh, regular TVs makes right. the picture better. So oh, it, 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 yeah, that definitely does. And I've seen the demos of three D TVs in the stores, and and some look fantastic, some look not as fantastic. But for me at home, I don't, you know, I don't want to make my eyes go crazy by watching three D with glasses all the time. Right. So okay, well that that uh, yeah that works. David mentioned Nomeo and Juliet coming out. Have you seen the trailer for that? No, I saw the uh, I saw I saw the poster as I was leaving, and I I had to laugh because it's got the gnome upside down in the lawn, and uh, and that 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 was kind of funny. But yeah, I, I saw the trailer before Tangled for that movie, and I don't really want to see it. Is it Disney? It it is a, a Disney film, and it's uh, you know it's Romeo and Juliet as told by garden gnomes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least it's not a remake of something. <laughs> That's for sure. It's an original idea. I'm not sure it's an idea that needed to be made, but yes, there it is. Absolutely. So, so are have we hit five hours yet? Almost. Almost? I, what, I mean, what's the time? Like two more minutes. Okay. Well, that's fine. Then let's call it, let's call it here. <laughs> Before we hit the five hour mark. Right, right at five hours. And then we'll shoot for five plus next year. Absolutely. 
Um, so just standard stuff. Uh, you know, I have been Paul Barry from a window to the magic window to the magic.com is the website. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up window to the magic. You'll find me everywhere. Ricky. Uh, very much the same, uh, with a different web address. I'm Ricky Briganti from inside the magic and that's at inside the magic.net. Same idea. You go there, you find, uh, our Twitter and Facebook along with uh, YouTube and blog and photos and videos. And of course the podcast and all of that. Uh, and, uh, it's been uh, wonderful talking to you for another, uh, ear in review. Absolutely. These are, uh, these are painfully long and wonderful to do. I enjoy talking to you for these every single time. And, uh, as we do every year, I would like to thank each and every listener that we have that goes through not only these, uh, these podcasts every week for you and whenever I'm darn good and ready for me, but, <laughs> um, that comments and do these, uh, these ear in reviews with us. So some people listen to them and it takes them weeks to get through these and that's dedication. So that's why we're here because of you guys and, uh, we'll continue to bring the magic as long as you continue to listen. Definitely. In the past uh, couple of years, I've, I've mentioned at the end uh, to email me uh, to let me know you reached the end. And I've gotten so many emails that it's very, very clear to me that uh, uh, many, many listeners uh, e- listen to these long podcasts to the very end. No need to email me this year. <laughs> I was just about uh, to say, please do not email yeah. us. Yeah, I get it. You're definitely listening and I absolutely appreciate it. It was fu- a fun addition to make it uh, live. Good interacting with people in the uh, in the chat. We'll have to do that again. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again next year. All right. Thanks to everyone involved. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the live thing, please let us know and we'll consider doing it again next year. Um, thanks again to, uh, to Ryan tech minds for hire for letting us do the streaming and, um, all of that other stuff. I think we're good. Uh, I love you, Terry. I will see you soon. Thanks again, Ricky. Thanks, Paul. And with that, I would like to thank all of you for listening to A Window to the Magic as we enjoy year six of bringing you the best audio adventures from throughout the wonderful world of Disney. As we end the show, I would like to thank Ricky Briganti from Inside the Magic for helping me out with this show and for joining me each year. The Window to the Magic DVD of the Month Club members those who have purchased the Window to the Magic podcast app for iPhone or Android, those who now support the show through a recurring donation, and Michael Mafoda and the Bluestone Creative Group for helping to make the magic happen. We always appreciate your feedback, so be sure to email or call us soon. Email us at podcast at windowtothemagic.com. Call us at 206-984-9886. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WTTM, and you can add us as your friend on Facebook. Be sure to join us again next week for a trip to Disneyland with a special guest host who's got a where-in-the-park game for you that you are really going to enjoy. But for now, this has been A Window to the Magic, show number 262. And I'll see you next time.
This podcast is a member of the Friends of the Magic family of podcasts. For more information about this show and others like it, please visit friendsofthemagic.com and click on the podcast link on the main page. And there's Vatelmelon too! Um, Heimlich, it's a podcast. Oh! Go around again, please? Yeah, thanks. Excuse me! Some days you eat the bear, and some days the bear eats you. But always dress for the hunt! Come to Surround yourself with the magic. Oh!